participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well. It's our final show for the month of June. Great month to be alive. It's beautiful outside. Everyone is buzzing. It's a massive week in combat sports. It's a massive week in Las Vegas. Last stop before Las Vegas. Last stop before International Fight Week. I shall be there. My much-anticipated, long-awaited return to Sin City. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be, dare I say, like the kids like to say, lit. I hear see, I hear some people saying litty these days. I don't know. It's gonna be a good time. We're gonna be meeting up. We're gonna be doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, it's gonna be great. International Fight Week is always fun. Someone asked me, why is this so special? I'm not really sure why it's so special. I mean, it's it's a good card. It's a regular card couple title fights but you know it's the expo stuff it's the hall of fame it just has 
a little more trinkets, a little more pizzazz. Now, uh, right off the top, I am sitting here. I do want to note it is 1 Eastern, 101 to be exact. Uh, I do believe someone on the team questioned whether or not I'd be sitting here at 1 o'clock. Who was it? I don't remember. I think it was one of the PAs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, I was just waiting for the apology. Someone was like, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. No, listen, question. But it got canceled. Yeah, it got canceled. So but look. Somebody did it. Yeah, you know, listen. Uh, them's the facts. Yes, unfortunately, the press conference that was supposed to take place uh, two hours ago at Madison Square Garden, hosted by me. It was a big opportunity. I was very excited. Jake Paul, Tommy Fury, canceled. The press conference canceled. Fight, not canceled, at least not yet. Seems to be somewhat in jeopardy. As you may have heard yesterday, Tommy Fury uh, denied entry into the U.S. Now, he was still at Heathrow when he was denied. He was pulled aside, said his visa... Uh, was not going to be accepted. Uh, there's been some reports that it's due to his family's uh, connection to Daniel Kinahan. Uh, his brother, of course, has worked with him. The family has worked with him. Uh, I actually feel like one of the big stories that isn't being talked about as a result of this news is how does this affect Tyson Fury and his business dealings here in the United States? How does this affect MMA fighters who have dealt with uh, Mr. Kinahan, Darren Till? being the most notable one, and others as well. We had that fighter a couple of months ago at the Apex. Give a shout-out to uh, Kinahan. So it's it's not done yet. It's it's unfortunate. I said yesterday this fight is starting to feel like the uh, Khabib-Tony version of boxing. And then all, I mean, all the white knights, including my good friend Michael Chiesa, came out of the woodwork. I tweeted that. I had a very emotional day yesterday. I had to drive six hours to drop off my my two boys at uh, sleepaway camp. And if you're wondering whether or not I cried like a baby, I did cry like a baby. I cried like someone punching, but I didn't cry while I said goodbye to them. I was very proud of myself. It was only after they walked away. I was very emotional. Uh, I did tell my older son to give me a thumbs up whenever he takes his pictures, like they, they take bung pictures and whatnot. And then at night I saw they posted one and he had two thumbs up. And that, I mean, that made me cry even more. So um, I'm, I'm feeling very emotional. I'm feeling very vulnerable. I will not be speaking to them for a month, which blows my mind because they're just babies in my eyes. And uh, it was just tough. So, you know, I'm sitting there in, in a kind of moment of sadness. I'm like, oh, and now the press conference is canceled. Womp, womp. So I tweet, this is starting to feel like Khabib Tony. And then I check my phone like three hours later, and I'm just bombarded. Ew, how dare you compare this to Habib Tony? Ew, this is the worst hot take of all the... It's not a hot take, you morons. What I was trying to say was it's a fight that feels like it keeps being talked about, booked, and keeps getting canceled for one reason or another. Of course I am not comparing it skill-wise to Habib Tony. I'm just saying it feels like these guys are cursed when booked together. Ew, how dare you? Ew, mm, mm. Oh, God. I mean... Any chance to just jump on someone, people just like, listen, of course, all right? I know it's one of the best boxing matches of all time. All I'm saying is it compares in terms of the bad luck to what we've seen with Khabib Tony. These are weird circumstances, all right? So everyone just chill out, take it down a notch, and get over yourselves. Now, a lot to discuss on today's program. We've got a big day. Wednesday is always fun around these parts because we answer your questions on the nose back into the show. You know the drill, arielhawani.substack.com. It's where you can leave the questions. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to your questions.
72 or so. Um, prior to that, we're going to check with GC, get his big picks for 276. Remember, on Monday, we did the International Fight Week draft with New York Rick. Everyone's been talking about how great my picks were. I mean, 5-0, and oh, that's what people are predicting. I don't want to be that guy, but... A lot of people have been hyped about what I've been, uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> you know, who I've been picking. Uh, prior to that, we're going to be joined by Valerie Lareda, Bellator fighter, active Bellator fighter, current Bellator fighter, be in studio, and she's going to make a big announcement, breaking news. Not as big as Jessica Rose Clark's breaking news on Monday, sexy boy, but pretty damn big. She'll be in studio at 3 o'clock, uh, mark your calendars. 2.30, Mateus Gamrot, who had the big win over Armand Tarukian, will join us. Looking forward to talking to him. 2 o'clock, Eugene Behrman, head coach at City Kickboxing, will join us. Talk about the big weekend for them. Obviously, Israel Adesanya. Obviously, Alex Volkanovsky. Obviously, Brad Liddell. Big weekend once again for CKB. 1.30, Glover Teixeira will join us. The now former UFC light heavyweight champ. Talk about what's next for him. He's in Las Vegas for Alex Pajeda who has the big fight against Sean Strickland this Saturday. But first, let's talk to a man who around 10 or so days ago in uh, Austin had a massive win over Calvin Cater in the main event of their fight. What a crowd that was. What a card that was. Tremendous action. The main event was great as well. We're talking to uh, one of the hottest featherweights in the UFC right now. He has won five in a row afterwards. He said he wanted the winner of this weekend's fight between Alex Volkanovsky and Max Holloway, Josh Emmett, kind enough to join us right off the bat here on the program. And yes, I did forget to give a shout out to DraftKings. Before I do that, Josh, let me just uh, say hello to you. This show brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DMAHOUR for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code DMAHOUR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, I screwed that up. A lot going on. Hello, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, it's great to be here. It's great to talk to you. Where are you right now? I, I'm I'm actually in a hyperbaric chamber. So what? Uh, hope you right. Yeah, I'm in a in a space space shuttle. It looks like. <laughs> what are you doing in there? I uh, I just I use it for recovery, and so uh, you know, with obviously like the the bruising and and some of the the little cut I had on my eye. Um, you know, I'm at this place called Restore Hyper Wellness. I've been doing cryo and hyperbaric every single day and red light therapy. So. Within like five six days, you know, I was, I was back to back to new, and then my my wife took out the stitches this morning, so wow, good to go. Wow, now yeah. is it safe to be using a phone in there? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. okay. It, the only, it's decompressurized, and then it's uh, you know, like right now you're getting like I don't know nineteen or twenty percent oxygen. While I'm in here, I'm getting ninety five percent oxygen. Oh my god! So uh, helps speed up the recovery. Uh, helps with like you know open wounds and things like that. So it's, uh, it's just something that I, I, I use a ton in my, my training and, and, uh, post fight as well. Uh, how long do you sit in there for? Uh, 90 minutes. <laughs> Golly. What do you do to pass the time? Usually uh, this is the time when I can, uh, you know, get caught up on everything. I can return phone calls. I can text people back, email people, uh, or I'll just kind of relax, just listen to music, you know, pre fight. Um, it's really the only time that I'm not like running around all over the place. So okay. I, I do wait, I, I feel much better while I'm in here and, and especially when I get out. So how is your face feeling? How are, I saw the pictures you've obviously, I mean, we're looking at you right now. We saw how you looked after the fight. 
you look great. I mean, obviously you have the 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 scar up here, but otherwise pretty damn good. How how is the face? Yeah, it's great. You know, uh, for me, I, I feel like it's uh, my I always say my my light complexion. You know, I'm, I'm so damn like you know pale or whatever you want to call it. So it's uh, I, I just get marked up. You know, I, I get hit in the face. I I always get red. I I had a cut under that eye already, and. Uh, you know, with Cater's jab, he just kind of opened it early and then it just got a little bigger. It wasn't a deep cut, but it, it just, it looked bad. You know, it, it looked a lot worse than it actually was. Uh, did you suffer, like to me, when I saw your eye afterwards, I thought broken orbital uh, and we've, we saw none of that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, it's uh, like I said, within uh, my eye was swollen shut yeah. and then within like two days it, it opened up. And uh, the swelling went down, and and the the cut is healed. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready to get back in there. I actually feel really good um, after that fight. Like my body feels great. Um, I'm just kind of itching to get back in the gym. But I'm gonna go out to Vegas this weekend uh, and partake in some of the international fight week festivities, and then uh, you know I'll get back to to work when I get home. Yeah, because originally, like when I saw that photo, I know you've had your issues in the past with, you know, facial fractures and whatnot. And I was like, oh, no, no. I mean, if there's one guy who has had his fair share of uh, bad luck in terms of injuries, you know, it's part of the game. I get it. I just didn't want to see you go through all of that all over again. Uh, th- uh, is there any residual effect from that stuff anymore? Do you, Does it ever rear its head or, or no more? Yeah, no more. You know, that from the Stevens fight that happened man over uh four years ago so it's like I, i'm good besides still i still have some numbness on my face but hey maybe that's a positive <laughs> okay why, why would that be a positive by the way just because when you get punched you don't feel it <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah I- fair enough uh oh uh, have you watched the fight have you gone back and watched the fight yeah i did i, I actually watched it a few days ago um yeah i watched it a few days ago uh I, I still feel like, you know, I, I know I was seeing a lot of things with people and I know it was a close fight. Calvin Cater is a, you know, he's a phenomenal fighter. Um, I still feel like I won that fight. Like four, I still feel like I won four to one. Like, you know, that's just my, uh, my opinion. My coaches are pretty confident in that. And worst case with some of the rounds being so close, give him another round. It's still three, two. It's still unanimous. Um, so what do you think? I thought, I was going to say, just in the interest of uh, full transparency, I've watched it once, and upon watching it live, I thought he won 3-2. to two. Uh, I don't think it was a robbery. I don't think it was, uh, you know, it was a super close fight, super competitive fight. I think that fourth round is what it came down to, and I thought he got the fourth round. Now, who the hell am I? But that, that's just, you know, I'm not going to sit back and, and cower from it. I, I tweeted it after the fight. I thought that he won, uh, I think it was... I don't remember what it was, but I know I know the fourth one was one that I disagreed with. And so I was wondering if you watched it again in which rounds you thought you won decisively. I, I thought I won uh, one through three. Okay. Um, the, four, the fourth round, still watching that, that was his best round. If you go back and watch that and turn off the commentators, um, I, I still feel like, yeah, he, he, he's, he's landing his jab. You know, he's, uh, he landed a spinning elbow that was a, a good shot. But even though you'll see me pick it up and, and I'm still throwing combinations, I'm working the body, I'm working the head, I'm still pressuring him back. Um, it, it's like he was being pesky with that jab. Um, and I just feel like it, 
it didn't do a whole lot. I know it can score on judges' scorecards, but I think I was landing the the more significant strike. I was moving him a lot. Um, yeah, and then the fifth round was close, but it's it's still, man. I I don't know. I I feel like those fourth and fifth rounds could have gone either way, but I still give give it give it to him. I still think I decisively won one through three, and then I I can argue how I won. You know, even possibly the fifth round or even the fourth round, you just have to go back and watch it. Uh, but I, I still feel like it should have been unanimous towards me. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy with the win. I, I went in there um, to win and and I got the job done. So I'm on to the next. So before um, you got on the microphone and don't uh, blame you at all for saying you wanted next, you know, as far as the the title is concerned, I was like, all right, Josh won, uh, you won five in a row. I was thinking what I put out there was uh, I thought you versus Arnold Allen would make a lot of sense because he's won nine in a row and I thought you were the next guys. But then you said the title shot. So can you tell us why do you think you deserve the winner of Max Holloway versus Alex Volkanovsky? I'm one of the only fighters that has not got to fight the guys at the top. You know, uh, I, I feel like Yair and Ortega, they both fought the guys. Um, you know, they're great fighters. Uh, but they're going to fight each other. So whoever wins that, they're going to be on a one-fight winning streak. Um, I'm on a five-fight winning streak. I beat guys in the top 10. I beat guys in the top five. Arnold Allen is also a great fighter. But has he beat anyone in the top 10? Hmm. No. no. Uh, he fought Dan which is a great fighter. Um, but I, I just feel like I, I'm next. You know, I feel like that was a title eliminator. I feel like it was for the number one contender spot, and, and I got the job done. I got the win. And... Uh, I feel like we need to mix some things up in the featherweight division. And, you know, <laughs> I've been knocking on Alexander Volkanovsky's door for a while. I feel like it's time for him to answer. Yeah. No, I don't hate that. And uh, you do bring up a great point about fighting top 10 guys, and, and Arnold hasn't. And uh, he's been, you know, somewhat inactive as well, fighting like once a year, once a year and a half or so. Uh, did the UFC tell you, have they told you or your management after the fight, all right, you are next? No, I no, I haven't. Uh, haven't heard anything yet. Um, I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens this weekend. You know, um, there's 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 a lot of different ways we could play things out, but um, yeah, I'm just I'm kind of waiting to see how these fights pan out, and then I just want to I just want to hear it from Dana White. You know, I want to hear him say, you know, Josh is next. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens in the coming uh, days and and weeks. Who do you think wins this weekend in the trilogy? Yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, I, I've been saying like Max is a great fighter. Volkanovski is a great fighter, but it's hard for me to go against Volkanovski. He's the champion. He's undefeated in the UFC. He's on a 20 plus fight winning streak. He's beat Max twice, even though the second one was so close. Um, it, it's just hard for me to, to go against him, but both guys continue to get better and better. And then they, and, and then they show it in their their fights. You know, Max comes back, puts on a, a amazing performance against, uh, you know, obviously Calvin Cater and then Yair. And then same thing with Volkanovski. You know, he, he continues to get better and better and evolve. And, and I feel like people don't give Volkanovski the credit he really deserves. You know, he's one of the pound for pound, pound for pound greats. Um, but, I, but I am kind of leaning towards him just because they, they fought 50 minutes already. They both know each other. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it went either way, but if I had to bet on it, I would I would lean towards Volkanovski. Is there a result that you think 
makes your chances of fighting for the belt next greater? In other words, this guy wins. All right, I have a better shot. Do you think it's if, you know, Volkanovski wins third time? All right, there's no chance. Holloway wins. I feel like they could run it back for a fourth time then. Like, what, what do you think? Is there a guy that you're leaning towards yeah. only because it would then help you out? Yeah, and, be, and being, you know, selfish, I yeah. guess. Uh, today, I don't ever wish anyone to lose because we're all trying to achieve the same thing. But if Volkanovski wins for the third time, I feel like that solidifies him and Max. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's really no other option than to have me fight next for the title. So being selfish, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm picking uh, Volkanovski to win, and he, he's got the job done twice already. So, but, you know, <laughs> MMA is a crazy sport. Uh, there's really anything can happen. So I, I just have to sit back and, and see. A couple of weeks ago in uh, Singapore, when they had the pay-per-view there, I thought it was really smart of Jan Bohovic to be sitting cage side when Yuri won. He walked out. They had a little moment. Not saying that he was like trying to fabricate anything, but I always feel like if you want the next fight, the title fight, it's good to be in the building. It's good to be seen. Are you going to attend 276 so that they show you on camera that there was maybe a moment there so that people kind of link you with the title fight? Yeah, no, I'll be there. I'll, I'll be uh I'll be in the building. I'll be in the T-Mobile Arena. I'm going out there for International Fight Week, and then uh, I'll, I'll definitely be, you know, keeping close eyes on that uh, that fight for sure. Okay, that is good. That is smart. I like that. Um, you know, in the build up to this fight, you know, when you're in the main event, there's a, a greater spotlight on you. There's more. You know, the, the UFC followed you guys around. There's bigger features written, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of personal stuff was being written about your past, about what you've been through, about your, fu- your, your brother's passing, about your, your trials and tribulations, the health and whatnot. Difficult for you to talk about all of that before you're about to get into a fight? Are you, are you used to it now, numb to it? How, how is that for you? Because this isn't easy stuff that you're discussing and what you've been through over the last few years. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and that's some of the thing. Like, I, like my friends and and my family they obviously they know me they know everything about that i i, I don't like to i just really don't like to, I, a lot of times i don't tell the media i don't tell anyone a lot of things you know i, I really just kind of stick to fighting but i know the producers and stuff they were saying like we know you're a fighter you only post up on social media when you're fighting uh we want to know like kind of why you do this and, and, and get to know more like personal um you know, just personal things about me. And it's like, I, I, I hate talking about it uh, just because it like, I don't know, just hurts. So I, I, I just kind of keep everything in, in, but I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I kind of, you know, talked about things and just the reason why I fight, the reason why I am the athlete and person I am today. Um, yeah. Just, just through, you know, tough things I've gone through, but I feel like everyone has a story. So that's why I, I, I don't do it to like, I don't want anyone to feel like sorry for me. I don't do it for like views or whatnot. You know, it's just like, I just kind of let them in a little bit. And uh, yeah, so yeah, of course it's tough to, to talk about. Uh, it just because then it gets me thinking about things and it's, it's hard, you know, but I, uh, yeah. This game is somewhat of a popularity contest, right? So I feel like if you let people in a little bit and they get a little bit, more emotionally invested in your story and who you are, then they'll push for you to get things like title shots and makes you, you know, more famous and more popular and things like that. So there is, there is a balance there, right? Like you can't completely shut the world off, even though it's super personal. And I, I would agree with you, not very pleasant to talk about because it hurts so much. 
I, I do feel like there's kind of a method to the madness of letting people in a little bit so that they get to know you and really want to root for you and get behind you and propel you to the top, right? Yeah, no, I, I do agree. And I, you know, I talked to my manager and stuff like that, and he was kind of filling me in on this, these things. So, uh, yeah, but it is, uh, yeah, it, it's tough, like you said, but I, I, I totally get it and people can relate to me. I feel like I relate to a lot of people. People just, the fans don't know, but now they know uh, a little bit, you know. Uh, at any point in the last couple of years, like really since that Stevens fight, did you think that you were done? Did you contemplate not fighting anymore? Did you feel like just everything was stacked against you and you wouldn't be able to realize your potential? No, like I, I knew deep down, um, like I feel like I was, and it sounds cliche or, or whatnot, but I, I feel like I was put on this earth to do great things. I, I feel like I, I knew I was going to be successful. So even though I was going through some, some tough times with the vertigo and, you know, the injuries in the past, I just knew in my heart that with time it would get better. And, and I would be back to, you know, I'll get back to myself. I'll be back to my winning ways. And, you know, I, my goal has been to be a world champion this entire time before I got in the UFC and I'm, man, I'm, I'm sticking to it. And now like the title is within reach and, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's our time and, uh, I, I'm ready to go. I feel the best I've ever felt too. If you didn't deal with those health issues, do you think you'd be champion already? Yes, but it's okay. It's, it's part of my story. It's, it's part of the journey. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, and uh, so, all right, so here you are. Uh, you feel like it's in, it's in reach, right? The, the belt is in, in reach. Uh, would you be supremely disappointed? You know how this goes. Like nothing's guaranteed if they say we want you to fight one more guy end of the year, something like that. How, how would you react to that? Uh, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll cross that road when we get there, but uh, but I really feel like I'm next in line. I, I don't see any other fight to make, you know, than to have me fight for the title. Um, and would you like to fight again this year, if possible? Do you feel like you'll be able to do that? I mean, obviously, if it's the belt, you you don't ha- you have less of a choice, right? You got to just do what they want. But is that is that reasonable? Oh, 100 percent. You know, I, I feel great. I'm healthy. Uh, I want to stay as active as possible. So I, I know that the, the title fight is in or a few days. So depending on the champion, when they want to fight, I will go anywhere, you know, whether it's, you know, anywhere in the world or in Vegas, uh, they call, you don't even have to call me. They already know my answer. Uh, meaning if it's Australia, if it's uh, Hawaii, things like that. Vol- Volkanovsky deserves to fight in Australia. Like if he wins this fight, that would be an incredible scene. I feel like they can fill out any kind of stadium over there. That would be amazing. And I kind of feel like you would you would like a situation like that. All the pressure, the spotlight would be on him over there. You could just come in there and steal the belt. I love it. Yeah, do it at the Marvel Stadium in, uh, in Australia. I, I know it holds a ton of fans. Uh, I actually, you know, I have some family over there too. Uh, oh, wow. I live in Sydney. So definitely make a, we'd make a trip out of it and, and we'd stay there and kind of, you know, travel maybe go to new zealand as well i heard that's a a beautiful place um so yeah i I would be up for it like i'm saying one month four months five months whatever it is hey sign me up your family australian or they just live out there no it's actually my uh my wife's cousin they live out there okay so they've been telling to you know come out there we can stay with them they'll they'll show us around uh and we haven't taken them up on it but if but if that were the case you better believe we would 
All right. Well, I hope it works out for you, Josh. Uh, good luck. Uh, maybe we'll see you out there in Las Vegas. And uh, for your sake, I hope you get that title shot. You have been through a lot. You certainly have earned it. You've uh, you've gone the uh, the the hard route to get to this point, but uh, five in a row in this weight class is is nothing to uh, to sneeze at. And uh, you have come a very long way, and you've overcome a lot. So, congrats on the win recently, and good luck in trying to get that title shot after Saturday. Thanks, Ariel. You have a good one, man. Nice seeing you. Yes, same here. There he is, Josh Emmett, joining us from a, a hyperbaric chamber. I don't believe we've ever had someone. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So, uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Join us from a hyperbaric chamber. My chair was a little... That was too. fun, though. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I'm sure you loved that um, from an audio standpoint. Uh, I'm sure you were thrilled... It's nice to have a challenge. Yeah. It's it's always fun when uh, when they ask you, do you? I was I was just about to tell him to be honest, but he's like, who do you think won? I'm like, well, I actually thought the other guy won. Um, and that's I mean that's not a personal attack. That's not an insult or anything like that. There has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. Um, it's just the way it goes. But there's no denying that. He is one of the top dogs at 145 pounds. He has won four in a row, and he's definitely in that mix. And he does bring up a very good point. Compared to Arnold Allen, I will say he has more quality victories. He definitely has more quality victories. There's no doubt about that. Michael Johnson, Mursad Bektik, actually was supposed to fight Arnold Allen back in January of 2020, got canceled. Uh, Shane Burgos, big-time win, Dan Ige, and then the Calvin Cater split decision. Um, obviously had that really brutal loss to Jeremy Stevens back in 2018. Feels like eons ago, but in terms of quality wins, he definitely has more. Um, will they give him the nod over Arnold? I suggested having him fight Arnold in a number one contender fight. We'll see what happens. Arnold obviously would have been a shoe-in for that uh, 0-2 card. July 23rd, but he is still banged up. 
Um, so he is not going to fight on that card. And that has been an issue with him. He gets banged up after most of his fights. And I'm certain that the UFC would be somewhat hesitant to put someone who gets hurt so often in a title fight because then you don't want the champion, if he wins the belt, to be sidelined. By the way, speaking of the uh, featherweight division, we know that Cub Swanson is going to be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame this Thursday for his tremendous fight against Duhu Choi, Korean Superboy. And in honor of that tremendous honor, they have just released... And he just sent this to me, Super Cub. Here he is. Dun, 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 dun. Do we have any? Do we have any uh, super music? Dun, 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 dun. Thank you. That's perfect. Uh, never fear, Super Cub is here. All proceeds for the sale of this limited, cuddly stuffed bear will be donated to help underprivileged young athletes. All bears are numbered and come with a hand signed hand card. Did I rip that off? I might have ripped that off. Golly, why did I do that? Oh, here it is. One second. Yes, here it is. Wow, this is one of 300. I need to put this back on. It's, it's you know, you can put it right here. I have number one of 300 right here, guys. Do we have some breaking news music? This is a big deal. One of 300 right here, and it is signed. Thank you, Cub. Uh, all bears are numbered and come with a hand-signed hand card uh, by featherweight fighter Cub Swanson. Only 300 bears. I have one. I have number one of 300. It's one of the biggest moments of my life. Are available right now with a $50 donation shop, Virus International. So it's virusintl.com, at virusintl for more information. Give back and be a hero for these young athletes in need. They go on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific. That's Thursday, July, excuse me, June 30th at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern. Uh, this is great. And we have one for the studio now. How about that? Virus International. So again, virusintl.com is where you can buy this or at virusintl for more information. Cub Swanson doing good as he is uh, going to be inducted for his tremendous fight back in Toronto several years ago against Duhu Choi. This is the Super Cub Bear, and it's for a great cause. What a minch. That, uh, I, I like this. I might give this to my daughter. I mean, this thing is great. Um, great guy. Met him. Going to be inducted Thursday, Hall of Fame, and using that honor and that platform to do good for others, underprivileged athletes. You got to love that. You got to respect that. Um, so go check that out. Now, we'll move along to our next guest, this man involved in the best fight of the year, without a doubt, 2022, the front runner as we approach the midway point of the year. I mean, the front runner for fight of the year has to be the fight that we saw just a couple of weeks ago in Singapore, UFC 275. It was Yuri Prochaska versus Glover Teixeira. Unfortunately for him, it didn't go his way, but take nothing away from what transpired in that fight on that night. The great Glover Teixeira once again uh, putting on an incredible performance, and he is kind enough to be joining us from Las Vegas. He is there to corner his training partner and good friend, his understudy, if you will, uh, Alex Pajeda, before his massive fight against Sean Strickland this weekend. Do we have Glover with us? There he is. Glover, my friend, how are you? Thank you for doing this. Uh, how are you doing, man? Doing good. 
I, I'm, uh, I'm doing really well. Thank you. I appreciate the time. I know it's a big weekend for you guys, uh, and I want to ask you about Alex in a moment. Uh, but I do want to ask, obviously, first and foremost, a couple of weeks removed from Singapore, how are you dealing with the loss? How's the aftermath? Hey, man, it is what it is. You know, uh, dealing is just uh, living the life fully, you know, uh, living the present, live the past, take, you know, for, for over there. It doesn't matter. Just so got to focus on the present and focus on what I wanted to, to do it, you know, and um, put it happy, uh, focus on, you know, trying to get the rematch, you know, just keep it, focus on the next step. Are you the kind of person uh, after a fight like that? Like, do, do you replay it a lot in your mind? Are you thinking about it constantly? Not much, man. I, I, the next day I watch, you know, we were in Singapore, you know, I was like, <clears throat> I was in my friend's room and uh, we, we saw the fight and I was like, oh, let, let's watch it. You know, I watch it, but like, that's it. You know, never watch it again. I don't think too much about it. Not really. But when you watch the fight, like what, what did you take uh, you know, as a lesson, what did you walk away with after you watched it on television? You know, I watched it the very next day, man. It's like, um, feel, you know, it's like a, like a, feel like a, as I was feeling in a fight, you know, in the fight during the rounds, I, I you know, going in the fifth round, going in the fourth round, I feel like, oh, I'm winning this round. Maybe I, you know, a couple rounds over there that I, you know, that I thought in my mind, like, you know, maybe I didn't win this one, you know. But uh, going in the fifth round, I was like, I was pretty confident as I was winning the fight. And I was very, you know, I, 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 off the, 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 the fourth round, you know, going back to fifth, I was just confident. I was, you know, that, that's it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to keep the pace, keep the same pace, and, uh, and it's still the champion, you know. It's got to keep the pace. And uh, for that moment there, you know, sleep for a second, man. It's like a it's like a car accident, you know. Yeah. You sleep for a second and boom. Amazing! It's a, it's an incredible thing because you were in mount with like a little over a minute to go. Like if someone just turned it off, they would have yeah. thought for sure you were you <clears throat> were you were en route to victory. Because I had you up three one going into the fifth, so you had that minute left. So can you? What do you remember from that moment where everything changed? Nothing, man. Just uh, keep going the pace, keep the fighting. You know, he was uh, very tough to hold him in the ground. He was using the fence very well. And uh, working on that, working in a scramble, feeling good about it. Well, for the moment, you know, but tired, you know, tired, but, you know, but a good tired, not, not crazy. I felt like uh, he was breathing hard, you know, the, you know, when you feel tired, but, you know, the other guys is actually more felt more tired than you use that you give that confidence you get that you know and maybe uh that's how you felt it too i don't know um but for the moment there i just kind of i don't know what happened i just put my i didn't even watch what happened i just put my uh i know he got out of the position i put my hand like this you know because i was figured out the next move you know figure out the next move pop pop hit it over here maybe get up maybe turn around see what's gonna happen but he went in too quick you know and uh, it was like, it's crazy, you know. I watched that movie, it's like, yeah. what are you going to do, man? It was his night, you know, because uh, it's a move that, you know, it's not hard to defend, you know what I mean? It's not something crazy. It's not hard to defend the move. Is You put the hand over here, you block and you'll be good. You roll, but um, it was his night, you know. It was sinking good. I was tired, I couldn't reach the hand. Right. And we're I was done. I was wondering about that. Was it probably because you were like if that 
if that exact sequence happens in the first round, are you able to escape? It was, was it more because you were tired and uh, just didn't have the energy to get out of it? Because we've never seen you get some, like you're so great on the ground. We've never seen that happen to you before. And that wasn't your traditional rear naked choke. Yeah, yeah. You know, defense, my defense is very good. It's, for sure, man. You know, uh, Cree Love, uh, when I fought Cree Love, I was uh, going a single, single. He got me with that choke, you know. Um, and and Blavich went for that choke too when I went for that for the last takedown when I you know I when I mount him the, the second round there uh, he went for that choke but he, he was not even close but Prelov got me good with that choke and uh, I snore to get out of there you know but I think was in the maybe second round first round maybe I think it was first round uh, but you know I I, I don't know man it's like it's for sure first round would be easy to get out right. You know? Was that something you were very proud of that you, that you never had to tap in a fight? Like, does it bother you that, like, would you rather get knocked out than tap in a fight or you don't care about that stuff? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not. None of those, man. I, I felt both of those, uh, they both feel the same. It sucks, you know. Uh, but uh, it is what it is, man. You're in the game, you go over there, it's kind of like um, it, it's a situation that going the fifth round is going like. Uh, you know, my coach feel, asked me, how you feel? I feel like, I, you know, I was like, I feel like a champ, you know? I feel like a champ. And uh, he's like, yeah, Sam, you're a champ of the world. I feel like a champ. Because, like I say, the way I felt in the fourth round, I think I I felt very good in the fourth round. I felt his power went away. And then going to the fifth round, I was like, you know, just going to keep the great game plan and start beating him, start beating him in the, in the, in the, in the fifth round there. And in my mind is this. Right, I say this guy can knock me, cannot knock me out now. Just gotta, of, of course, stay focused. But he already threw the best punches, right? And he he didn't knock me out. So right now, the best chance that he had to win this fight is is done. You know what I mean? I I, I never he, nobody nobody beat it, man. Nobody ever thought right. that you know that he would submit me. You know, nobody. And uh, my myself too. You know, it's a, it's a situation like. He he submit me that that it did not even cross my mind, you know, and uh, it happens, man. It's like uh, I don't know. I don't you know I don't really care about it, you know. It's like uh, it's over. I'm just gotta focus on the next step. You know what I mean? Um, you know, tap or not tap. You know, gotta let the ego go. You know, mm. it's a fight. It's fighting the best in the world. I'm proud of the way I fought. You know, stay with the game plan. I know I did some mistakes there, but maybe because was the game plan was the ground was that that game plan the whole time. Keep focus, close the distance, take him down, beat him in the ground, submit him. You know, and he was water. He was water. He was like he shouldn't be walk around saying that he is. He, he was not the best performance of his. I think it was a great performance. That's why we got the best fight of the year. Because uh, my was great performance, you know. I, uh, you know, stuff is 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 nailed. My takedown was in point. My ground and pound is brutal. He should be proud and say that, man. It takes a lot of heart, take a lot of heart and determination to take that. Because I know how hard my ground and pound is, man. I have one of the most brutal ground and pound in the in the ground game in UFC, you know, and. Um, and he, he survived there, and he got over, you know. And 
you know, he got the choke, but, uh, you know, that's why I feel like, um, felt there was a mistake there. I was winning the fight 30 seconds away, 20, 28 seconds away. I still the champion, you know, and that's a fight that I, that I see. And not just for me, not just for me, any fight that I see that goes like that, I want to see a rematch. Right. Don't no. you? Of Don't course. You see a rematch? Of course. And uh, we'll, I, we'll get to the rematch in a moment, but I just want to ask a couple more things about the fight if I can. Is there anything about him that surprised you? Because he's got a bit of a funky style. So unless you're in there with him, maybe you're not really, you know, sure of what he's bringing to the table. Anything about him surprise you? Yeah, the groundscape, the ground, the way he was in the ground, he was training very well for the submission escape, for my ground game. He studied very well. So that surprise, the surprise, not not surprise, I, you know, you know he's going to be tough, man. But uh, I guess that's, you know, to to be honest, was that the way he, he keep he keeps surviving in the ground very good and getting out of the positions and not let me get in a position to go for submissions, you know? Mm. And, uh, I, you know, I have to, what about the, uh, the guillotine choke that's been talked about? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, his neck was right there. I knew, uh, I felt the neck, you know, I, it was tight, but I jumped, I jumped too, too soon. Maybe I know I did. I did jump too soon. That maybe is, is, is a reality, you know, to hold the neck a little tighter trying to start getting the choke like I did with Tehuna. You know, I, I hold a little tighter first, start, start having him go to the ground, then jump in, you know. But uh, it was right there in a the moment, man. You know, he was dizzy. And like I say, his game plan was the ground. And, uh, you know, went for the guillotine. It's like um, it was a bad move. But, the, hey, man, I, 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 you know, it was a try. It was, uh, it was a move that... He was right, you know, could finish the fight there, you know. What, what did you say to him after the fight? We saw a nice moment with you guys. Do you remember what you said to him? I say enjoy, man. What a, what a warrior was, you know, honored to fight a warrior like that, you know, respectful, and to put a great fight like that. It's incredible. You know, just saying enjoy, mm. enjoy the belt. Did you see, by the way, the scenes? I don't know if you saw the video, like when he came back home to Czech Republic, how many people were there? Were you surprised by that? Did you see any yeah. of that? Yeah, it's incredible, man. It's, it's nice, you know. He's the first uh, champion, huh? Yeah. In the, in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. It's nice for them. I mean, it, but part of me was like, man, Glover deserved that scene too in Brazil. You didn't get that. Like, you you deserve yeah, that homecoming no. too. We did it, man. We did it. Uh, my, my, you know, I, we did it in the town. I put it like that. Yeah. Uh, the percentage in my tongue was way more, you know, the percentage. My tongue is very small. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'm very proud. You know, you know, I have like I have like uh, 98% of the people there. That's that outside, fair. In Danbury, I mean? yeah. But, you know, it's a small town. I'm just, just as proud. You know, they did in Danbury a little bit of the pandemic because, you know, hey, man, I'm just, uh, I felt very... Very happy with uh, with the belt, with the, with the ceremony they did. Hey, and uh, I'm here. I believe it. They're gonna do it again. Okay, so let's talk about that. Have you been told that you are getting a a a rematch, an immediate rematch against Yuri Prochaska? Are you next for the belt? No, nothing yet, man. You know, we'll manage. Been working on. 
George has been working on is the question. For George, you know, and then, uh, you know, he comment something uh, another day. But, like, uh, we wait and see, you know. What do you think? Are you confident? Feel good about it, yeah. I feel good about it, especially after dinner. Make a statement last night and uh, feel that everybody wants to see. I feel the I feel good because I feel the the support from the media, from everybody, you know, from the fans. Yeah. So the possibility, yeah. Yeah, I saw he, he did an interview with Aaron Bronstetter of TSN. He he was asked about the uh, immediate rematch, and it seemed like he was into it, open to it, but was a little non-committal. Like he didn't come out and say, "Yes, this is what we're doing." Um, are are you? Uh, yeah. Like, is there any part of you that's nervous? She think about it, you know, everybody wants to see that fight, right? We didn't have to promote. We didn't have, okay, right now he's the champion, right? If you think about it, he he go for the pay-per-view money. This is a fight to sell, man, right now. We don't, you know, we don't talk. We don't sell out of fight by talking, but we did the fight. Everybody wants to see that fight again, you know? So it's a fight that makes sense for him too. So we had Yuri on the show two weeks ago, and it seemed to me... That he was leaning. Oh, did, oh. We, did I lose you? Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. The light, the light went off. Oh my god, that's wild. That's never happened it, it, before. This is automatic, man. Oh, those automatic lights. This has never happened. It's going to turn on. Yes, and the Undertaker is going to be there. Oh uh, no, 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 no! It's on. It's okay, on. okay. It's automatic light. Um. <laughs> No problem, no problem. So we had Yuri on a couple of weeks ago, and it felt to me like he was leaning towards Jan Bohovic next. They had their little thing. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like he would rather, like, are, are you worried that he's going to push for that one? Maybe because he knows how tough you are. Maybe because he wants something new. I don't know. What's the sense that you're getting from him? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, you know, I feel like the fight uh, uh, can be done. You know, it's just uh, up to, to UFC. You know, I think... Uh, UFC pushing this fight is gonna happen, you know. Are you are you uh, like? Are, let's say they come to you and say, "No, we're gonna do Jan. We're gonna and we're gonna have you fight someone else." Are you gonna be down with that? Are you gonna be okay? Are you motivated to climb the ladder uh, again? Uh, I don't know, man. You know, it's like it's, my, 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 it's like the, I'm confident the rematch, you know. And uh, I'm thinking only one thing. Okay. I don't, I'm not trying to think it too much about it. All right. I just try. I'm the kind of guy that. Let it, let it, let it happen, kind of thing, you know. And I push a little bit. Of course, I, I have to do my thing. We're working with them, you know. And uh, we, you know, it's not something that I'm gonna be doing, you know, crazy about it. Is is there? Is there the fight? And I'll let it, let it happen, you know. And whatever happens, I'll, I'll I'll see what's next, you know. Okay, fair enough. By the way, how was uh, Singapore? Did you enjoy fighting out there? The 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 time difference, all that stuff. Fighting in the morning. What what was the experience like for you? It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. Singapore, people there was amazing. Food was good. Uh, beautiful country. Um, time was, was good. I sleep well. Uh, the weight cut, uh, the, not the way, the, the way they did the weight over there was a little bit different, you know. There was like the old ceremony. Yeah. And, but I had to cut the weight by six o'clock. I had to be there, cut the weight. Then I had to wait another three hours. So it was kind of, kind of got my, I kind of felt that weight a little bit, you know. When I started recovering, I felt a little bit. But uh, the next day, because it, it was it was a, more than 24 hours because yeah. we fought Sunday morning, so, you know, I felt I felt pretty good. There's nothing to complain. You know, you saw the fight. Is, yeah. Can't complain about the fight except the little part there. The, there was a technical, technical um, mistake, you know. And fighting in the morning, no problem? 
No, no, no problem. Okay, that is good. Um, all right, so now now you're you're focusing your attention at least for this week on your boy Alex Bejeda. He's in Las Vegas. Massive fight for him. This is a huge. Are are you? Uh, you know, obviously you're confident. You're right. You've told me already that you think he should have already fought Izzy. He could beat Izzy now. But Sean Strickland, are you impressed with this guy? Because he has looked very good. Like, I, I don't feel like Sean gets the respect that he deserves, maybe because he's a bit of a crazy guy, uh, but he says crazy things. But he's a very tough fighter. Are you impressed with what he's done as as you look and prepare for him? Yes, yes. Uh, he's, a, he's a very tough opponent. We know that. That's why he's there, you know. He's, this guy is uh, no joke. He's very good striker, you know. And uh, we prepare for that, you know. We know, uh, we know we're going to. What you think this is a, a fifteen-minute fight, or do you feel like Alex can end it early? Alex can end any fight early, you know. Alex catch the right time, man. The, the power the guy has, he can he can end, he can fight anyone in the world, and he can end the fight, you know, whatever he catches. But uh, Sean Strickland is not like that, you know. He's not a he's not easy to hit and. Um, but, uh, you know, it's time. If he's, if he's ready to go three rounds, Alex, prepare for that too. But uh, uh, for sure, you know, a uh, guy like Alex, you know, um, myself too, I'm always going, man. This is the thing. We always go for finish. We're trying to, to get the finish, you know. Uh, have you guys... That, that, could be, <laughs> that could be the mistake that I made in my last fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think so? Going for finish yeah, I guess with the uh, the guillotine, the guillotine, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, have you guys been told that if he wins, like, have you been told this decisively? He wins, you're getting a title shot. Yeah, I think uh, George has already said that to the media. You know, uh, George is the one to work with there. Yeah. Uh, him and Alex, you know, I'm uh, I'm just told as a partner, man, training partner, friend. You know, yeah, help him out in the ground. He can find he confides yeah. in you, right? Does he still live at your house? No, no, he's uh, he got his own place right oh, now. Oh, all right, you place. kicked him out. He, he bring his kids, he bring his kids with him. You know, his uh, his kids over there, and uh, his sister. So yeah. You think Izzy would be? Can... You think Izzy would be okay to fight him? Like, do you think he'd be open to fighting him, or do you think he'd rather fight someone else, knowing how they, uh, you know, how the fights went in the past? No, I mean the fight is there already. You know, they say uh, the winner this fight, and Alex, we of course of focus Strickland. Is a, a tough as now, but we're looking, you know, we always look in the victory. And for sure, if he had the sign of win, that I think, I think he will, you know, it's a tough fight too. But, um, you know, for sure, him and Alex, man, you know, or either they are, Colonial win is him and, you know, the, the winner and him and Alex. But, uh, uh, the sign already has been mentioned about it. He's been talking about it a little bit on the internet that he'll be fighting Alex next. Yeah. He won. To fight Alex, you see, it would be a huge fight if they sell it the right way. They tell the story of their, yes. their history, it would be incredible. Huge fight, huge fight. It's tense, man. Every time, this every time they kind of like, oh, the signs around in the room, you know, oh. so it kind of like everybody's tense, yeah, everybody yeah. is tense. And you see how they employ, they kind of get tense because, oh, oh, he's kind of this, oh, he's in the other room, but like. You know, they don't want him to, or I don't know if they don't want him. It's right, right. like, oh, he's going over there, he's going over there. The signs that was there. You know, it's kind of like this. <laughs> uh, ha have they crossed paths at all with you around? Like, have they walked by each other? And no, well, one, one time in my fight, one time uh, when I was fighting, uh, like I saw them cross, but they didn't talk to each other. Right. It's kind of like, 
that was uh, when I fought Thiago. But not here, no. no. I haven't seen them cross yet. Okay. Um, maybe today. Okay. Wow. Well, hopefully you'll be around in case anything you know crazy goes down. Um, that would be nuts. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, could I ask if they say to you, um, just going back to you, if if you know they say to you, all right, we want you to fight in Europe against uh, Yuri. I'm assuming you'd have no problem with that, right? Like, look at the crowd that showed up, all that. You don't care, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway, man. But anyway, anyway, man. I was defend defend the belt. Went to Singapore, you know. I go anywhere to get it back. And, and has the result changed the way you view the rest of your career, your timeline, your plans? Has it, you know, obviously you thought you were going to win, you were confident, you talked about this. That yeah. has this now changed how you're viewing the last chapter? Yeah, I man. It's like uh, like I said before that uh, things always change. You know, the way I, the way I fought, Yuri, it's kind of make me think. I me, mean, the way I've been training, things that I've been doing. Of course, I wanted to improve more in the games that I improve, you know, my strike has improved, you know. Talk about 42 over here, improving strike and come back better. Striking with Jury over there, you know, and, uh, you know, he got me a couple rounds there, stand up, and uh, but then the later rounds, again, like I say, take those guys to deep water and later rounds, you know, I start beating them. So it just felt, it felt good, you know, felt good, felt like the training is good. So I don't know, just going to, you know, keep fighting, man. Keep fighting, keep enjoying this, you know. I love this so much, you know. It's, cra <clears throat> it's crazy. And I love it and I'm still doing great, you know. I'm yeah. still doing good. Like I, I, like what I asked with Comey, it's not something that I love and, oh, I'm not doing well anymore. He's just tough, his injuries, I'm hurt, you know, I'm going, I'm struggling to do, you know. Then I, then I, but like I feel good, you know. I really feel good. You know, of course, I don't train like when I was 25 anymore, but this is working because I fought five rounds there and I felt good, you know. You know, it happens. It's like a, like a sick technical mistake there, but... It's a crazy thing, you know, because the fight wasn't that long ago. Here you are talking about the fight. You know, you, you lose your belt, you're smiling. If someone was watching right now and didn't see the fight, they would think that you have won the fight, like that you were the winner that night. Yeah. It's amazing how you're just like so positive about everything. Yeah. It's kind of feel like that, man. It's like this fight is so much uh, like I lost fights before and this fight I lost and it's like it's so much uh, gratitude, you know, the people give from the fight as the inspirational, you know, oh my God, this is amazing. Because it was an amazing fight, you know. And uh, I appreciate fight like that. And uh, it's, it's great. It's a great, uh, everybody there, everybody, man, all fans, they just come to me and ask for a pitch and say congratulations, you know. They, you know, it's like, congratulations for the loss. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, I lost, you know, right? You know, they, but... Just speaks to the respect that people have for you and how great that fight was. Could I just ask before I let you go, now that the first title run is done, is there anything, I mean, it was, you know, you're, you're such a humble guy and I don't think anything changed, but do you look back and say, oh, I wish I did this differently or that differently? Did did the belt ever, you know, did you get, uh, I don't know, maybe like uh, blinded by the belt or did it get you, like anything that you wish you would have done differently in this uh, time that you were a champion? Oh, no, man. Everything was the, the way uh, I was supposed to enjoy the belt. I enjoyed the time like I'm enjoying now. You know what I mean? I went for a bike ride uh, this morning, Red, Red Rock. 
So just enjoy nature, enjoy life, my friend, because we're here for a short period. We shouldn't be thinking about too much uh, of the business, you know. I do the best that I can. Always work hard as I can, and uh, I live my life, man. The result, I cannot, you know, it's a situation that I cannot uh, control. So I just focus what I can control, you know. It's my what I can control is my feelings right now. Is my is my energy. Mm. What an inspiration you are, Glover. It's amazing. I wish we all looked at life the way you look at life. Uh, last thing, uh, any message to Yuri? What do you want to say to Yuri? Uh, in terms of getting that fight back? Uh, Yuri, you know, he's a warrior. He's a, he's a, he's a true samurai, man. We, uh, we, wrote, we, we, we wrote, wrote the same book, you know, like uh, Five Rings, you know? Like how you say, wrote, wrote, wrote You read. 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 Yeah, read. Read. Yeah. read the same book, you know? And uh, he's a true warrior, man. He's like a... He take the pressure. He 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 he, he survived the submissions and he, he come back. You know, it was a comeback, and uh, I want to do it again. I want to do it again because I as a you know as a as a martial artist, I think I can win, as I was winning, and uh, I want to prove it. And uh, he have to to get in there and prove himself too once again. You know, he cut his hair again. You saw that he cut his hair. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a guillotine. <laughs> ah, that's right, that's right. And by the way, when he tapped you on the back, did you think he was tapping? No, no, no. Oh, okay. That was not a uh, that was not a position that I right. that I would think that. Okay, all right, that was crazy. Uh, Glover, you're the man. Uh, congrats on a great fight. I know it didn't go your way, but much respect to you. Thank you for coming on, and good luck to Alex and the team on Saturday. Hey, thank you, man. All Appreciate right. it. Talk to you soon. There he is, the great Glover Teixeira. Big fight for his team, for his guy, Alex Pajeda, this Saturday against Sean Strickland. And uh, yeah, no word, not, not, not hearing anything at the moment. I did get the sense from Yuri when we spoke on the program uh, two weeks ago that he was leaning towards Jan. Uh, got the sense that, you know, cut the hair, fresh start, this, that, and the other, uh, that he you know that was looking for a new challenge. But, hey, it's ultimately up to the UFC. And I also get the sense that if the UFC comes to him and says, hey, we're going to run it back, he's going to run it back. I saw Aaron Bronstetter speak to Dana White yesterday and asked him about the uh, immediate rematch. Non-committal, but didn't shoot it down and said that he was open to it, liked it, thought it made sense, kind of laughed at the MSG suggestion. I don't think it's a fight that they would do at MSG. Um, but I'm curious. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do. Are they going to go to Europe? Uh, will they try to do it here? Try to go to some random town like Atlanta and do it? You know, let's have the rematch between Yuri Prochaska and Kovacar in Atlanta or Tampa Bay. Um, we'll see. But appreciate him coming on. Can't wait for that. Pajeda, Sean Strickland. You'll recall International Fight Week draft. Uh, we we picked on this side. We picked uh, Pajeda. So we'll see what happens. Um, massive weekend once again. Feels like we say this every couple of weeks for City Kickboxing. Massive month for City Kickboxing. Uh, they did have their guy, Carlos Alberg, win last week. That was in uh, June. But 
as we turn the page to uh, July, we've got Izzy, Israel Destiny at the top. We've got Alex Volkanovsky, co-main event. We've got Brad Riddell. Later on in the month, of course, we've got Kai Kaikar France fighting for the interim belt against Brandon Moreno. The man leading the charge. It's always great when we get some time with the great Eugene Behrman, the brains behind it all, the leader, the captain of the ship. He's kind enough to join us right now from Las Vegas. There he is. Eugene, how are you, sir? Hi, Aaron. Thank you for the introduction. I, I'm doing good. I'm getting, I'm slowly, nearly used to the different time zones, but uh, I'm pretty good. Still a little tired, but boys uh, are, are, are firing. Yes. Uh, are you at that house that I see on uh, social media with the basketball and the uh, the pool? Are you there as well? I'm in the frat house. Absolutely. You're in the frat house? It's a uh, so the, the I don't know if the are the are, are the headphones connected because I'm hearing like a lot of music and stuff so it's hard to hear you. Is that is that any better? Uh, it's a little bit better. Wait, so who's blasting music at uh, at 11 a.m. over there? What's going on at the frat house? Oh, this might be better now. Or did. <laughs> No, honestly, I don't know what that is. Okay, uh, that's weird. All right, but yeah, maybe if you're closer, if you don't mind, uh, just so that we can hear you, because obviously want to hear what you're saying. Oh, you lost your headphones now. Can you hear me? Yeah, but I'm just on the um, speaker. Okay, well, this is fine. Is it better? Yeah, I think it's okay. All right. Oh, wait. How about now, sir? Oh, now it's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. All right, so uh, could I ask you, we've we've heard, let's start with Izzy. We've heard um, him talk about Jared in the past. It felt like a couple of years ago. Who's this guy walking in and out? Is that Tim Simpson? What is going on over here? That's, that's the Frank Hickman. Oh, Frank, you know, we see you. You don't have to duck. You could just walk right by. I mean, we didn't have to. Uh, <laughs> he's he's very quick. We almost didn't see him. Uh, we've, heard, we've heard Izzy talk about Jared, he kind of sort of like singled him out as a guy that he might meet, but then Jared stumbled and he got hurt. Did you always feel the same? Like, did you always feel like you would end up seeing Jared at some point? Yeah, I felt, I felt exactly what you said. I felt he stumbled, but I always thought Jared would be right amongst the top guys uh, consistently. So I thought eventually um, we would we would meet him. So we, we've kept we've the guys on Jared, which has been... Um, pretty good because we didn't have to do as much homework because we've already been keeping a close eye on him. So, yeah. So when you compare him to the recent opponents, right, the Whitakers, the Vittoris, the Paulo Costa, where do you put a Jared Cannonier? Um, yeah, I mean, I put him, I, I put him at the top amongst those guys. Um, and uh, for several reasons, but um, yeah, I, I put him amongst the, our recent challenges. I definitely put him probably at the top of that list. What? What? Could you tell me? You say for several reasons. Could you tell me why? Uh, well, yeah, I can give you number one reason, and I, I believe it's just uh, his mental fortitude. Oh, I believe when it gets tough in this fight, which I, I think it. 
will be. I think he will be the guy that um, is able to, that, that, that will will himself to walk through a bit of fire. Um, where I felt like the other guys, um, you know, they, they, they might have said they were going to do that, but when they felt when they felt the sharpness and they felt the sting, um, you know, the, 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 their mind uh, kind of changed. Also, I think Jared will um, push, push through. So when you say that it's going to be tough, like, do you mean it's going to be tough for Izzy as well? Are you expecting 25 minutes here? Are you expecting, like, the Gaslam fight? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm expecting... Not the gasoline fighter. I'm expecting a. I'm still expecting a masterclass, but I'm expecting a, a an opponent who's willing to push Israel and walk through a bit of fire, which always makes it interesting, right? Mm-hmm. How has Izzy been in terms of motivation going into this fight? The last couple of opponents were rematches. It didn't seem like he was like super excited about doing, you know, reading that book again, as he said. This is a new challenge, a guy he's been talking about. Do you feel, does that come across when he is preparing that he's motivated, that he gets excited because it's someone he hasn't faced and already climbed the mountain, you know, beating him? He had to do the whole thing all over again. Do you, do you sense a difference? Yeah, funny enough, I do. Like, I, I feel like. I don't know. There's something about the unknown that kind of pushes you, pushes you, uh, that puts you on edge a little bit. So it gives you, you know, gives you a little bit of sharpness that you don't necessarily have in a rematch because of that familiarity. Do you get uh, uh, the sense from Izzy that he is craving a knockout, is craving a finish? I hear him talking about submission and things like that. Do these things matter to either you or him? Um, because there's a pressure that comes with that. There's a you know, fanfare that comes with that. I know as professionals, you don't really focus on that sort of thing, but you get the sense that he wants that sort of thing because people get excited about that sort of thing. Uh, well, I do a little bit of a sense of that, but um, those things need to occur organically. When you start to push those things, um, when you start to push that narrative, that other people are putting on the fight, then um, that's when you run into trouble. So um, I haven't addressed that yet, but I, I will uh, later on before the fight. How will you? Oh, there's Ash. Hi, Ash. How are you? Good to see you. That's Ash, right? Hi, Ash. How are you? Hey, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, know, uh, you, know, you know your people. You know our team well. You know I know the crew. Well. Get ready for a bit of basketball. Oh, yeah. I'd love to go over there. I'll show you all a few moves. Do you play basketball, Eugene? <laughs> I do not. I'm, uh, I stick to the coaching role. I'm not, yeah, not too good at the basketball area. Can I be honest? When I, I saw... Anybody else. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. When I saw it, number one, I was like, <laughs> oh, gosh, these shots are a little bit hard to watch. But I also uh, was worried. You know, you can you could twist an ankle. You can, you know, like, should we be playing pickup basketball, you know, three days before a massive fight? It was making me a little nervous. Only Brad jumped in because Brad's a lunatic, but Balkan and um, Israel stayed stayed away. Okay. A little smarter. And then, and then now I've, because the game's basically turned into rugby. Yeah. Uh, but, so I took Brad out of it. I said, okay, that's... You know, the best idea, mate. So that we're is, good, we're good. Okay, all right. I get worried about these things. Um, 
by the way, uh, since the big, you know, we, last time we spoke, Izzy had just signed the big contract. Uh, is it, has he changed at all from your perspective? I know you like to keep him humble, but any differences? I mean, he's become a megastar at this point. Now, look, he's, he's, you know, he's as he was. Uh, he hasn't changed. His, uh, the person he is hasn't changed. Where's a lot of, like, um, uh, jewelry and stuff? A lot more jewelry than we've seen here. But other than that, the person, the, the, the man inside you hasn't changed at all. How do you feel about the jewelry? Oh. Uh, Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm not a jewelry guy. No, you don't strike me as a jewelry guy. <laughs> Although I did see when you guys were preparing to fight on the Cambosis card, uh, I saw, I think one of your fighters posted a video, you were taking a bunch of photos with people. I mean, everyone was stopping. You were more popular than the fighters themselves. <laughs> Melbourne is a big fight city, as you know, Ariel. So, um uh, and we've had a lot of success in Melbourne this team, so then we have a little bit of a footprint there. I would put it down to that. I would put it down to anything else. Do you, do you get uncomfortable when people come up to you? Uh, not anymore. I don't get uncomfortable, but I I mean, I feel I feel honoured. I feel like I have to give them time. I feel like they support our team, and uh, they're a big part of our success, so I feel like I have to take time and does this tempt you, you know, no social media for you, right? No Instagram, no Twitter, none of, does this tempt you to, to start this up so you can interact with the people? Nah, I'll never, I'll never go down that dark road in a row. Do you wish all your fighters had no social media? Do you think, do you, do you see it negatively affecting them? I see both sides. I I I, I understand uh, you know, a lot of these commercial deals that put together. They funnily enough nowadays they go directly to social media reach. Was you know it's one of the leading aspects of these deals. So I, I see how you need it to be commercially viable. But then I also see uh, like the people that say the, the people that come out in public and say that they're completely unaffected by other Wait, doesn't Izzy so say that? I think I've seen Izzy say that, that he doesn't get, like, this, you know, do you think it affects him? I'm not going to name anybody in particular. Okay. Stick with my statement. All right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, look, the people that truly don't care about social media, you never hear them saying, I don't care about social media, I don't care about people's opinion. It's because it just, it's just an anxious, so like an it's part of them. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, look, I see both sides of it. And I, uh, fighters need to, fighters, when they get to a certain level, they need to be definitely being be able to control what comes in, what yeah. comes in, you know, what comes in through the senses. It's a very important, very important part of the sport nowadays. Yes, uh, something that the fighters of 15 years ago didn't have to worry about. 
Um, we, we, we just spoke to uh, Glover Teixeira. He was on the show, and uh, he's in town as well for his guy, Alex Beheda. And he feels like it's a done deal, fait accompli. Alex wins, Izzy wins. They're doing the fight in the UFC. Do you uh, share that sentiment, Alex versus Izzy in MMA, if both win on Saturday? Um, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, just just uh, look at the purest of me is of the opinion that um, you've got to, like it's a coveted, it's the most coveted prize in the sport. You've got to earn it. You've got to earn it. There's certain things you have to do to get to that position. And I just, I felt like he had it done it. Like he isn't, uh, he doesn't have the resume. Uh, that you would say, you know, that you would put up on the wall and say, yeah, this guy's really fight for a final, this guy's fight for a final. Um, and Strickland, on the other hand, who's done a bit more time and been in the high caliber opposition, um, but um, at the end of the day, the team just, you know, we're focused on the fight that's, you know, in front of us, not really thinking about that too much, too much for Mm-hmm. But that's just, you know, off the top of my head, that's, that's my thought. So uh, just to be clear, if Strickland wins, you think that he would have earned it, but if Alex beats Strickland, you think he needs a couple more? Yeah, without putting too much thought into it, that's what I would have thought everyone thinks. But uh, it, seems, it seems to me that there's an arrogant building that should be done. It's a shot. Uh, and sometimes, you know, Sometimes that's what that's what you need. Yeah, just need a few people behind it, a few people banding it around, and and it gains momentum and it turns into Yeah, maybe because of the history, of course, and the fact that they're on the same card, I think will lead to more of that talk, especially come Saturday if they're both uh, victorious. Uh, do you think Izzy would be okay with it if they ask him to do it? I think Izzy, Izzy will be fine with it. I think Izzy will be happy to do it. But Israel also understands that. Right. Uh, he's never seen that in the league, but any other fans. He's always, uh, you know, was happy to go with the rest of the coaches or decided this is the direction that we're going to go for now. So, um, yeah, he's a fighter. Like, he's a fighter. Right. And, <laughs> excuse me, he lost to Pereira, it will be in another sport. Um, can I ask you, sorry, is it possible to get closer to the, uh, computer? I'm sorry to ask you just because it's, yeah, there, there's yeah. A, an echo. Um, so, all right. So, uh, Izzy said at the press conference in, uh, Australia that he, he's, he's maintaining, he, he will never fight in New Zealand. Uh, do you share his sentiment? Like, I mean, it's a big deal for you guys, right? For him to fight in New Zealand. If they came back and tried to make <clears> this happen, his next fight, the one after that, uh, would you try to push him to change his stance? Um, not really. I think his mind's made up on that. I think it's. I think he's making the wrong decision. Like uh, I'm entitled to that opinion. Yeah. The thing about Izzy is he is quite easily blinded. Like he, you know, like uh, you've got to look at. When you get a certain frame of mind, you can't get out of it. And um, there's a few people in New Zealand that have been really critical of him. 
but there's millions that haven't. And it's a sad shame to punish the millions for what just a few people have done. But um, like I said, if you get to a certain frame of mind on, on particular things, then, um, you know, then, then, then his mind can't be changed. Um, and, and he's just been easily influenced by those. It's a pity to let those few people that have been highly critical, critical of him basically win. Yeah. That's, um, he, he doesn't see it like that, but he, he doesn't look at it objectively. You know, like, it's just... This is how he is on that topic. So, um, yeah, it would be cool to fight in New Zealand, but we've got other fighters, and uh, and we've got Australia, which is literally two and a half, three hour flight, flight away. Right. Uh, and uh, what about the training and all that, the rules, COVID, all that? Is it back to normal now? You guys are uh, able to do whatever you want? Finally, finally, Ariel, we can uh, come and go from the country as we please. Um, none of these ridiculous, uh, you know, quarantines and all the rest of it. Uh, we're, we're back to normal. And uh, and I, I noticed a difference. This team was able to, uh, we were able to hit the curve we were on, whereas that curve, I feel, got flattened like, quite drastically by that, by COVID. Um more so than a lot of the other teams, and now we're able to kind of jump back on that curve that we were hitting. So that's where we're going. Like you felt it was draining the team? 100%. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we, we would have, we, we, well, you never like to talk about these things because you're in, you're in battle mode, you're in war mode, but so you don't acknowledge them. But realistically, probably we're operating at. The whole restricted numbers only, and the only being able to train um, at home, only being able to have 10 people in the team there, five people in the team there. This coach can't make it, only one coach can make it. Like all those things, the condition can't do the condition, you can't see the physio, can't like I'm talking about the overall operation, really probably running it at a guess 50%. Wow. And how close were you guys to leaving? Literally like a week or two away from leaving. Wow. Until they announced the date that they were going to open up again, uh, which was and which was two weeks from when we decided that we were moving in two weeks. And they were like, well, that doesn't make any sense for us to, you know, up, up, all that up here. Also. And, and, and where were you going? Just, Texas or Las Vegas. Okay. All right. We well, narrowed yeah. We narrowed it down to two. Okay. Two good spots. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, Izzy, uh, I saw the footage recently on his YouTube channel of him and Dan Hooker uh, kind of going at it in training. And, and I know like Dan likes to talk smack to him and he likes that too. And we've, but this was pretty intense stuff. Like they were, I mean, like really punching each other hard, you know, um, going all over the, the gym. Uh, is this common among the fighters or is it just something that Izzy likes in particular? Is it something that Dan, how do you feel about it? Because it felt like if I didn't know any better, I would think that they were actually mad at each other. Nah. 
Now nah, that's 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 an everyday occurrence amongst a number of those top high level guys. Um, well, the 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 subtle thing that people don't notice is that all those punches, although they looked hard, the the sting was taken off them right at the end. Okay. And uh, and, and and that's what the need. I mean, that's how you become who you are, right? You get another guy who's at the top of his game at the highest level, and you go into battle. And not a physical battle, like you go into a mental battle. Because we're not particularly, we're not like a hard sparring gym, but we, we, we're a gym that is very, very competitive amongst each other. So um, you're always trying to get the upper hand technically. And a lot of the time you're trying to do that psychologically. Mm. So it's just part of the game. And particularly those two boys, they don't like to give each other a hunch. Mm. You know? Yeah, they're the best of mates outside the gym, but you put them in the four walls, and uh, you know they're, they're, they're there to do work. Uh, what's something important that Alex Volkanovsky has to do in the early stages of this fight to set the tone with Max Holloway? They fought for 50 minutes. Yeah. They fight for a third time. What needs to happen early on, in your opinion? <laughs> very yeah very smart way to try and get me to talk a little bit but uh, <laughs> no I just, yeah, I'm um, it's just such a great fight I mean they, they're, they're, they're the two best look I, I cannot I have to generalize my answer I'm sorry Robin. no this no it's fine it is, I get it I get it yeah, yeah. We, we, we got a strategy We've got, we've got some tactics there, and um, we have to establish those early. We and, and we at least need to see those, see that strategy early, so that we can start to make an assessment of whether we need to, which direction we need to take that strategy, because it, it can go several places. Okay. Uh, do you think that uh, who who can I ask you who has improved more since their first fight, Alex or Max? That's a difficult question to answer. Let me just say that I think that both uh, improved uh, since 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 their fights. I think they both improved quite a bit. I think quite a bit. Um, Look, Max, Max, Max showed me in that second fight something I didn't think he was capable of. And he was able to quickly pick up things which I thought, which, 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 which takes, I guess, your average fighter, it's not your average fighter. I guess that's what he showed me. A lot longer to learn. And Max was able to do that. And, um, I've, I've said this, you know, I've said this on record. We went for a more conservative game plan given the amount of time we had, where we just changed a few subtle things and uh, and, and left it at that. That's what we went for. And we thought that Max would try and change a lot and he would not be successful doing that. That would be his undoing, trying to change too much in a short amount of time. And uh, we were luckily, we were right. Uh, although... Uh, we were only just right. 
You said he, so, show, he showed you something that you didn't think he was capable of. What was that? And it's not just his ability to learn, uh, learn something and then apply it really quickly within a relatively short amount of time since that fight was lost. Okay, I get it. Um, but now we're able to tip. Now we know that um, you know there's a number of things that Max is now capable of of uh, changing now um, since since given that the fights were quite a while apart being quite far apart now. Right. We know that um, Max could have changed a couple of things. You got to remember, like some fighters, takes them years to do some things that uh, Max kind of some of the adjustments that Max make in that that fight. By the way, when you have a situation like this, uh, three yeah. fights on a card, but like two massive ones, right? The title fights back to back. Is this way more stressful for you? Like, would you prefer that everyone be spread out? Nah, look, we've, we've been on the back of these quite a few times now, so we're getting used to them. Um, it's quite nice to have everybody together. Um, you know, like just marching out one after the other. Um, it's nice to have one fight in between. Yeah. Um, gives you a little bit of breathing room, but we, we get used to it, Eric. Mm. And are you going to go home and then come back for Kaikara Francis' fight, or are you staying in America this month? Now I'm going to head back. We, we got, everybody's going to head back, to be honest. Uh, we've got work to do, so uh, it's no, going to be no world tour from any of these guys we head straight back to the gym uh, it's a lot of guys here from the team that are here we're going to all head back straight away up higher is it, is it true that you know there was some oh you know you guys fight in the states stick around uh, but what I was told correct me if I'm wrong it's like we got to go back we we, we got to help out the rest of the team we can't be sticking around in America for two weeks after this we have to re basically return the favor right it, it, was that the mindset Absolutely, absolutely. There was, I did hear a little bit of talk about, oh, I'm going here, I'm going here, and then I quickly had to remind uh, the team. I said, but, uh, you know, this month, what we're doing here is just uh, uh, part of the mission, just two thirds of the mission. We've still got to complete it. And so everybody kind of just, you forget these things when you're booking your holiday, you know, when you're booking your time overseas and stuff, start to make plans, Vegas. But Colorado, but all, and then next month I, I had to kill that dream, unfortunately. But that's just how it is. <laughs> I love it. These guys are international superstars making all this money. Eugene comes in there and like, no, 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 no. I call the shots. I'm the captain still. I don't care what you do, and and, and they all listen to you and respect you, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, can I get an official prediction for the main event? How do you think it goes? Uh, both those main events are just going to be five round masterclass. Five-round masterclass. A shout-out. Shout-out. Just like the it's my ode to the boys in Bengtel, the Hickman brothers. Respect. Thank you. I love it. All right. Thank you, Coach. All the best to you. There he is, Coach Eugene Behrman of City Kickboxing. Massive weekend uh, for those guys.
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All the text messages here. Um, I can't wait. I mean, how crazy is that? You got two guys coming from a small gym. I know uh, that uh, Alex obviously trains, you know, in, in in Australia with freestyle, but it's just amazing what that gym has done. They also have Brad Riddell and Carlos Alberg won last week. Great win for him. And uh, later on in the month, we have uh, Kai Car France fighting for the interim belt. I mean, by the end of this month, there could be three champions fighting out of that gym. I know one is an interim, but hey, belt's a belt. Belt is a belt. I'm looking forward to it. I sort of feel like if you look at the middleweight rankings, unless they want to pull the uh, the Darren Till, Jack Hermanson card, I feel like if Alex Pereira does something spectacular against Sean Strickland, who's currently ranked fourth in the UFC's rankings, the crazy thing is like Alex isn't even ranked. The question is, are they pushing Alex too fast in MMA? Sean Strickland is really tough, and he's looked really good as of late. Is he has two wins over Whitaker. He'll have a win over Cannoneer if, if he wins that fight. Um, two wins over Marvin. If Strickland wins, I think it's done deal. I think it's Strickland versus Izzy, and I think the buildup to that fight will be bananas. Uh, has the win over Brunson, has the win over Paulo Costa, uh, Hermanson, Tiller, 7-8. Uriah Hall's fighting this weekend. It's pretty clear to me if Strickland wins, he's getting it. And I respectfully disagree. If Strickland wins and beats Pajeda, he gets a shot. I feel like the the same should be like that's the win that Pajeda is missing. And I know he's a lot younger, but you you have that win over Strickland, and you have the backstory of their time in kickboxing, the wins over there. Uh, I feel like that's the fight to make. There's really nothing else at 185, and and he isn't talking about moving up to 205. That's the one. And honestly, I'd be. I'd be excited about that if I were them. Here's a story with, you know, a guy that not a lot of people know, but you can sell it the right way. There's a backstory. There's a history there. Uh, this is great. And I like that it's happening on Saturday's card. I'm looking forward to it. One of the many great storylines going into Saturday's card, uh, the main, the co-main, uh, Strickland, Robbie Lawler returning, Shigashan O'Malley, something, and of course, the big one, Jessica Rose Clark coming out to uh, the Shawn Michaels theme music. Now, uh, this past weekend we had, I mean, we just talked to Glover. Uh, that I think is the front runner for fight of the year. 
our next guest, I think, one half of second or third best fight of the year. I mean, it was incredible. If you haven't seen the Mateusz Gamrat versus Armand Tarukian fight this past Saturday uh, in the, the main event of the show at the Apex, it was tremendous. I mean, as high levels it gets, the hardcores were very excited when this fight was announced because I think we all knew who these guys were and what they could produce. And then you see the fight, you see the scrambles, and you see the uh, the pace, and you see the uh, the skill that both men brought. It was a super hard fight to score in the end. Mateusz Gamrot gets the nod, and he's kind enough to join us right now via the Magic of Zoom. There he is, the pride of Poland, Mateusz Gamrot. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you, Ariel. Yeah. I am a big fan. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mateusz. I appreciate it very much. By the way, am I pronouncing your name the right way? Mateusz Gamrot. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. It's correct. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, no, no, I don't want it to be fine. I want it to be... How do you say your name? <clears throat> Mateusz Gamrot. Mateusz. Okay, so it's, it's more of yeah, a Mateusz. Mateusz. Okay. All right, all right. Yes. By Mate the way, Gamrot, is that a French name? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how how was my change in the in the life, you know. But maybe it's simple name. Uh, a lot of a lot of people didn't know my my name before this fight when I versus with Sarukan. But yeah. now this is is so much easier. Yeah. It's just Gamrot from Poland. <laughs> I like it. And by the way, why is your nickname Gamer? Do you do you like to play video games, or is it be just because of your last name? This is my for, for the last name okay. for the last name. Bro, I never, I never see Top Gun. I never see Jurassic Park. You know, I never see more movies because all the time I train two, three times in the day. You know, all my life train very hard. I, I chasing my dreams. <laughs> but maybe I after this fight, maybe I find time a little bit. Have you have you noticed that uh, you're getting a lot more love after this fight, especially back home in Poland? A lot more attention, a lot more uh, excitement from fans. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I get a lot of a lot of message, a lot of King War, King's words. You know, fantastic. This was fantastic fight. Like very easy. You know, not not very easy, but very very close fight. Uh, yeah, but I am here like two days. You know, everything like coming more, coming more. Sure. By the way, I also noticed that you uh, you, you you often wear glasses, but in in your fight, you wear contacts um, because I even see in the back when you're training, you're wearing your glasses. But uh, then, right, and then obviously you don't fight with the glasses. Do you wear contacts when you when you fight? No, no, I don't use I don't use it. Fight sometimes in the in the life normal life I use a glass, you know. But my eyes not not so hard. Usually, I I do, when I go to training, I take glasses out and I go like like Jean Claude Van Damme, you know, like nothing see. Can you see <laughs> anything or is it blurry? Sometimes when I when I I have close distance. I touch my, I feel my opponent, and now it's fine. What? Why don't you wear contacts? I don't know. Sometimes I, sometimes I use, sometimes I not. You know, but better. I, I am very close to go to uh, operation. You know, with my eyes oh. and maybe fix in the in the in the everything. You know, but not now. Now when when I, I am healthy and I training every every single day, I I don't doing like the stop and get the. Get the, like two, three months pause, you know. Okay, like the LASIK surgery, right? Yeah, yeah, LASIK yeah. surgery. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. When when you got the call that you were going to main event this card, because I think initially the fight was booked and and they were looking for a main event, and then they finally bumped you guys up. What was your reaction when you were told now it's going to be twenty five minutes main event? 
my reaction was very good because this this was my favorite distance. Now when I fought in in Europe, KSW, I I did couple uh, couple fights like five rounds. My favorite distance. So like you can watch for, for example this fight with Arman. First two two rounds I lose, and after two 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 rounds I get like new change, new new opportunity. You know, hey guy, if you want if you want to win this fight, you have to accelerate and and win the next another few rounds yeah? and and uh, and i like i did it what did you do differently after those first two rounds in order to get back on track and and get the victory like what what did your coaches say to you what did you feel like you were doing differently in the fight uh maybe i feel like uh, not, the first two rounds i feel like a little bit not sleepy but i i i looking for a, a good moment when i should uh, uh, arman very good defense my single leg this is my favorite attack. This is what this is my favorite attack, and I have to change plan. Go to double legs, and double legs was success, you know. And my my one corner, my Boris Mankowski told me, "Hey, you lose one round and second round. If 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 you want to win, you have to win next another round." And I did it. Yeah. What about those scrambles, Mateus? I mean, this was incredible stuff. Have you ever been in a fight like this before that would replicate? I mean, it was just, it was amazing to watch you guys go to work against each other. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, but this was the reaction, my my body, you know, sometimes when I started training when I was nine years ago, nine years when I was kids the, and I trained all my life, This sometimes you don't think in, your head, but your, your body is faster than you, you know, and your reaction is faster. And this was in, in, in the octagon with Arman. Arman is same, great wrestler, great uh, grappler. And when he's one guy, great, great wrestler and great wrestler, is now is an incredible fight, yeah. Incredible. So you ha- you've watched the fight again uh, since you've been back home? Not, not yet, not yet. Now I spend time with family, my two kids, you know, like enjoy, enjoy this moment. But maybe, maybe next week, you know, the, the first moment I want to be... Relax, you know, relax, not all the time. <laughs> yes, of course. How many kids? So you have two kids. How old are they? Yes, I have two kids. My daughter has five years old. Uh, she has the big, big, uh, big eyes and long, long, uh, long hair. Okay. And uh, two years old son uh, named Mikoai, and uh, she, he born the winning game. He's born what? The, the winner's game. Yeah, this is my joking, you know. Oh, okay, all right. He, all right. he has two years old, you know, and he did 10 push-ups in the, in the, in wow. the ground now, yeah. Amazing. Uh, so, <laughs> no, this is joking. This I know, joking, I know, I know. I, I know. <laughs> but you, I know you, you started, so you started training when you were nine years old. That's when you started training martial arts wrestling, right? Yeah, I start, I start wrestling. I start wrestling and I trained at 10 years when I finished my high school and then I tra- transitioned to go to MMA, you know, and, yeah. Now I train like I have been trained like twenty one years. Who got you into all of this? Who what? Who introduced you to martial arts like at such a young age? Uh, this was I, I from small village Kudovas Drew. You know I all the time I spend time with my friends out, outside out, outside, and we have only two gyms in 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 Kudova Taekwondo and wrestling. Every my friends go to wrestling and we're going together, you know. And like uh, the, the life goes on. My friends going the different job, going the different way. And I, I stay in the one way. 
And uh, when you were in high school, I read, uh, did, did you go to like a boarding school or something to, to train more in wrestling? In Poland, it's, it's different like USA because we don't have training in the school. You know, I, I have to go to school and after then go to different gym and different different training sessions. Okay. Yeah, but this was my like passion. Yeah, I told you, I never, I never, I never play in the video. I never watch film. You know, uh, all my life I have obsession be sportsman, be the be the the best in the world. Uh, but were you away from your family when you went to school in uh, as a teenager? One more, please. Were you away from your family? Like, did you go sleep somewhere else when you were a teenager? No, no, no. I sleep like similar like American Top Team is dark, different yeah. building. Wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my my family is left in uh, the small city Kudova, and I I moved a different city. Like it was three hours, three hours far. Wow! Well, that was okay. You were you were okay with that? You didn't miss them? Yeah, I missed a lot. You know, I my list a lot. But yeah, this this moment, uh, my the first thing was be the be be the sportsman. You know, and this was like my hobby, my passion, and I enjoying this moment. You know, I love it training on all my life. Uh, and so now it's all coming to fruition. Like you're 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 realizing your dream of being a UFC star. When did you start dreaming about the UFC to make it to the UFC? When did that start for you? Well, probably when I translate from wrestling to MMA. You know, when I was trained to wrestling, but still I watching the Pride, the mm. old old uh, old uh, fighting in, in Pride in the. Uh, uh from from japan you know and this was my my loving then i trans i watch ufc and you know ufc is like uh olympic games in amateur sport you know when i finish wrestling okay i started mma this was the same my goal when i fought in ksw the later i did uh, ksw double champion and the same goal i have here ufc you know i i know i need more time to do it but i i am patient Yes, uh, former KSW featherweight and lightweight champion. So you're a legend over there. You had great success over there. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, when you made it to the UFC, and unfortunately you lost your first fight via split decision, how difficult was that for you? How upsetting was that? But my last four fights now? No, the, the debut, you fought Guram, right? And uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. there was a lot of uh, excitement and buzz about your, f finally you made it to the UFC, but you didn't win your debut. Were you very, very disappointed afterwards? Yeah, this this time was difficult a little bit for me because this moment I did three fights, three months, you know, I mm. one month, another month, and another month. My, the last fight was with Guram. I feel really good, but oh, this moment was like, because my two last fights in KSW, I did, five runs, like five uh, the five runs distance. And when I go to UFC, I have three runs. I think, well, okay, this is nice, this is only sprint. But first one, I I, I sleep, I wake up, there's another round, the three runs I win, mm. and I need more runs, more runs, <laughs> but fight is over, you know? Right, right. And yeah, because maybe I, I lose this fight, but this fight give me more motiv motiv motivation, determination to be the be the growing, you know, be the fix my my mistake and and be the be the better every day, every single day. This moment, I, I moved the American top team. Spent time to four months. I'm growing every single day with the best guys in the world. And now, next, I did I win next three fights, four why, fights now. Why did you choose American top team? 
Why? Mm, I don't know, because first was Krzysztof Jotko was from Poland. Another was uh, jo- Joanna Wojnjajczyk. She loves this place. She, she loves this, uh, the American Top Team gym. She helped me a lot every single day. And when she told me, hey, come on to, come on to American Top Team, this is the best gym, the best coaches, the, everything is the best. Well, okay, I can, I can try, you know, for sure. And I, one time I travel, I meet with Mike Brown. I love it. This I love it. This this man and we we connect the, the same vibes, you know. The yeah, same, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going together now. What what a weekend for ATT and Mike Brown. He was in Bellator, big wins on Friday. Then he flies to Las Vegas to be with you. Incredible guy. Um, this was awesome. Yeah, this was awesome for me too. Yeah, amazing, <laughs> right? Him, but amazing, amazing. I am very, I am very thankful for him, America, uh, Dan Lambert, and all American top is what. Give me to, yeah. Uh, is it hard for you when you go to Florida and you're away from your kids for several months? A little bit is hard, it's difficult because you know I have to separate it, my family. I have uh, young, young kids, but this is for me the, the same as work. You know, I this is my passion. I work, I move to Florida, train hard, no dancing, no nothing, no TV, no only sleep, eat, repeat. And I winning the fight, you know, after fight, I back to Holland, back to Poland, spend, spend time with my family, enjoying, travel everywhere. And I think this this is this way. Maybe in the future, when I sign the biggest contract in UFC, I move my family to American top team and we stay everything together. <laughs> I love it. No TV when you're there in Florida? Nothing? No, just fun, you know, just fun, books and motivation. Motivation, med- meditation. I have many, many things like the, the spend time different, like not only watch and and nothing, yeah. Wow. Well, you're lucky. You have, there's a, there's several Polish fighters there. There's also uh, Karolina Kowalkiewicz there now. So Exactly, exactly. You, you guys hang out with each other over there? Any good Polish food in South Florida? It depends on how his training comes. You know, sometimes we, we meet together and go to different restaurants, but usually I cooking in in kitchen. Okay. In American top team, you know, <laughs> it's the same hard work like like fight. Fight is easy work. Cooking in, ki- yeah. in kitchen is hard work. <laughs> Do you sleep in the dorms over there? Yes, all the time. Come on, oh. Mateusz. The, be- to get the you. best truth. The it's- best truth for me. Yeah, you don't want to have like an apartment or something. You have to be with all the other fighters. The, but I don't. I don't need a car. I don't need a, need nothing. You know, only spend time in in gym. Go to elevate elevator, go down, and I am I am training. That's true. If I have food in in room, I don't I I don't need needed nothing. You know, only train, good good recovery, good food, and that's it. Wow, you're like a real uh, Spartan warrior. You're like a samurai. All you need is just the training, the food. Uh, yeah, samurai and obsession. Yes. Sometimes stupid, sometimes no. You know, but <sighs> for me, I like it. I like it. Do you have a roommate? <laughs> Uh, sometimes this time when I bring my my friends from Poland, Krzysztof Placzek, he he lived we live together to separate bed. But usually when I coming only myself, I like be alone, you know, yeah, just yeah. one person in the room. And now you're ranked. Congratulations! Thank you so much. This Thank is you so big. much. This... I am so happy. I am of course tired and my muscle is sore. <laughs> yes, but I am also so happy. Yeah. And uh, what do you think? I, I you know, I, I saw you comment. Dana White said Benil Dariush, maybe. Uh, I mean, that would be very big. What, what do you think is going to happen to you next after this big win? Oh my God! The lightweight division has many superstars. You know, 
top 10 is only big name, big fights, and every high-level guys. You know, <laughs> I heard the same things. Uh, next, maybe is Benny Darius. I love it this matchup, but I can fight with everybody. But I heard Daniel Barius won't back soon, yeah, like yeah. two, three months next. Now I would like rest, you know, from, and I would like back like November, December. This is the date date for me. If Darius wanna be waiting for me, great, we can we can fight together. If not, I heard that uh, Justin Gaethje won't back to after end of the year. Uh, I am I am big fan of this guy and I want to fight this guy you know if 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 Justin Gaethje won't fight with me let's do this in the FM there Okay so you uh, if it was up to you if it was your choice Gaethje would be your number one choice If I can choose yeah I better yeah b- better with me if Justin Gaethje because uh, the, the Gaethje get to to fight to title shot you know this yeah. is a really big name and really dangerous man and I want to fight with the best guy in the world, and now choose place. Uh, when you when you look at the top of the division in the uh, in the UFC's lightweight uh, division, do you, do you feel like you can hang with those guys, or do you feel like you need a few more fights to get to their level? No, no. Now I showed after a fight with Arman that I have paper the the be the champion. You know, I now I won one one of the best guy in the, this division. You know, the the high level wrestler. Uh, for sure, for sure, I uh, I, I make a couple mistake in my fight. I have to fix, but this is only big lesson in the in the future, you know. Uh, now I can fight with everybody, and I know I can beat everybody in this division. What were the mistakes? Like mistake, I not block the middle kick, but my body was blocked. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know, and. And some and something more. I don't remember good, but like this flashback. First, I have to watch my fight two, three times, and uh, that this, this is like what I remember. Yeah. This is the, the big mistake, I think. So when I the catch the the middle kick, the fight was maybe was the simple, you know. But I don't know what's happened. <laughs> Incredible! It was such an amazing fight. By the way, your right ear is there any like? It, it looks like it's completely shut. That right ear of yours. The one over here is, is. Can you even like do anything in there? My my this ear? one, yeah. It's like I've. This is incredible. This cauliflower ear that you have. Can you even? T- can you get in there at all? Yeah, I can do. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, oh yeah, it's my fine. god, that's crazy. <laughs> can you put? Can you put headphones in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, but in the in the in the inside. In okay. The, in the, in the oh. Or. Or homophone like that. Yeah, that's better. That's better. That's better. What about my friend uh, Marius Pujanowski? Uh, I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Are you buddies with him? What do you think of him? He's an unbelievable guy. I love I love this guy. Man, this is this guy is motivation for everybody, every single person in Poland for sure, because he did have some uh, have some work in uh, the world champion the, yeah. the strongman yeah. many years ago he was the uh, five ten thousand world champion the strongman different different uh, different sport then this guy go to MMA and this guy now is like the superstar in Poland in Europe you know he he has more fight than me in in professional MMA you know <laughs> it's unbelievable it's, but this guy show like what is it hard work pay off. You know, this guy, this is like simple, simple guy, very humble, 
humble man, normal guy, but every day, every fucking day, hard work, hard work, hard work. And now he gets a success. You, you ever trained with man, him? But all the time, the same thing. I think ob- obsession. This, this guy have obsession, passion. The only one way, sport, 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 and we have success. You, you ever trained with him? We never trained together because we live in a different city, but okay. I have a lot of respect for him. And yeah, for me, he's too the like motivation guy. Yeah. And for you, like, what do you, it seems like you're really obsessed with training. This is all you think about, all you care about. What do you like to, now that you're going to be, uh, you know, off a little bit, a little time off, is there anything you like to do outside of training? With me or what? No, with you, yeah. Like, what do you like to do for fun to, you know, not training, just to calm down a little bit? Anything you like? Any hobbies? No, yeah, I like it. I, I like travel to mountains, you know, because I'm from to mountains and I, I love it, trekking, yeah, trekking. But now I have, to, I have kids, you know, I have to spend time with more of my kids. I, uh, many times I'll travel all over all world. You know, many times. This this year I've been three times in American top team in Florida. Now I, I I have to grow in my 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 children. You know, I yeah. I, I want to show him what is what is the good things in life. Are you going to get them into martial arts at a young age as well? Do you want them to follow in your footsteps? My son, yes, but my my daughter, no. No, you don't want her to fight. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. That the mixed martial arts is for women, you know. For women, better like running, maybe, maybe dancing, maybe singing. So, right. Some sort of better spotters for for women. But for some, yeah, I think this is this is good idea for 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 the start. But what about the legend? You want to be maybe professional. Joanna, no. she's a legend. Okay, at- this is only maybe. <laughs> This is only only one only one one thing. So no, one JJ, yes. I love it watch his hair fight, but nothing more. Woman. Were you surprised she retired? Um, maybe not surprised, but when uh, when she lose with Wei Zhang, this I am not surprised because she deserves what what is the beautiful from life. You know, she was superstars many years in UFC. She was like five times the world champion. Yeah, now she deserves for for different different way. You know, she won't be the mother. She won't be the super show woman in 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 Poland. I keep my finger crossed. What we doing? What we what she doing? Right. Yeah. Incredible career. By the way, next time I I see you fight, we see you fight. We have to get out of the apex, right? I mean, I know you said you like the apex, but we need to be in front of fans, big arena, right? You want to try something different. Yeah, of course. This is the different feelings. This yeah. Different feeling, different things. Everything is different. Sometimes you're going to arena and you hurt for fans, for doping, for everything. This is extra motivation, yeah? And But Apex, I love it, Apex. I love it, Apex. This is like the same in the in the training, you know? You you wake up, make breakfast, go to arena, fight, like, like sparring session, you know? You're going to watch... Uh... Two things is good. Two things is good, but of course for... For growing and pay-per-view and everything, better is with fans in arena, for yes. sure. I, I really want to see the UFC come to maybe Poland, uh, there's Czech Republic, uh, Jan Bohovic, with you, Jan Bohovic, uh, you know, I know Joanna isn't around, but... Martin Tibura. Martin Tibura, uh, Karolina. Martin Tibura, Michał Oleksiejczuk, yeah, yeah, Karolina, you have many super, 
Yeah, I I I wanted the same thing. If you have if you have see come to Poland, I think this is great idea. We have the best fans, the best the best fighters. Everything is gonna be happen. You know for sure. We have stadium Narodowy, like sixty thousand people. You think uh, Roberto Soldic is gonna sign with UFC? I don't know. I heard some things like he negotiation with KSW and UFC, yeah. but I don't know what, what, what's happened now. You're cool with the KSW guys? You guys are still uh, on good terms? Yeah, we are cool. We are cool. We are cool. I have in my dream Red Dragon, we, we have like a lot of fighters who are fighting in, in KSW still. And when I, I don't have fight, I go in with my friend to corner in, in KSW and we have relationship very well. That is great. Well, uh, great to have you on the show, Mateusz. Uh, you had an amazing Mateusz. yes, you had an amazing fight on Saturday. Incredible to watch you guys compete against each other. It was really, really impressive. Uh, so, congratulations to you and Armin. Congratulations on the win on your winning streak, and I look forward to uh, your next big fight, hopefully later on this year. Yes, thank you so much, Ariel. One more, thank you so much for inviting me and see you next time. Yes, sir. All the best to you. There he is, the great Mateusz Gamrot of Poland. A uh, massive win for him on Saturday. And yes, uh, according to the UFC rankings, he's now in the top 10. He is ranked eighth, uh, and he is in the midst of uh, a nice little run here. He's alongside the likes of RDA, Benil Darius. Darius six, uh, you know, had the fight against Islam. Islam, Charles, you know what I think would be interesting? Mateus against the the winner of the Rafael Faziv, Rafael Dos Anjos fight, which takes place July 9th, so next weekend. And right now RDA is 7, Faziv is 10. I kind of feel like that's the one, right? Take a break, go outside, don't worry, be happy, good vibes only hydrate um well that was fun nice to uh meet mateusz for the first time frank i was so happy when we went to mateusz and he had a good connection i think uh, you know after a string of interviews there my uh my eardrums were gonna explode yeah he's he's micing some people up right now oh hey how are you i'm doing great man how are you yeah there were a couple of tough ones there but we know we power through yeah, Behrman was... Uh, that was tough. <laughs> to say the least, man. We uh, really had to work through that. Everyone coming through the... Uh, it, it felt like he was in the foyer of the, yes. the house they were staying in. I mean, here. what are we, in the uh, in the furnace room over there, Eugene? I mean, but uh, no, we appreciate everyone who comes on. Oh, let me see here. Um, yeah, how about uh, Davison Figueredo <laughs> uh, saying... I guess he said that he signed with Uriah Faber, but I think he really signed with Vayner... But uh, I wonder what that means for him and uh, Valid Ishmael. I saw on Instagram that Davison Figueredo said that he had signed with Uriah Faber. I know Uriah does work for Vayner. Um, Vayner Sports, Lloyd Pearson is their head guy. They've got Anthony Smith and Aljamain Sterling and Chris Weidman, many, many others. Uh, but the way he positioned it was that he had signed with Faber. And I was like, hey, Faber, do you have your own management team now? I know he does stuff like under their umbrella and uh, Faber hitting me up that, no, he, I guess he just got excited that it was, you know, Faber a part of it all. So uh, I saw some people posting about that. Uh, there's some clarity for you. Uh, appreciate Gamrot stopping by. In a matter of moments, we're going to be joined by our in-studio guest, uh, Valerie Lareda, 
who is uh, quite popular, especially online, and a, a Bellator fighter who's had a nice run with that organization. Uh, I look forward to meeting her and having her in studio. Uh, after that, we're going to check in with GC, who just uh, popped up there for a moment, and uh, we'll get his picks for UFC 276. I understand no PFL picks this time because uh, we're still not sure if the fights are live or not. Are they live on Friday or are they pre-taped? I'm not quite sure. And then uh, and then we're going to answer your questions. I believe uh, Lewis has sent in the questions, and so we'll be ready to go then. And then uh, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up, and then we're off to Las Vegas. Not today, early tomorrow morning. A lot to do over there. And I announced yesterday we're going to have our big meetup on Friday night. All the fans of this program can come hang out. No, you know, no strings attached. It's not like a trivia show. It's just, it's just a hangout. We did it in April. Uh, I know a lot of the people who check out this show uh, and our regular viewers and listeners and great supporters, you know who you are. I don't want to miss any names. I don't want to offend anyone. Uh, a lot of them are going to be there. Some people reached out and said they're going to be there, which is awesome. Um, Friday night, 7.30 Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, so 7.30 in Vegas at the Aria Sportsbook. Area? Aria. Aria Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm told we're going to have our own little special spot there. There'll be food, drink, televisions, if you want to bet on these San Francisco Giants. The PFL will just be wrapping up. PFL will be 8 to 10 Eastern, which is 5 to 7. It's a very early start for PFL, which is a shame because Kayla's on it, Rory's on it, Magomed, uh, Magomed Kherimov is on it, Ray Cooper. It's a great, great PFL card. Um, every time those guys fight together, it's always a great card. Um, anyway, that will be wrapping up right before, but we'll hang out for as long as uh, we want. It'll be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. Again, 7.30 p.m. Pacific this Friday at the Aria Sportsbook. Our long-awaited, much-anticipated return to Las Vegas. I have not been in Las Vegas since August of 2021, last year. Been a while since I was there when the UFC was in town for a big event. Last time was March of 2020, believe it or not. Uh, UFC 248. Uh, I'll also be there for Money in the Bank, and I'll be telling you about that uh, a little later on. That's Money in the Bank this Saturday on the Peacock Network. You can watch both at the same time. You can watch uh, UFC on ESPN+. Plus. You can watch Money in the Bank on Peacock. You can watch Jessica Rose Clark walk out. No change in those plans, by the way. You can watch her walk out to the Heartbreak Kids theme song. Remember that? Oh, oh, oh. I think I'm cute. I, am I saying it wrong, by the way? Heart break kid song. Am I saying it wrong? Let me see the lyrics. Wait. Okay, here we go. No, that is definitely not it. Wait a second. Heartbreak kid, Sean Michaels, lyrics. Sexy boy. Yeah, why did I say? I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the looks that drive the girls wild. I've got the moves that really move them. I send chills up and down their spines. All right, I said it right. Yes. Perfect. All right, I do believe that our in-studio guest is here and might be related uh, to such 
theme songs. Without further ado, let us say hello to the one and only Valerie Lareda. She is here. Team is here as well. Hello, Valerie. I'm going to take off my headset. How are you? Uh, we're, we're hugging it oh, out. We're hugging wow. it out. Wow, we're hugging it out. Thank so you nice for to meet you. Me. Thank you for coming. Please have a seat. I appreciate it. <laughs> a lot of buzz, a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement, a lot of intrigue as to why you are here. Uh, thank you for doing this. How are you? I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this day for so long, Ariel. Okay. <laughs> Finally here. To be on my show. You've been waiting all yes, these years. To be on your show this is your moment. Oh, announce so I thought just the big moment was to come on the show. This was Yes, that too, because I haven't been on your show since twenty nineteen. Yes. Since my first professional fight. Bellator mm -hmm. fight, right? And um, we did it through Zoom and I was in New York. Oh, that is weird. Mm -hmm. Why did we do... But wait, I was with ESPN, I think, at the time, so I was mm -hmm. far away. So Maybe. you didn't want to come to Connecticut, I understand. <laughs> I did see you in Texas yes. uh, outside the stadium, outside of uh, <laughs> WrestleMania, and uh, there was some buzz that weekend that you were doing like some tryout mm -hmm. stuff for WWE, correct? Yeah. And so let's not beat around the bush, Valerie. What are you here to announce? What's the big news? You've been teasing big news the last couple of weeks on Twitter. Uh, you seem a little nervous right now. Dare I say a little emotional? Yeah. Uh, the floor is yours. What do you want to announce to the world? I have now become the first Cuban-American woman. And um, I am now a WWE superstar. Wow. Congratulations. I'm really excited. And... I've dedicated my whole life to martial arts, you know? And I feel like everything has come to this moment. And this is my opportunity to showcase my culture and show the world the entertainer that I am. I appreciate you coming on mm -hmm. and announcing this. Congratulations, I'm very happy for you. Obviously, this means a lot to you. Mm -hmm. Could I ask, why are you so emotional right now? I'm emotional because I've really worked very hard my whole life. I've had a very hard upbringing. You know, and every day I've always just believed in myself and just trained hard, just hoping to make it to the next step and just chasing a dream that I've had in my heart since I was a baby and just a feeling of pulling and pulling. And my first break was with Bellator and Scott Coker and Mike Hogan, Rich Child, they believed in me when I was 19 years old. And my first professional fight was without shin guards at the Mohegan Sun opening a main card. You know, and they gave me the opportunity to brand myself and build this platform and show the world the fighter I was and do my dances and just be me. You know, and now I'm making this transition and my mind has shifted, but I know what I'm going to do in the WWE and I'm just really excited to start my journey. Are you done with MMA? Yes. That's it. I, my mind has completely shifted from MMA to the WWE and all that passion and energy I have for MMA that I worked for five years, I'm now doing that in the training facility in Orlando. Um, I love fighting, but this is my time and I'm turning 24 next month, my first day as an employee of the WWE at the facility and it's the best birthday gift I can ask for. How did this all come about? Did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? How did the wheels, you know, kind of get in motion here? Um, so my manager, Abraham, was talking to them over at NIL deal with AJ Ferrari. And my name came in the mix. And they invited me over to WrestleMania. And, you know, I had just fought in November. And my mind is so set, fight, 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 fight. And Abraham just said, just come and watch. I've never been to a WWE show. 
And Ariel, the moment I stepped in that suite and I saw this organization, I saw this production and I, I just saw the professionalism and the fans and everything, I got goosebumps the same way I did when I went to start MMA and I just knew this was my destiny. It's everything I love put together in a ring and I was born for that. Because you love like being a, you know, a show woman, like putting on a show, all that type of stuff. Well, there's stories from when I was little, like five years old, six years old in Disney, you know, there's lines for the rides. And I would make everybody stop and say, show the Valerie. And I would do a taekwondo form and then I would do a dance. Wow. And I just, I just wanted people to watch what I knew and what I was passionate about. So I've been mixing that since I was a baby and I've always competed in taekwondo, posted my pictures, posted my little bikini pictures, but been training hard for an event, a US Open, et cetera. And then I transferred that into MMA and then now it's like I have glamour, I have entertainment, I have like this production behind me and it's just, I was born for, for that ring. So did you ever watch, like were you a fan growing up of wrestling or pro wrestling? I know, I know martial arts have been a huge part of your life, yeah. your father's life, yeah. your family's life, but were you a fan of WWE when you were growing up? So I always knew of the WWE, but I'm an extreme girly girl and I was a Taekwondo fighter, but I was also a dancer. My mom always had me active, so I never really got to sit and watch a lot of shows. But I always knew that deep down the, down the line, that could be an opportunity for me if it presented itself. I just didn't know how soon it would come. Okay. You know? So um, I love WWE. I wasn't necessarily like watching it every week, but I always knew that I could do something there. Now you go to WrestleMania, you watch it, you see the the glitz and glitz. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the pinnacle, right? That's their yeah. Super Bowl. I watch it too. I love it. I've been a fan my whole life. I couldn't imagine going into the ring. I'm not tough enough. Mm -hmm. Once you go in the ring, I've heard this from a lot of people, like it's a lot tougher than people think. Mm -hmm. On your body, mm -hmm. it's supremely tough. People like to say it's fake. It's scripted, but like you are putting your body through the ringer. I know you've been to Orlando. Mm -hmm. You've now gotten your feet wet a little bit. Yeah. Is it tougher than you expected? The ropes, the mat when you fall. I mean, this is physical stuff. It's extremely tough. For me, it's actually harder than MMA. Mm. Um, but my first bump, I just knew I could do it. It's weird. Like I have this just feeling in my gut and my first bump, my face my first face bump, the rolls and stuff, hitting the ropes, I just I just fell in love with it and I, I knew I could do it. It's tough, it's a very hard transition. It's very different than what I'm used to, but if you could just rewire your brain and change your mentality and realize what this is and how to be the best at it, you know, you will be successful. How many times have you been there now at this point? Once. Just once? So Yeah, that was my um, tryout. Okay, wow. Actually, when I left WrestleMania, I just wanted to try it. I was seeing, I want to try it. You know, they hadn't offered me anything. I said, Abraham, even if I have to fight five more times, break my face, I will do whatever it takes to get this opportunity. You know, I was always fight, 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 and then one day an opportunity will come. I left WrestleMania, and I just decided to just roll and do very basic things. That's when I first started training, and I said, well, if I'm going to get this opportunity, I'm going to cut weight like a fight. Like, I'm going to take this serious because this for me is an opportunity of a lifetime. So um, I started training a little bit and then my week of my trial in Orlando came and I was so nervous. I attended the NXT show mm. and I was like, wow, I could start here. You know, my sister goes to UCF in Orlando, so it'd be an easy mm -hmm. um, transition for me to live. And then the training came 
and they pushed me so hard, but I learned so much, Ariel, and I didn't want to leave. And literally on Friday, I said, Abraham, like I was crying, can I just stay here? Can Every week I'm not here is a week less and I'm learning, you know, there's nothing for me in Miami anymore. This is going to be my job now. I want to do this, you know, but no, I had to go home and there's a lot of things that happened, but I just stayed close to my weight. I kept doing conditioning and stuff, but I'm going to trust the WWE way and their trainers, and I'm looking forward to going to Orlando and starting my journey with how they say. How nervous were you? At the tryout? Yeah. I was nervous, but I had my sister with me, and my sister's always in my corner, and she's like, Valerie, you could do this, you could do this, and I just pushed myself, and that was the most professional I've ever prepared myself for anything in my life, and I'm just so happy that it came true for me. And uh, do you know, like, do you remember who, who was the guy trying you out? Like, sometimes it's these famous old-time wrestlers. Who, who was your coach, so oh, to speak? it was more of, um, they just threw me in with the NXT girls. Oh, my. And adopt. Were they nice to you? They were so nice to me. They this weren't is, mean? It wasn't, no, like, cutthroat? this is different than MMA. Like, okay. MMA, you're used to, everyone in front of you, competition, kill. Yeah. This is more like a friendly environment. Everybody's helping each other get better. It's a different dynamic, you know, but since I've done other sports, I understand that type of teamwork and stuff. But um, I was with Coach Smiley the whole time and he was amazing with me and he taught me so much and we stayed in an open ring after for like two hours and we just worked and he taught me stuff and he taught me like different things I would work with my style. But um, the girls were great, and I got closer to Nikita. She's one of my closest friends. Oh, I saw now. your picture. Sorry, it's yeah. in your throat. Nikita, she, I love her, and I, I, when I first started watching NXT, she's the one that stood out to me, and then we became close friends, so I'm really looking forward to living there and just working with her and seeing what happens. And when you went to the NXT show, what was it like? Because it's different than WrestleMania, right? You go to WrestleMania. Yeah. Excuse my throat. Something just got in no, my throat. Right. Uh, I'm emotional, too. Yeah. <laughs> when you went to NXT, mm -hmm. uh, what was that like for you? I just, like, it was amazing. It's like the, the energy in there is just the fans of the WWE are just like no other. You know, and I just could picture myself in that ring and just beginning my career there and excelling there and... I don't know. I, I just loved how everything rolled and the stories. And I've been learning a lot and watching every week now. When you were there, that was a, that was like a month or so ago, right? I believe so. Had you already signed? No. When did you sign? Yeah, like one day. In, Monday? In Abraham's office. Wow. What was that like? I, know, I mean, the moment I signed that paper, I knew that, you know, I'm retiring from our shorts. So for me, no one understands me and why I take this so to heart, but when you do something for so long in your life and then an opportunity like this happens, it feels like my dreams are coming true. So it was a little bit of happiness, sadness too, that that it's chapter both. was... You know, I'm always going to train. I'm a fighter. I'm always going to train and work out and I'm training my sister now and MMA and stuff. But it's... It's a bittersweet feeling because I'm closing one chapter for a bigger one, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I know I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse here, but will you be known as Valerie Loretta over there as well? Or do they come up with a new name for you? How does that work? I don't know. Right now, I just have to go to the Institute, just work hard, prove myself, and I'm going to trust what they say. I would love to have Loretta in some part of my name yes. or Cuban or Latina something because um, I am the first Cuban-American woman. And for wow. me in itself, that is just like, 
just knowing I'm honoring my grandparents that were immigrants from Cuba. I'm a first-generation Amer American, and they came here to give me the American dream, and now I'm going to give back to them. That's incredible. Have you been to Stamford? Did you go to the offices? Uh, that's no. where the headquarters are. <laughs> no, no, I haven't been. Over there. Haven't been. Um, and so when did you move to Orlando? I moved the day before my birthday. Wow. My and when first it... day as a WWE superstar is on my 24th birthday. And when is that? July 19th. Oh, I'm, I'm cancer baby too. You're cancer? So you're emotional like me. I get, see, you see me here with my <laughs> throat weird. and everything. Yeah, I, get, I get very emotional. Uh, but I am emotional. I dropped my kids at summer camp last night uh, and I was crying the whole oh, time. It was, it was very tough. It was very hard. Um, and so now you're going to go over there. Do you go, like, how does that work? Five days a week? Like, what? what I, Honestly, what is the I schedule like? I think it's five days a week. I don't it's even know. It's a ton. So it's someone like you have a coach that tells you basically mm -hmm. like you're training at ATT, yeah. right? There's someone yeah. who guides you along yeah. the way. It's like a fight camp. Yeah. You're in camp just all the time. And uh, what's the process? Like how long before we'll see you on TV? How does that work? I have big expectations for myself, but, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be on live TV. Hopefully within a year, if I work hard, hard I will be on main roster. But it's just depending what they say and how well I develop and improve and how quickly and if they think I'm ready and I trust them. Do you want to be a good guy or a bad guy? A baby face? Guy. You I want to be a baby face. You, what, really? Yeah. Why? I feel like it's more fun to be a heel. Yeah, but I, I am a baby face at heart. Like, Are you? I'm okay. so girly and stuff, but I just also know how to transform and like flip the switch, you know? I feel like it would be a good character for me. Uh, you've been watching the product, um, I'm assuming now, right? Mm -hmm. Of the women, who impresses you? Who do you like? Who are you a fan of? Who do you kind of look up to? Well, Charlotte Flair, mm -hmm. hands down. You know, she actually followed me and DM'd me. Wow. And What'd she also, say? What'd she write? She just said, uh, congrats, good luck, etc." And then when I went to my tryout, I was like, oh, I'm here. I'm nervous. She said, no, it's okay. You'll be good. Tell Coach Smiley I say hi. Just super nice. And I've been watching her for a while since I realized I might transition into WWE. And I just... I think she's just amazing at what she does, and I would love to be an entertainer like her one day, but definitely Charlotte Flair. So she's your favorite? Yeah, she's my favorite. You've seen Rhonda? Yes. You like how she's transitioned over from yes, MMA? Yes, I do. And Rhonda's always been an inspiration to me because without her, I wouldn't be here today. Mm. You know, Rhonda paved the way for women's martial arts, and for that, like, I will always thank her. You know, and I love the way she did the transition, and... Um, Definitely, she's someone I look up to her journey, but I will have my own path, and who knows what could happen in the future. Now, as you know, it's not just about like the athleticism and the mm -hmm. bumps. Like, you have to be good on the microphone, mm -hmm. too. How comfortable do you feel cutting promos, mm -hmm. doing all like, the acting, that yeah. part of it? Well, my dad, I don't know if you would, but he was an actor in the movie Only the Strong. Okay. He's always loved like that. He did like the stunt scenes and the fight scenes and stuff. I was always like a dancer doing like shows and stuff in my, in my elementary school. Um, and also, I was a broadcast journalism major. You were? Yes. So was I. Oh, really? We have oh. a lot in common, Valerie. That's what I thought I would be doing yes. one day. Really? Yeah. That's what you, in, in like, mm. in on what level? When, About when what? In, what was your dream? When I was dream? in high school, I started the broadcast journalism program there. And that's when I You learned, started it? I started it my school. Really? Mm -hmm. Like, you founded it? I was it? The first class. Really? Wow. Okay. With my teacher, Ellie, but, um... I started it there, and that's when I first learned, like, mic skills. I learned production, camera, B-roll, like, stand-ups. Yeah. I got a lot of experience. And then somehow that helped me in Bellator because in Bellator I was a fighter, but a lot of people don't know. I was always, like, I wanted to be, 
like knowing what was going to be posted and created and what's going to be cut and I would always say cut this with this and like put this video here like I love production mm -hmm. you know and I guess that's how my social media grew too because mm -hmm. I just like people showing authentically who I am and storytelling the way that my vision comes to life so then I was that and then I did um I was at FIU broadcasting as a major then I went online because I started pursuing MMA and I couldn't go to class. And then I transferred to UF and now I'm on a little break, but I'm a broadcast journalism major at the University of Florida. Wow. Sports journalism. Sports journalism. Mm -hmm. Do you want to, like, do you care to get the degree? Is this something um, that... Yes, I know, but I just do so much every single day. Right. And right now, I just really want to focus on the WWE. Yeah, no, that is fair. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, speaking of the social media, yeah. it, I mean, it's quite the presence you have over yeah. there, uh, to say the least. Now, I know you've talked about this. Mm -hmm. People sometimes try to discredit you. They try yeah. to say that you don't take it seriously, yeah. that you do IG model and this. Mm -hmm. uh, does it ever get on your nerves, under your skin, that people are trying to take away from what you've built or your mm -hmm. path or things, your credibility yeah. based on what you mm -hmm. are kind of putting out there into the world? the way I think about it number one I don't read any of my comments or like none, none of, of it no it's I tempting don't. no it's right there no I don't look at that there's no need I post what I want to post for myself and that's it but um I just feel like they just don't know they don't know I was 22 years old they don't know how young I am that I'm in the beginning of this sport I chose to debut on a platform that the world would see me right off the bat you know I chose for the world to see my MMA journey see me win see me lose I knew what I was getting into so that doesn't bother me and now I'm like I just don't care I just I'm myself I'm gonna work very hard and the world would is gonna see the entertainer and and just woman I am in general. Will you keep that up now that you're with WWE? Of course. Yeah? They're okay yes. with that. I don't know how that works. Yeah? I mean, they know everything about me. Yeah. You know, and um, I brand myself in a way like when I post, I don't post for anyone. I post for myself because I work very hard to look the way I do. I'm in team. In MMA, I'm constantly getting hit, scratches on my face, like bruises everywhere. Like throughout the week, I have a hair in a bun like this with a huge knot. And like my face is all scratched and messed up, like three eyelashes. So for me, I just feel like they don't know. I will plan one day where I get dressed pretty and, you know, I feel good about myself. But definitely it's going to continue now. Just in a different way, you know, I'm not an MMA fighter anymore. I'm a WWE superstar. And I'm going to show this world the Latina culture that really there hasn't been seen much of before. You know, and my goal with them is to inspire young Latina and all girls who also come to the United States from a family of immigrants that this is American dream. If you work hard and have good work ethic, you know, believe in yourself. Don't listen to what anyone s says and follow your passions. Your dreams can come true. This is quite the promo right here that you're cutting right now. I mean, I feel like this could be the uh, the introductory promo I when you. I you from my heart. I know. Well, that that's you see, that's the key. You have to be authentic, right? Yeah. That's what people sometimes don't like about certain characters, yeah. where it feels like they're playing yeah. a character. Yeah. If they let you be you, I feel like that will be the key yeah. to your success. Yeah. I, I trust them, but I definitely want to have something to me. I am a fourth Dan master, Taekwondo, you know, like I have a big background there. And MMA, I know what I'm doing. Jiu-Jitsu, I know what I'm doing now. I had no option, you know. So I'm just going to just be me, keep doing my dances, like keep doing like what makes me happy and that will rub off. 
on everyone. Uh, part of the appeal to stop fighting, you don't want to get punched in the face anymore? I mean, like... I don't care about that. I've black eyes? No? About, I've never cared about that. That's not why nose I'm breaks. Fighting. No, I don't care about. Before every fight, I would take a picture of my nose this way, this way, this way. So if they punch, if like <laughs> they break it, then a doctor puts it back exactly how it was. You right. know, the only thing that kind of bothered me was this eye cut. Uh huh. This one was bad. It was twenty five stitches in and out of the muscle, and it happened sparring, like training. Uh. Just so stupid, and that bothered me because in a fight, that's a very like open spot. That's my job eye, so I just didn't want that to reopen and stuff. And it's a scar. I don't uh, like scars. Okay, okay. But other than that, I'll do anything for my, my dreams. Now, what about ATT? Have you said goodbye to them yet? Are you going to stop by? How's that going to go down? ATT, I'm always welcome to train there. And mm -hmm. they told me I'm always welcome back. But I did tell my coaches, look, this opportunity presented itself. And I thought about it a lot. And I'm going to go this route. And I've been in ATT since I was 18 years old. Wow. And I saw people come and go there. And for me, watching Joanna retire, I cried so much because she is my true role model in mixed martial arts as a fighter, but also as a woman. And she always like made me believe in myself. And she's just such a boss and so amazing. So I'm definitely going to miss her. But my journey with ATT, I did five pro fights with them, one amateur one. They got me as an amateur. Wow. And I, I built myself there, and that's my home forever. Yeah, I saw you uh, were posting a lot about Joanna when she yeah. uh, retired and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, is she one of those fighters that took you under her wing? Mm -hmm. And why was she so kind of instrumental and important to you? Like, what, what was it about her and what she said to you or did for you? Because Joanna's cool. Yes, like, she is. She's so cool. Like, she's a beautiful woman. She's an amazing fighter. I would say, JJ, you don't get nervous? No, own the moment, own the moment. So every time I walk into the cage, I'll think of that value, own the moment like JJ, but I couldn't, like, JJ just, she loves it. I Before my fights, I would get so nervous, you know, that her training, us training together, that's my favorite person to train with ever because, like, she hits you hard, you know, and she doesn't get mad when you hit her hard back. It's one of those people that you love sparring with and training with because, like, they don't get mad. Like, you go hard because you know you have to train like that. But her work ethic is just incredible. She's just all over the place. Like, she does her modeling. She does her movie stuff, you know. And, I don't know, she just told me that, she like, you could do it all. You know, you're not limited to one box. It's not just fighting. You could do everything. And she proved it day in and day out. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning that you've had a, a tough upbringing, <laughs> and that's why you were a little bit emotional yeah. here about everything you've been through to get to this moment. Yeah. Can you tell us about your upbringing? Why was it so tough? Okay, so my grandparents came here from Cuba when my mom was eight years old, and my grandpa, um, my grandparents from my dad's side, my dad was born in Venezuela, but from a family of Cubans, and he just went to Venezuela because he got promoted to vice president of Pepsi-Cola. Wow. And then... Um, my dad came here when he was 14 years old with his sister, and then my parents met here in Miami, but I come from a first generation, and then my whole life, my dad had a martial arts school for 30-something years in Miami. My mom was, you know, the baronet, like the, the dancers with the baton? Yeah, oh, wow, yeah. My mom was the captain, whatever, but my mom always loved, like, glamour and TV and entertainment. So when I was born, I'm the firstborn. I have two little sisters. I was put extremely into Taekwondo because my dad wanted me to be an Olympian. And my mom wanted me to be a well-rounded woman. So I did both and I never had time. Every single day for my whole life, 
I threw a kick. Like there's not one day I would be in my dad's gym for like eight hours every night. And I was always chasing a dream. And in that moment, I thought it would be the Olympics, that that's how the world was going to recognize mm. me. And I didn't make it to the Olympics because throughout my training and stuff, my mom got diagnosed with AML leukemia. And that's when all of our lives changed. And we realized what really mattered in our lives was health, you know, and my mom. And I remember I was in high school at that time, and um, my mom was in the ICU, like, dying. And I just... I had to give up everything, had to raise my two little sisters, you know, had to take them to school. The first time I drove was taking my mom to a hospital. Just our whole lives stopped, and I didn't know if my mom would live, right? And then my mom relapsed twice, and then she had a bone marrow transplant. And yesterday was her six-year transplant birthday that the U University of Miami Sylvester gave her because she was born again. Wow. So I remember when my mom was in the hospital and stuff, I would always say, Mama... One day I'm going to be so big and you're not going to have to work anymore and you're going to go with me everywhere and I'm going to win Dancing with the Stars. I'm going to do everything that you've ever dreamed of with me. You know? And I, I, then I saw him in May and I said, this is the way I'm going to make it. And the world's going to see me. And I'm a tough fighter. My dad trains me like that, you know? I had nothing given to me easy. I said, I'm going to... Take one for the team. I'm going to do this for my family. I'm going to get my name out there. I don't want us to suffer anymore. I don't want us to suffer financially. Like, I don't want us to suffer with health anymore. I want to give my mom everything she deserves because my mom is such a good person. And then I fought MMA. I started winning, and my mom was scared. You know, she didn't want me to right. do that. This is scary for any parent. I said, Mom, I'm doing this. I'm going to make it one day. I promise you, Mom. I've told us I was little. Mom, I'm going to make it one day. And then now when the WWE offered me a contract, she just was crying so much because she knows that this is my avenue and this is what I'm really good at. Wow. But my family has had it really tough. And my two little sisters, too, and... I'm doing this for our legacy because we deserve it. We're good people. We come from nothing. And everything my parents had and didn't have, they sacrificed it to give us a private education, to, to make us well-rounded, you know? My mom is a teacher. She makes, like, nothing every year. And just, it's very hard to see how hard she works. And I just want them to, to live well because we've suffered too much. And I'm going to take this family forward. I'm going to create this path. And... I just want to make it so big for all of us, you know? How is she feeling now? She's good. She's she's good. She's here with me. Oh, wow. I to New York because yesterday was her cancer birthday, so we went to dinner last night. And now she's here with me. And I'm just so happy that she's alive to see this because, because I, I would be nothing without my mom, you know? Uh, do you need... Yeah, do you... Thank you, Abe. If you want some, so I didn't want to, you know, ruin the makeup I'm or everything. Sorry. If you need water, something you need water. Oh, good, I'm good. Okay, um, good to see you, Abe. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing this. Yeah. And I know, but I feel I, like people need to know. People don't know me. Yes. People don't know. They think I'm just an Instagram girl. Do you know how hard I've worked my whole life? You know how hard I've gotten hit my whole life? You know how many competitions, how many sparring, how many trainings? Like, people don't know me. And that's what hurts me. Not the social media, the fact that people don't know me yet because if they knew and understood my story, that I'm just a young girl with a dream and will do anything to make that happen, they would be different with me, you know?
And hopefully now with the WWE, since it's so global, people will see me for the hardworking woman I am. Because never one day in my life have I stopped and not trained mm. and not had a, a dream. These past six weeks since that trial is the first time in my life I could sit down. I have no fight. I don't have to cut weight. I don't have something coming up. It's like so weird. I didn't know what to do. I was, mom, mama, ¿qué hago? what do I do now? Like, my mom, Valerie, relax. That You're going to start working very hard. Relax. This is your time up. I don't know what that is. And now, like, I'm excited to be here, announce this. I'm excited to move and just work hard, man. That's why I was asking about, like, the criticism that you get sometimes. Because, yeah. you know, you've been through yeah. so much. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. And that's why I was wondering if it bothers yeah. you at times. It's just, people don't know me. And if they knew, one day there will be a movie on my life and my story and what my family has really been through, the craziness. Like, if they understood, they wouldn't be like that. I'm just a 23-year-old girl chasing a dream that's worked very hard, that fought in MMA. With, after three amateur fights, I said I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And I just wanted to be in a big stage already because I knew I could do it, you know? I chose to face adversity in front of people. Like, I did this to myself and people saw me in there and they fell in love with me because I was, I was me, you know? I was mad, I was angry, I was screaming, I was like doing like my dances, like, I don't know, my, my, my platform grew because I just, didn't care what anybody ever said about me. I didn't care. Like, you think I can't take cute pictures and also fight? Like, that's stupid. Like, as a woman, I'm limitless. Like, I, I truly am. I'm not boxed to one thing. I believe I could be successful in any avenue I put my mind to. Uh, you mentioned, like, you know, you're going to do this for your family. You're mm -hmm. going to get everyone a better life. For your mom. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of pressure to put yeah. on yourself. Mm -hmm. Is this too much pressure that you're putting on yourself? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you, you know, like, all that will come with success. Yeah. But when you're trying to do this for everyone, mm -hmm. that's a lot to put on mm -hmm. young shoulders. I, I, I have been doing it for a while now. Mm. And that's the only thing that makes me happy is being able to take care of my mom. Okay. That's the only thing that makes me happy. I don't care about anything for myself. I just care about taking care of my mom. Can I ask you, is your dad still a part of your yes, life? Yes, my dad's here too. Oh, he is He's here in too. The green room. Oh, okay. Hello. Yeah, my uh, dad's here. How does he feel about you leaving martial arts? I mean, this is a progression, right? It, there's still sort of elements there, yeah. but how does he feel about all of this? My dad told me when I went into MMA five years ago, he's like, Valerie, you know what? You fight, you fight. And if one day WWE gives you an opportunity, you do it. And then we didn't know it would come so soon because I didn't know my last fight in November would be my last fight. Right. And I looked at my dad and I said, bye-bye. That's it. No more fighting. Now it's WWE time. And we cried, but he supported me. And he said, let's do this. And did, here we are. Did you consider having one last like retirement fight or you didn't really care to do that? No, you know why? Because I'm turning 24 now. I feel like the time is now, you know. I'm young, I'm single, I have no family, I have no kids. And I just, you know, this is a lot of traveling, it's a lot of work. And I feel like if I work as hard as I can now in my 20s, one day I'll look back with my family, my kids, and be able to relax. Right. And now is the time to hustle. I got to make this happen now and do it big. You know, uh, you mentioned something that I, I, I do think I should highlight because uh, you are under contract, or at least were under contract yeah. with uh, Bellator, right? And I think it's important to know, because I got a statement here, um, I just, I just want to get this here real quick because, uh, this is from Scott Coker, you know, Scott, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> here it is. Scott, uh, we got this statement from Scott. 
Uh, Valerie Lareda, I don't know if you've heard this statement or read it, is a very young and talented athlete who can accomplish plenty in MMA for years to come. But for now, we wish her the best of luck as she pursues her dream of becoming a WWE superstar. She will remain an active and under contract fighter with Bellator, and we look forward to welcoming her back to the cage in the near future. We take great pride in allowing our athletes to test themselves in additional arenas such as boxing and pro wrestling. They didn't have to let you do this, right? Like they, you had to get permission from them, right? That's pretty big. Like they could have stopped all of this from happening. Did you speak to them, or did your management speak to them? How did that process go? Because I could imagine there being a situation where they're like, "We built her up the last couple of years, and now she's just going to leave." No, maybe we don't want her to do that. How did that go? Um, my manager spoke to them, and honestly, I'm just so grateful that they've treated me the way that they have, and I just think they know, like the type of girl I am and they all know me personally and I and I love Scott and I love Mike Hogan a lot because without them I wouldn't be here today but I think they knew it was ready for me to butterfly yes and, and grow because this is gonna don't trust me this is gonna this is the world's gonna see me as an entertainer now and this is everything I'm good at at once it's not just fighting. It's not just wait till I want to fight and then I could do a little... No, this is Valerie Loretta. Yeah. And Th- people are going to see it. This feels like this is a weekly thing. You're not just going to like disappear yeah. for three months. This is exactly what you've wanted. Yeah. And it's just... It's glamour. It's storytelling. It's production. It's fighting. It's impact. It's contacts. Like, this is tough. Like, we hit each other. Yeah. Like, it's... This is tough. You know, this is real. And this is, for me, like a profession like I'm looking forward to just being the best in every aspect of their being there's so many things going on all the time that you have to be so aware of you know you truly have to be talented to be a superstar and my little time that I was there I grew a lot I didn't want to leave and I could only imagine what I'm going to do when I move to Orlando because the moment I move there I'm locked in and I'm going to train as hard as I can until they think I'm ready for television. I've heard those tryouts are insane. Like, yeah. they try to break you yeah. so that, like, you don't waste their time. Yeah. Toughest thing you've ever been through athletically? Um. Yes, I was exhausted. But more, like, mentally. Right. Mental for me. Like, that shift from fighting to having to be de- more delicate, not delicate. You know, like, yeah, yeah. just a lot of balance. I'm rough. I'm a rough girl. And then this is, like, it's just very different. But I was able to adapt, had fun, then I like just started adding my my touch to it. And then that's when I realized my creativity and like I'm gonna add a new Latina Miami like thing going here that's never been represented in the WWE before. By the way, where'd you grow up in Miami? A, a Street, Calle Ocho, like Westchester. Westchester, yes. so like Jorge. Yes. Okay. But George was my neighbor. Come on. Yeah. At what age? Like when so you were growing gro- up, and we didn't know until later on. Oh, really? So you didn't see him? No. Okay. Until later on. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I mean, your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Has he taken you under his wing as well? Helped you yeah. business growth, all that stuff. Oh, well, when I was first considering WWE, I told him, and he was so happy. He's like, "Wow, go for it, go for it, go for it." And then I told him, "I'm gonna represent Cuba and Miami," and he said, "You were born for this." So I'm just excited, like. He sees me in this, and he he knows. He knows what I'm going to do here. 
By the way, do you ever go to those backyard brawls <laughs> that he was a part of, Kimbo, all that? No, no you didn't do that? No. You didn't watch those? No. I mean, is, weren't those common in Westchester or you but, weren't hanging out? I, I didn't grow up like that. I grew up doing Taekwondo, traditional okay. martial arts, and ballerina, point, ballet, jazz, musicals, piano, ice skating, everything in the book because my mom was crazy. Right. And did you try out for the Olympics? Or like, did you try to go I, down so the I path? Went to the no, I went to the world championship in Muju, Korea. I okay. competed there. Wow. I lost my first fight against a Canadian girl that was six three, but the last kick I kicked her, I broke her rib. Oh damn! Because I was always uh, the type of person who wanted to finish a fight. I never wanted to do the point style fighting. That's what Taekwondo turned into. So that's when it wasn't like really for me anymore because I'm short and I have big thighs. Like for me, it's more hit hard and and just knockout. Mm -hmm. That's how I always thought, even as Taekwondo. So in MMA, I was like, Papa, this is easy. I'll have to do a back kick and I'll break her rib. You know, I realized that, you know, that, that was more for me than Taekwondo. Uh, your sisters are how old? My sister, Nati's 21. She's beautiful. And Franjiga's beautiful. She's 15. Do they want to be fighters or wrestlers or, or like, or do they follow your same? So we're all black belts. My oh, wow. mom was pregnant with me doing her black belt test with my dad. What? We're all black belts. She was pregnant? The five. She was pregnant. Okay. Doing her black belt test. So I was training before I was even born. Okay. But Nati is an incredible kickboxer and um, I'm training her now. She's the best training partner. And also she's training with me some uh, wrestling moves. Okay. Cause she, I wanted to start learning too. Like I, I just wanted to just be able to train with me and stuff. And now when I moved to Orlando, we're in a train at night. I'm gonna train her cause I wanted to start amateur kickboxing and I wanted to do a match soon. Wow, and, and yeah. what about the other sister? So Francheca is also black belt, but yeah. she's a cheerleader and she's a gymnast and um, she's also an actress. But um, maybe I could see us all one day, the Loretta sisters. Wow, in, that's in, my vision. Uh, in WWE. Mm -hmm. Maybe, if that's what they want to do. If that's what they want. <laughs> you're, you're, you're down yeah. for whatever. So, so the plan is uh, next month you move to Orlando, yes. full-time training at their – they, they call it the Performance Center yes. over there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, you don't know that you just kind of let them do whatever they want. They tell you when it, there'll be probably NXT and then at some point the main roster. Yeah. I just have to train and work hard. Right. And I have kept my weight down. Like if a fight, like I literally, well, for fights, I just get more sucked because I'm more um, dehydrated. By now I'm healthy. I'm not like thirsty and stuff. And I'm super close to my flyweight weight. Right. Because I said to myself, if, WWE is giving you this opportunity, and you have one time to represent Latina woman, you're gonna make the most out of it. And I'm gonna look my best, I'm gonna act my best, I'm gonna train my best, and I'm in peak shape right, shape right now to just do everything they want me to do. By the way, did you talk to Paige about wrestling? Mm -hmm. What did yeah. she tell you about it? Paige and I trained together for a little bit. Uh -huh. There's videos of us like- Oh, really? Each other. Wrestling? Yeah. Interesting. When we first started, I just wanted to see it, I just wanted to watch her. But she has her own journey with AW and she's doing amazing. I was so happy to see her perform because I saw her training it and stuff. Um, she has her own journey and I have mine and she's so nice and I'm just looking forward to what she does for her promotion. Did you talk to AEW as well? No. It was no? No. Wow, look at your face. You just went like, no. you were not interested. Mm -hmm. You're Team WWE. Team WWE all the way and there's nothing. Why so, why so serious you just got? The, you didn't want to play the negotiation game, you know? No, nothing compares to WWE. Like, it's a monster of its own, and everyone knows that. They're going to love you. No. That was a great answer. It's the truth, though. There's no, there's no second place. No, there's nothing. Minor it's, leagues. No, like, they're global 
it's a global organization like even with its like everything there's nothing that compares to a wrestlemania like who could pull that off like nobody wwe they're the only ones and multi-year deal uh, i don't know okay you don't know can i just ask maybe this is a question <laughs> abe what's the comparison bellator wwe who pays better <laughs> Both are very good. Both are good. <laughs> there, is there like a, there's like certain if you hit certain things, how does that work? With who? With, uh, with WWE, like if you get to a certain point, how does that work? I'm not gonna get into the. Okay. Details, but it's very good. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You know, I have to ask these questions. <laughs> you know. uh, well, I'm I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank is there anything else that you want that you you kept saying like you want the world to know who you are? You want the world to know your story? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you feel like? We need to know as you bark. And by the way, when you become a massive star, you know, they just, there's rumors that one of their big stars, Sasha Banks, might be leaving. I feel like you're going to be bigger than her, if I could just be honest for a second. I think you're going to be way bigger than her. You're going to take her spot. Mm-hmm. Now, we wish her the best, but I mean, this is great timing. Mm-hmm. When you make it to WrestleMania main event, we're going to, you don't big time us, all right? Mm-hmm. Don't say, oh, yeah, these little guys. Cause you're they, nice to me about your articles and the headlines and stuff. I'm always nice to everyone, but oh, you know what happens? Nice everyone becomes big time mm-hmm. and then they forget about the little people, no. all right? They're happy to come on when they're, you know, on the way up, but they forget to send mm-hmm. the elevator back down. You don't strike me as that type of person, if I'm being honest. But what else does the world need to know? Anything that comes to mind? I think people just need to know I'm a very humble girl that believes in being a good person and God will give back to you. And I'm from Miami, Florida. Miami, we're bred differently. And um, I'm going to be the first woman to represent Miami. And I want to be known as, like, the female rock version. You know, I saw what The Rock did. He went to University of Miami and everything he's done. And I think I could achieve that same star power. I believe I have it. And I believe I'm going to work very hard every single day to make that happen. But more than anything, in the WWE, I do want to headline a WrestleMania one day. I do want to be the first Cuban-American Latina woman to headline something. But I just want to inspire young girls. And I just want them to know that follow your passions. Like, forget about a stereotype or, like, if people look a certain way, you can't. No, forget about that. If you're passionate about yourself and about something and you believe in yourself, don't listen to anybody. Like, I had so many coaches, like, tell me, like, I'm not good enough or, like, that I wasn't going to win a fight or that I wasn't ready. And I just never listened to anybody. I was just always authentically myself with the way I would post, with what I would say. I would post crying, beat up, post it with my eye. I posted when I lost, you know? Like, this is life, but always follow your dreams. And if I did it, a girl in Miami that came from nothing, first-generation American, from Calle Ocho in, in Miami, you know, anyone could do it, okay? Um, Miami, and another thing I want to say is that I'm very proud to represent Miami. I love my city and the support that I've gotten, and even with the rumors that I'm signing with the WWE, people have stopped me on the streets crying because they want a role model to show people who we are and our culture. And my favorite part of everything is having parents bring their kids to me and say, look, she works hard. You could do that too. And for me, that is what drives me every single day. I just want to be able to walk out in the WWE and see all these little girls and just Latino kids or just anyone. And just, I want them to know that anything is possible and dreams can come true. 
I feel like we need a cafecito to do a little <laughs> uh, cheers here, you know, yeah. something like that. We're not in Miami. If not we're not in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, are you going to Money in the Bank? Yes. You're I'm, going to Las Vegas. I'm going to Las Vegas tomorrow. Wow, so am I. International Fight Week. Well, I'll see you there. Not International Fight Week. Forget about that. You're going for Money in the Bank. <laughs> I'm going for Money in the Bank. That's right. And I have the suitcase there. I have the suitcase too. Oh. How about that? I like it. They have just sent it? this to me. I have not opened it yet. Have you opened it? Yes. Oh, do you know what's in it? I don't know if I know. I mean, maybe it's the uh, the contract, <laughs> your contract. Let's see. Uh, so Money in the Bank this um, Saturday at MGM Grand mm. on the Peacock Network, yes. your future home. Yes. Right? I love uh, Peacock. Oh, look at this. Wow, we've got presents here, Valley. This is your, you sent this to us? You could say you could yes. say this. Yes. Uh, uh, look at this. We got uh, little, slides. little slides, little flip-flops, Money in the Bank. Uh, Valerie, we have some money here. Mm -hmm. Is this real? I don't know. If it's real? This is I real? Is this real? What do you think? No. You might know. No, it's not real. All right. Not you could have played along. I mean, it's called <laughs> kayfabe in the business. You know what George. kayfabe is? There he is. There's the big man, Game Bread. <laughs> uh, wait, we got other stuff. We got this. Uh, wow, they really hooked us up here. Oh, that's cute. A Yeti. A Yeti. You need to come by the studio more often, Valerie, because we got presents when you come by. We got a little speaker here. A little speaker. What kind of theme song are we going to have? What do you maybe? want? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like Latina. a... Latina. Maybe a conga. A conga. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That conga. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be something like J. Lois. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're a very good dancer. I've seen <laughs> online. And what else? Uh, we got this. I mean, this is very nice. I'm going to put this in the studio. Yes. We got the money here. Our mm -hmm. friends at Peacock. So you got one of these as well. Mm-hmm. The Imagine the moment when we're going to play this in a few years when you're going to climb the ladder and get the money in the bank. Oh, my gosh. And we'll say, we knew Valerie. Okay. She doesn't respond to our texts anymore. <laughs> she doesn't come on the show. But we knew her, and she announced. You announced this. This is not out there, right? Oh, you announced it on like this show? Person, that's why I started crying in the beginning, because I haven't said it before. Yeah. I've been literally every day for the past six weeks, I have a countdown on my phone, like a widget on my home screen. WWE TakeOver, six weeks, five weeks, nine days. Every wow. day I wake up, I just I want the days to pass for this moment. What took so long to sign the deal? Just protocol. Just negotiation. I trust WWE and what they say. I didn't even know if I was gonna get a contract, but I was just waiting oh, really? for this moment and just. When did you find out that you were getting it, like that it was a done deal? When? Uh What's that? After. I told her the day after WrestleMania. Like she didn't really no, because you known that long. At WrestleMania, they told me, okay, and I and I I said to James, I said, why me? So many of my main girls reaching out. Why me? Because everybody was reaching out after me. And they just told me, and I was like, okay, but I still don't believe it. I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. I still said I'm going to have to fight five, six more times and just train hard. But then I started dieting, and I started training, like, if I have a fight. And then when I went to the tryout, after that, I think I believed it because I knew I performed to the level that I had to, you know? Amazing. Well, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> I wish you. you the best. Uh, congrats you. on the deal. Thank you for coming here and announcing Thank it. You. We really appreciate it. The MMA community is behind you. Uh, Cuba's behind you. Cuba's behind me. Miami's behind you. Miami. 305 is behind you. Florida's yeah. behind you. And uh, I, I, I wish you nothing but the best. Sincerely, I really, I really hope that you get to realize your dreams, not only for yourself, but for your family. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story about your mother. And I'm so happy that she is uh, doing better and is, is healthy She's as well. She's watching on YouTube right now. Okay. Hello, She's Mama. Hi, what do you call Hi, it? Mama. mama. Uh, muchas gracias. Yeah. And, and also, like, Mis seguidores latinos, los quiero mucho y acabo de hacer algo muy grande para Cuba y para Miami, Florida. <laughs> y esto va a cambiar la vida de nosotros. Ganamos. 
y voy a cambiar el mundo. Uh, I think you said like you're, you're doing this for... I said, this is a big win for us and I'm going to change our world. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, me gusta bailar and cantar. Me encanta. Yes. Like yes. That, yeah. <laughs> I saw the movie one time with my daughter. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it, Valerie. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you for coming by. They're, they're just going to walk you out here. Yes. We just keep it going. There's Joe, okay. our guy. Good luck to you, Bye. okay? Make it happen. We're going to hug again. Oh, yes. wow. This is great. Thank you so much for doing this. I really see appreciate it. I will see you soon. See you at WrestleMania next awesome. year. Headlining. Yes. Take them. Uh, there she is. Valerie Loretta, the newest member of the WWE roster. Abe, you're the man. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate you guys very much. And uh, a beautiful moment there, and uh, a huge honor for us to have uh, Valerie stop by and uh, announce her massive, massive news right here on the program. How about that? Uh, A beautiful moment. How about that? A little emotion there. A great story. Someone that you want to root for. And uh, another MMA fighter now transitioning over to the world of professional wrestling. We've seen some, I mean, most notably we saw Ronda recently. Uh, Paige did it with AEW. But here's Valerie Lareda of Bellator fame, formerly of Bellator fame, uh, getting a chance to make it big in WWE. This is cool. It's uh, a Yeti, and it looks like a can, but it's not actually a can, as you can see. I hear a bit of an echo, Frank, when I'm speaking. Maybe it's because of the, the lav mic. What do you think? Shouldn't be hearing that anymore. Hello? Yes, that is better. All right, thank you very much to Valerie Lareda for stopping by. Uh, appreciate her very much. Thank you to uh, WWE for uh, hooking that up. Abe Kawa, the infamous Abe Kawa of uh, First Round Management. Plenty more show to go. Uh, we do have to answer some questions on the nose, everyone's favorite segment of the week. Uh, that is always fun. We haven't done that in two weeks, so I'm excited about that. And, of course, we have to get GC's official UFC 276 picks. It's time, my friends. However, before we get to all of that, a quick word from our good friends over at We say hello now to G-City. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Good energy? Yeah. Good energy. International Fight Week. International Fight Week. Uh, How about Valerie? I mean, just pouring it all out there for us. Very emotional. Uh, Was it? Was I I was told there wasn't a dry eye in the uh, control room. Yeah, Frank was bawling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean it was great. Money in the bank, the briefcase. How about that? Loaded with goodies. Loaded with goodies. I know you like, uh, you know, like some merch, some some. Yeah. Is it swag or swag? Uh, swag. Swag? <laughs> I mean, what is that? <laughs> it's swag or swag. Um, all right. Are we hyped or what? I mean, 276. I'm hyped up. I'm hyped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm In Vegas, uh, they finally lifted the ban and you're allowed to go. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like people um, don't quite understand the joke every time we talk about the ban. I don't. Does it matter or no? What's the joke? Well, the joke is that, you know, a very successful comedian once said that I was banned from the state of Las Vegas. I think they think that you, you're talking about the UFC, but it's just from the entire state of Las Vegas, right? Yeah. yeah. State Which of Las obviously Vegas. obviously UFC happens there all the time. Yeah. It's going to be great. You going out? Do you change your mind? No. No, no. interest? I have heavy interest. Uh, have you thought about it? Wallet can't deal with it. No, never can't deal even with considered it. it. Not even, even for the big didn't meetup. Didn't even look at the... No. No, absolutely not. I didn't even hand. consider it. Oh, 
Frank's going? I have also decided I'm definitely not going. Oh, uh, all right. Frank's not even coming over on Saturday night for the fights. Really? Yeah. 276? Why yeah. not? I'm working. Man. Classic, classic excuse. Uh, what, what are you working on Saturday night? I am engineering a show. Okay. At a venue in Brooklyn. Wow. I think he's DJing. I think that's what he's doing. Uh, are you D- are you a DJ? Yes. What's your DJ name? Frank? He he seems nervous to respond. Is it that's I mean, is it that secretive? Nah, no. Nah, I don't know. People might show up, people might mob him. If All he right, gives fine, out his DJ enough. name, they can find out where he performs. All right, 276. Let's get hype. Let's go. We need the picks. I'm told you're actually uh, laying some lumber on every single fight on the card. Every single fight on the card. Jeez, so just strap in. I'm going to keep this uh, as short as possible as I go from fight to fight. But uh, it's like the Super Bowl. Like when the Super Bowl happens, I have like 19 bets in play. Uh, you know, having fun is the uh, main objective. If we win money, that's that's an extra little sprinkle on top. Mm-hmm. All right. What do uh, we got? What do we got? All right. Let's kick it off. I mean, let's get right into it. Uh, first up. Well, first up. Graphics went to a whole nother whoa, level. Whoa, just, whoa, jeez, Louise! Just in honor of, uh, just in honor of International Fight Week. I mean, okay, just, so this isn't going to be a common occurrence. I don't know. I think I think it might be. It, it didn't take as much efforting as I thought. We got the flags. Every uh, fighters uh, nation Represent. represented. Yeah. Uh, even Storylarenko's uh, Lithuania, and uh, we got a nice gold trim. So, uh, gonna give myself the old Barry H. I, I don't know if I see a gold trim. Where's the gold trim? The words oh. are in gold. Okay. Well, that's not a trim. That's a font. Uh, gold foil is what I should have said. Okay. Fair enough. It's very nice. Yeah, uh, but as you can see. You're going, going with JRC. I'm going with JRC. Our our, our boy, New York Rick, uh, he is convinced that the darling of the MMA hour, Jessica Rose Clark, who's going to obviously be walking out to Shawn Michaels' sexy boy this weekend, yeah. uh, is not going to win. He that's, that's what he said. And he actually has gone so far, he has a bet. On Stoliarenko, but I tried to convince him otherwise. He was not hearing it. Stoliarenko, 0-4 in the UFC. She has been outstruck in every single one of her fights. Uh, she loves going for sub-attempts, but she's 1-9 on takedowns. Uh, 12% accuracy there. Queen of the arm bars. I know last time, I know you're going to say it, you're going to say, dude, Jessica Rose Clark got arm barred last time out by Stephanie Egger. She went through that. She had to go through that pain of getting armbarred. Now oh, yeah. she's not going to get armbarred again. Oh, I was very impressed with her demeanor on Monday. Uh, sorry if you heard me moving around. I was just putting on my money. Yeah, we all heard it. Yeah, I, yeah. I was putting on my money in the Bags. bank slides. No, yeah. I was putting on the slides. At the oh, moment. really? Yeah, I really? get comfortable here. Um, and, of course, classic New York Rick move. I mean, everyone's excited. Everyone's pulling for JRC, and he has to go the other direction. So confident in her that he, he placed a wager on Stoliarenko. What is Stoliarenko? Plus 140, I think. Right. I, I think she's going to only become a larger dog as, as the week goes on. You think so? I mean, I took Jessica Rose Clark on like Monday morning at minus 128, and she's like minus 150 now. Oh, wow. All yeah, right, I, mean, I like it. I think people are in on JRC. All right, let's keep it rolling. Andre Muniz. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw it. You saw it on Monday in the International Fight Week draft. He was my first pick. I am a huge Andre Muniz fan. If this hits the the mat, which I think is going to, Sean Strickland took Uriah Hall down four times. Uh, I think Andre Muniz is going to be able to do the same. Once I hit the mat, just watch the man work. Third degree BJJ black belt, 
very skilled offensively with it. 15 of his 22 wins are by submission. I think he gets a number one here. 6-0 in the UFC. Uh, let's move him on to 7-0. and I like it. Next up, DDP. Dreykis <laughs> Duplis. Well, not uh, bad. Close enough. Not bad. I, I was a little bit nervous as I was going that. By the way, I didn't, I, I'm shocked that I didn't think of that. Think of what? DDP. That's what I said. I first heard that from Jed Mishu, No Bets Bard. Shout out to him. He yeah. said DDP, and I was like, wow, this is my first time hearing DDP. I love it. It's sticking just as much as JRC is. Oh, my God. DDP is, and you know who DDP is, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. But you don't get the reference? Mm-mm, no. Diamond Dallas Page? Uh, nah, I Bang? just thought it was a cool nickname. Oh, my God. No, he's one of the all-time no, pro wrestlers. I was going to say, I'm guessing this is a pro wrestler. You're just yes. coming off your wrestling interview. Yeah. You're oh, one of DDP, DDP is dumb. a great name, but it's Dricus Duplessis. We spoke about this. Duplessis. Duplessis, yeah. I was studying French on, on the train in this morning. I'm not even kidding. I, I You nailed it. In the pre-show. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get a little bit nervous, you know, in front of everybody, though. Um, I mean, fantastic fight. Uh, originally, it was, like, number two on the card. Now it's number four, somewhere around there. Fantastic fight. Cannot wait for this one. Uh, everyone's talking about DDP's only path to victory being, like, KOing Tavares. Uh, but I actually think he's a little bit underrated as a grappler. We saw him do it a little bit against Trev- Trevin Giles. Got two takedowns there. I don't think he's afraid to go to the mat. He actually has more submission wins than he does have knockouts. Um, and I just think... I, I believe in the skill set of uh, DDP, and I think he gets it done against an aging Brad Tavares, uh, either by knocking him out, landing a big shot, or he does go to the ground and he sinks in a choke or maybe a guillotine on Brad Tavares, which is why I'm not only taking DDP, I'm taking the fight does not go to decision at minus 105. I know Tavares goes to a lot of decisions. He doesn't have like fantastic finishing power, but you're giving me a guy who is now the favorite in this fight at essentially even odds for it to knock out the distance, and he has 18 fights, win or lose. He has never seen the scorecards, all 18, finished inside the distance. It's just out of principle. It's just like Shavkat last week. They gave it to me at minus 155. He had never seen the scorecards. I just have to bet it in a situation like that. I just, It's just a principle of mine. Obviously, you know that I agree with this one. He was one of my picks. I love it, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to fight. I'm excited to see him fight, man. By the way, uh, I saw a lot of people saying that I had horrible picks. I mean, this is crazy. We're going to find out this weekend. Yeah. That's, that's the only way. Well, it, was I mean, a lot, it was a lot of pandering, you know, on the, on your page over there. It's like everyone's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you killed it. I'm like, what are you talking Listen, about? Listen, I think if you had posted the graphic of the draft, there would have been pandering to you. You think so? I think so, yeah. All right. I think it's just because of whose page it came from. All right. Ian Gary, the future. Future A of the card, you know, we got Future B as well and Macy Barber, two futures on the card, future of men's MMA and women's MMA uh, with their nicknames. Yeah, I'm going with Ian Gary. I've played him in his two previous fights. I'll continue to play him here. Uh, the guy gets a lot of hate, I, I feel like. he. I feel like people talk down on him. You know, he's not going to be who he thinks he's going to be. I feel like he's a little bit more savvy of a fighter than people give him credit for. Um, I think he is a more technical striker than Gabe Green is in his last fight out uh, I felt like he just as he went on against Darian Weeks he just got better and better as he was downloading information I feel like uh, he does have a decent fight IQ and in this one big cage they're not in the apex unfortunately but the bigger cage I think it's going to benefit Ian Gary how much movement he uses I think he's going to be able to keep it at range and uh, win a 29-28 close decision over Gabe Green I like it I mean 
you know I picked him as well. So it seems like you're what, – what is it called in the business? Trailing a lot of my picks? Tailing a lot of tailing your picks. <laughs> yes, I'm tailing a lot of your picks. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Let's keep it moving, though. The fight for the most wins in UFC history. Miller Cerrone, two legends going at it. I'm not going to pick a side in this one. I'm going to go with the under two and a half here. I mean, it's just two aging guys. Cerrone kind of seems like he's shot. Finisher be finished type guy. Miller, eight of his last 11 fights. Have not seen past the two-minute mark in the second round. Uh, Cerrone, his last 20 fights, 14 of those have not made it over two and a half. Eight of them ending in the first round. I would not be shocked at all if Jim Miller goes out there and finishes Cowboy Cerrone in the first round. Um, I just really can't trust a guy who's 0-6-1 in his last seven fights. Um, I just do think someone gets finished here. The only reason I'm not on Jim Miller is it because it is at welterweight, and I think that benefits Cerrone much more uh, than it does Miller. All right. Next up, Jalen Turner, the tarantula. Um, you mentioned on Monday, yes, I'm going with CBK here. I think that's probably the only time this month I will wow. go against CBK, though. I mean, both dudes are super skilled. Brad Riddell, obviously a world-class striker. I mean, he is fantastic. Uh, like I felt like he was just skyrocketing before that physique fight. Great fight, unfortunately. He got he got finished in that one. Just the way Turner has been fighting lately, his last four fights, two or four finishes, Two by sub, two by knockout. He's only 27. He's just getting better, and you just can't ignore the size disparity here. Jalen Turner does not have the body of a natural lightweight. He has a eight-inch height advantage, six-inch reach advantage in this fight. Like it's, it's almost going to look like these guys should be in different weight classes. Um, he has all the capabilities to keep this at range. Potentially knock Brad Riddell out. Brad Riddell, he might try to make this dirty, get in close, go for a takedown. He does have a takedown in every single one of his UFC fights. But I think even taking it to the ground is dangerous because Jalen Turner's slick down there. He has capabilities to get guys out of there on the ground. And I think that's what he's going to do, either by knockout or by submission. I think Jalen Turner uh, is likely going to win this one uh, by finish. Wow, that would be a big one. All right. We like Jalen around here. Great guy. He's been on the program. Great guy. Affable. I have not met him, but he is a great well, guy. Well, you met him sort of, you know. Via Zoom. Yeah. Via Zoom, yeah. Uh, next up, Sean O'Malley. Uh, this fight, it's pretty much going to exclusively play out on the feet. I can't imagine if anyone's going to go for a takedown, I think it's going to be Munoz, but he hasn't uh, done that. He hasn't landed a takedown in his last eight fights. O'Malley wow. obviously isn't a guy to really go for takedowns, hasn't landed one in his last seven. So in a fight on the feet, am I going to trust one of the better prospects in terms of boxing uh, we've seen in a while with a five-inch height advantage, seven-inch reach advantage, and a uh, plus 4.74 strikes landed per minute ratio. And his last five wins by have been by KO or TKO. Or do I trust a fighter with all the disadvantages in that? Has a negative strikes landed per minute uh, ratio and has no finishes since 2009. 19, sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with the Sugar Show. 16 or no. Here we come. Yeah, a lot of people excited about it. Now, you know, I also get a little bit offended when they say it's his toughest test. It's very disrespectful to our to friend uh, yeah, Cheeto Vera. Right. I agree. I agree. Maybe we didn't know that Cheeto would be as good, but, like, come on. Yeah, I think uh, I think Cheeto Vera is definitely a tougher test. I, I also do think it's funny every Sean O'Malley fight week, people talk about him potentially getting, like, his legs snapped because he's so skinny and obviously... The, uh, Do people talk about that? I uh, yeah. I guess because he had the. I've seen a few people. Yeah, you can't trust his legs. Things like that. Uh, anyway, let's keep it rolling. Robbie Lawler. Uh, this one. Wow. Normal fight card. I probably wouldn't be betting this one, but it's International Fight Week. We are forced to have a bet on uh, every single fight. That's on this the rule, card. right? It's the rule. If you don't abide by it, I mean, you're just you're not yeah. in the International Fight Week spirit. If we're being totally honest. 
Lawler, I know he's getting up there in age. The fiasco with uh, Nate Diaz last time out. I I do know that he he dropped a round of that, uh, according to a couple of the judges in that fight. Uh, I just felt like that was a very weird fight. It almost felt like Lawler was kind of being cautious with everything that was going on. And four before that, I mean, he he lost his last four. Although the Ben Askren fight, uh, he looked pretty phenomenal before. Uh, you know, the tap out there. But he got taken down in 17, 17 times in those four fights. Brian Barberena ain't taking this thing to the ground. I think it's just going to be a hectic back-and-forth striking affair. The crowd going nuts. Uh, you know, a legend in Robbie Lawler, a guy who's been around a long time, and Brian Barberena just going at it. I think it's going to be a close decision. At the time when I took it, Robbie Lawler was the dog. I want to have that in a fight that I think is going to be close like this. Uh, and, I mean... Skill-wise speaking, I think Robbie Lawler is the much better fighter, but obviously uh, he's much older, so I think that makes it a more even fight, and I think it's going to be very close, but I'm going to hope that uh, Robbie Lawler gets it done for me here. No love to the uh, the lunchbox guy. Yep, no love to the lunchbox guy. Yeah, no, bam, bam, lunchbox, you got it up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, next up, we are also in agreement on this one. Alex Pajera, I will take him uh, money line. Another fight that I may not bet if it's on a normal card just because the unknowns going into it. If you're betting Sean Strickland, you're probably assuming that he's going to go for takedowns. If you're betting Alex Pajera, uh, you're assuming he can either avoid those or land a power shot on Sean Strickland. I'm just going to make the assumption that I think, uh, you know, the glory double champ is going to be able to land something here, uh, maybe wobble him or avoid the takedowns uh, to at least try to get a decision if he can't get him out there. I mean, he's obviously the better striker here, definitively more power, speed, height, reach. Probably the only thing Strickland has going for him is the volume uh, and the pace that he is able to put on him. But Pereira in that third round against uh, Bruno Silva, I thought he was impressive. I mean, he clearly pulled away from the fight in that round. That could be speaking to Silva's uh, gas tank, but uh, I trust him in the third round. I'm going to trust him in this fight, not overconfidently in it. But like we said, we're having a bet on every uh, yeah single fight on this card. So we will be rolling with Alex Bajeda. Perfect world. He knocks out Strong Strickland. Adesanya knocks out Cannonier. We get that crazy title fight. Adesanya, Bajeda 3. Oh, man. I want to see Bajeda versus uh, Adesanya. That would be fantastic, especially to see in a UFC octagon. All right, let's get into the co-main okay, and the main okay. event. We're getting Sorry. kind of wacky here All right. in the co-main. I'm going with Alex Volkanovsky. I'm biased. We know this. The trilogy. I'm going to continue to get, to ride with the guy that already has two in the bank. Uh, I think you said something similar on Monday. I think he's just continuing to make improvements uh, in his game. He just impresses me every single time he comes out, where Holloway is probably bringing in a very similar skill set that he had in the last fight. Not saying that's a skill set that isn't unbelievable. I mean, look at his last two fights. He's landed like 800 significant strikes over the last two fights. I mean, he's unbelievable. Uh, but I just think Volkanovski, he is continuing to level up. He's already beaten him twice. Um, and I think he gets it done here for a third time. I think it's going to be another close decision, um, which is why. Too juicy not to. New York Rick showed me this line. I had to take it. Max Holloway by split decision right now on DraftKings at plus 1,100. Uh yeah, I just felt like in a razor thin fight, we've seen uh, the judges, you know, these very close fights. We've we've seen a lot of split decisions lately. Would not be surprised if this one goes to a split decision. I feel like if Holloway's right. going to win, it's going to be by decision. Yeah, that's going to be tough. That is going to be tough. I hope that it's just decisive. Obviously, I do too. I, I really I, do like, too. Or, or you know what? I sh- maybe I should say definitive, right? Like I don't. I just don't want us on Monday to be talking about. This guy robbed this, that, like, just a clear-cut winner. I hope there's a finish. I hope someone Oh, that would be the best. That, that would, would be, be the just best. like... That would be the best. And also, if it's... Here's the thing. 
I feel like people aren't talking about like if Holloway wins, are they going to do a fourth one? Like, wouldn't? Uh, yeah, I think you would have. Who to, just right? opened up a Steve Weiser back there? What's going on? <laughs> Steve Weiser. I'm gonna have to use. What's that. happening over there? Uh, um, is it vacation time? I mean, July Fourth coming up. If he wins, if Holloway wins, do they run it back a fourth time? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's crazy. It's absolutely. You think they wouldn't? No. I mean, they're giving him a th- you don't think they would. They're giving him a third one off of two losses. They wouldn't give Volkanovski another match after. Oh, no, no, no. I, I actually think they are. It's just a crazy thought. No, yeah. I mean, especially if someone wins by finish. If Volk wins by finish, it's done. Trilogy over. He puts the stamp on it. He moves on, closes the door for Max Holloway. Max Holloway wins by finish. It's time to go for a fourth one, without a doubt. Man. I think even by decision, yeah. I think if Holloway wins, there's a fourth one. If Volkanovski wins, shut and close case. Yeah. By the way, what do you think of the Josh Emmett stuff? The fight? Like, I, I, you think he gets the, the winner if, if Volkanovski oh, wins? Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do next, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I feel like, no. I feel like the fight is Emmett versus Allen. That would be a fantastic Nine versus five. Fight, that would Do it be at the end of the year. Fight. Yeah, whoever wins gets the right. shot. Yeah. I mean, who knows where we're going to go here? I mean, yeah. Holloway could win. Who knows? All right. I got to just say, I'm so excited for this fight because this, oh to me, God. like represents the best of MMA. And also, to Holloway's point earlier this week, regardless, like, I, I don't know where MMA fighting has him. I could look it up right now, but he's got to be in the top 10, Holloway. Obviously, I, I have Volk as number three. I think you can make a case at number two. I think you can even make a case if you want at number one. Usman been champion a little bit longer. Point is, he's a top three, um, you know, he's a top three pound for pound fighter. I don't think anyone has him below three, correct? And then you have Holloway, who's a top 10. It's very rare to have two top 10 guys yeah. fighting for a belt in their division and they're worthy of it. It's not like someone's getting it. You know, by some weird way, it's all like so. You know, like yeah. this is this is special stuff. Oh, this is incredibly very special, stuff. special. I mean, the the ten rounds that we've seen so far are so, you know, very close that we're having a third one despite one guy winning the first two. According to the UFC official rankings, Holloway is sixth, Volkanovski is two. That's where they rank them pound for pound. I mean, you said it. This is one of those fights that, like, I'm going to be on pins and needles. I'm going to be pacing around, like, breathing heavy, like, all excited, shaking my hands out Big. and stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm going to be hyped up when this when this thing is getting ready to start. It's it's going to be sick. I cannot wait. By the way, did you see the clip they posted yesterday of them saying hi to each other outside? No, I, I actually didn't. They they I think they were outside the uh, the HQ Performance Institute, and they it's just like, oh, God, it's freaking great. I love I, it. I did. I uh Wednesdays are usually the night I, I, I watch the countdown. I get all yeah. caught up on Embedded tonight. Uh, yeah, so hopefully I'm gonna. By the way, I'm gonna see all that stuff. What about uh, what about the fact that Max never says his name? I'm sticking by this one. The fact that you said that. This is what I said. The fact that you said that you were like, nah, you never yeah. say his name, and then he was just like, nah. Uh, vo- vo- no, nah, he didn't even say that. He was like, nah, I say his name. He's like, I refer to people as him and her. You know. Uh, yeah. Have you noticed? I haven't noticed until you said that, but like the fact that he wasn't just like, what do you mean I don't say his name? Alexander Volkanovsky, there you go. Like, yeah, I feel like he like, yeah, it's just like sticking with him. He doesn't want to say his name. I don't know what that's all about. I don't mean, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. All right, here's the recap of the singles. I've got 12 singles in play. Uh, this is easily the most units I'm going to have wagered. So uh, hopefully it's a winning week. Hopefully it's not just an awful week and we just continue this run. Hopefully it's a winning week. Either way, we're going to have fun doing it. There's singles number two, and then very quickly, very briefly, uh, three parlays with you here. 
First one, Macy Barber. I think Wait, you did. didn't give us a main event one. Well, my main event is in parlays. Oh, you're not going straight up? I can't really. I mean, Adesanya, Adesanya's minus 400. And then, like, I, so I took an alt line on him by KO decision at minus 260, uh, which is, like, the best, best I could get, unless I was going to decisively decide if he was going to win by finisher or by decision. Um, so, yeah, I put him into parlays. I have him in two parlays. This one, Macy Barber, I think she, she finds success against Jessica. I gets a win. Adesanya by KO decision. I just think he is levels above Jerry Cannonier. I feel like he's been watching him for a while. I think Cannonier's only path to victory is, you know, that one perfect shot KO power and what does Adesanya do very well? Avoid the power. Um, he's not going to go for takedowns. He has two takedowns in 13 UFC fights. I I just I, I think Adesanya is, is going to win this fight on Saturday. He has no submissions, and Jerry Cannonier has never been submitted, so I was happy to take the price cut uh, using the by KO or decision prop. All right. Uh, super chalk parlay. Uh, chalk donkey, proud of it. Uh, Volk Holloway, over one and a half. Adesanya Cannonier, over one and a half. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw finishes in either, but I do think they go a little bit later. So I'm happy to take this, minus 193. Yep, juiced up. Uh, still happy to take it, though. And then third one, this is actually a... Uh, a parlay we decided on no bets barred with the help from Rick and Jed Mishu. Uh, it was our three most confident picks. Rick's most confident pick, Macy Barber. Mine, Andre Muniz. And then uh, Jed's and Israel Adesanya. And right now on DraftKings, that pays out at plus 141. So uh, Adesanya, Muniz, and, and Barber will definitely be my heaviest exposures this weekend. So I'll be cheering pretty hard for them. I love it. Uh, and then got to shout out the MMA Hour, DraftKings League. We are doing one league this week. Okay. Brought to you by DraftKings. 300 people. They upped the ante for us. We got to prove ourselves. I'm about to tweet the link as we speak. Just tweeted it. The link has been tweeted. Uh, go join it. 300 people. One league to rule them all. Whoever wins gets the shout out. Top 75 people get paid out. Uh, shout out to DraftKings for giving us 300 people. Hopefully we don't let them down and uh, only like 62 join. So uh, I'm going to start pushing the league pretty heavy on the back end of this week. I look forward to it. And uh, maybe I'll meet a lot of these people at our meetup on uh, Friday at the Aria Sportsbook. Shout out to them. The Aerial Sportsbook is what they should nickname Yeah, the Aerial. I didn't even think of that. Man, you're good. That's why they picked it. Now I get it. That's why they picked it. Uh, one quick thing for your approval. Yes. Uh, I just looked up the cheapest trophies on uh, Amazon for our contest. We can get this bad boy free engraving, too. Wow. That's not bad. A little under $10. What else? That's it. Oh, there's just one I thought I was getting a few options. A little mm-hmm, ABC. No. Okay. Is I, like that it. A, is that I mean, what yes is that? No question. It's a fish, but there's no real like fighting ones or like big big. Yeah, no, ones. I like that. I think it's perfect. The fish is perfect. It's the year of the fish. Oh, there it is. Oh, this is perfect. Yes, it is the year of the fish. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then it's set. No, in stone. how do you think? What, what? Why would it be the year of the fish? You think I know these things? You think I, just I made know that these up. things? No, I just made it up. Actually, it is the year of the fish. It is not the year of the fish. Is that true? Yes. Why would I lie? You're such a liar. I, actually, I know why you would lie. What about these $100 bills that I have here? I've been paid off. By the way, clip this off. I've been paid off by WWE. Paid off. Read it and weep. I'm happy I wasn't on camera there. Yeah, I was going to say can you, Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Is that it? That's it, man. That's. Uh, I mean, it's a lot. That's all we've got to bet on every single When's play. the new pod out? No bets barred? 
Uh, it should be out this evening. I say definitively our best episode yet. New York Rick joined us, helped us along the way. 90 minutes. We go through every fight. We have some fun. Uh, well, he'll be very happy that you're paying him a compliment. He's been very sensitive as of late, so I think it's uh, <laughs> thinks everyone's ganging up on him. So perhaps we'll hear. I don't know if he's showing up. Uh, he was supposed to be here today because of the big press conference, Tommy Fury and Jake Paul. I wonder if anyone's going to ask me about that because I have some thoughts. I would imagine they're going to. You think so? I don't know. People like to pretend like they don't care. Why didn't Ooh. JP uh, come in studio? I saw him running around on yeah. Pier 17 or something. We might have made the, you know... Basically, what I was told. Can I tell you what I was told? Yeah, I wish straight you up. Please, please do. I'm too good at my job. That's what I was told. I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I said, too many. Que- you're going to ask too many questions right now. Oh, that's what they said. And I said, you're you know too much what? Of an instigator, you pry too much. As unhappy as I am, I respect the honesty. You know, leading up to this uh, this Volk fight, no. Uh, Adelaide Crows on the desk anymore. Well, we put it off to the side because we knew, you know, the in-studio guest was coming. So we had to clear things out. These are Joe's orders. Um, but I do think it's time to answer some questions. So don't <laughs> yes, go please do. Get me too far uh, because we've got to get to some questions here. Time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. It's time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA fans. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has arrived. Eric to told me to F off. Himself, Ariel Helwani. Why would he say that? Live I said. From the Box Studios in beautiful New York City, <laughs> it's on the nose. And now, to answer your questions, get out of your seats and on your wow. feet because. He's throwing ultimatums my way. Ariel Threats. Helwani. This is scary. Any thoughts on uh, Jalen Brunson signing with the uh, New York Knicks or what? I thought maybe there was a Move of the century. Move of the cinch, I said. Uh, We do have some breaking news right off the top here, Frank. I just want to let you know. Uh, El Cubano is kicking us off. Hola, Ariel. If I told you that at UFC 276, the last three matches of the night, Adesanya Kananir, Volkanovski, Holloway 3, Strickland, Pejeda, ended with one knockout, one sub, one decision. How does each match end and who wins? Also, I'd love to hear New York Rick and GC's take on this as well. Viva Hiawani. Hmm. Uh, one decision, I'll go, man, this is tough. Because I was going to go, man, I was going to go one knockout. This is tough. GC, you hear this? It's the top three fights. Top three fights, one oh, knockout, one yeah. sub, one decision. Easy. No, it's not easy. Strickland takes him down, gets a submission, Volk decision, Adesanya knockout. Oh, wow. So you're going against your pick. Oh, if there was going to be a submission, I think that's how it would happen. Okay, all right. I was going to say Pajeda knockout, but then you're left with a sub in the top two, and I don't think we're getting that. Although we did get a Geary sub. So you're saying, yeah, I think you're right. Strickland, sub, knockout, Izzy, decision, Holloway, Max. Excuse me, Holloway, Volk. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Is New York Rick here? No, he's not going to be able to make it. Oh, okay, sorry. Seems to be quite active. Sorry. Uh, Mark, greetings, Ariel. Each day I'm hoping to see a heavyweight title update, and I think maybe, just maybe, I found a Stipe update. In Justin Barrasso's recent article, oh, here's New York Rick, Adesanya sub. Ooh, Volk decision, Pajera KO. Man, Adesanya sub? I mean, he's been talking about it. That'd be bananas. Could happen. Would be, what is Adesanya versus uh, Kenny Nears sub? What would that be? 
Uh, it's got to be last plus. I saw was plus fourteen hundred. Wow, really? Damn. Run with that. Uh, he said Miacic will be in Vegas over the coming days, and with two seventy six this Saturday, the possibility also exists that his next fight is announced with opponents ranging from Jones, Gan, Tuivasa, and an interim title bout. No, his fight is not going to be announced. What are you talking about? First of all, Gan and Tuivasa have to fight each other September third, and uh, I've heard nothing on the Jones front. Now, could something happen between now and Saturday? Sure, but I've heard zero talk of that. They ain't talking about it for September tenth. Uh, that would be the next pay per view that needs so. Maybe MSG is what I would say. November, they wanted it in July. Maybe MSG, but no, I've heard nothing of that. Josh, hola, Ariel. First time, long time. Question, why such hype around International Fight Week? I'm from Australia, and aside from this card being stacked from top to bottom, it doesn't stand out in any other way. Yes, plenty of talent, quite a focus on International Fighter, but it's the same time zone, same cost, same promotion as your regular pay-per-view, isn't it? I feel like the UFC roster is deep enough to make each pay-per-view as strong as this one more often and do less fight nights during the year. For me, I think we should call this the don't hold back card as it's one of the small handful of amazing cards UFC puts out per year. I feel like the hype around this being International Fight Week doesn't actually cut through to an international audience. Thoughts, Josh, in Australia. So here's the thing. I talked about this earlier. They started International Fight Week 10 years ago, and there was a period there in the beginning where they had the expo, the fan expo, and that was a really big deal. Um, and it felt like a big deal. And they tried to put a big fight. The first one was Chael versus Anderson. You had Weidman versus Anderson as well. Connor fought a couple times. So they made it feel like a big deal, but it wasn't just about the fight. It was about the expos, about the festivities, about the meet and greets, about the signings. And then over time, they added a second card on either the Friday or the Sunday. And then at one brief period, they had three cards, which was way overkill, but they just tried to make it a little special. So uh, now they also have the Hall of Fame. Uh, so it feels big. And it actually feels like the return, because they did International Fight Week last September because everything got screwed around because of COVID. This feels like the first like big International Fight Week in quite some time. And I would say even dating back to like pre-ESPN era because they don't have the expo per se, but they're doing this UFC X thing with a ton of fighters. They've got a media row. It feels like five, six years ago where they had the expo and all the stuff going on, a bunch of events. It just feels like a culmination, a celebration, a big card, a great card. Um, there used to be like a f international fight week curse where they were always losing the main events and the big fights, but I hope that doesn't happen. Remember, they were supposed to get the Max Holloway, Brian Ortega fight, but that got canceled. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. Then the Yoel Romero and the, um, Amanda Nunes fight got canceled. Uh, it just we don't need to talk about any of that. So so far so good. We've just lost one big fight, and that's the Misha Tate fight. And so I think they're keep. It's a great marketing thing. Um, they've got the X. They've got the Hall of Fame. So feels worthy. But yes, if you look at the actual card itself, top to bottom, it's just your very good UFC pay per view. It's worth the money. Big time fights. Big time fighters. Um, if you're just looking at that, nothing more, nothing less. Yes, I can understand why you think this is weird. But if you're going there and all the stuff and there's a bunch of activities, then it feels like International Fight Week. Marketing, baby, marketing. Uh, Max, hello, Ariel. Can you or any member of the team, GC maybe, describe the model of betting in the United States to me as a German? Over here, the odds are like maybe 1.2 for the favorite and, for example, 3.0 for the underdog, which means if you bet on the favorite and he wins you will get your bet times 1.2. And if you bet on the underdog, you will get your bet times 3.0. Uh, 
The whole thing with minus 300 and plus 250 gets me confused every single time. Greetings from Germany, my man. What would you say to this nice German fellow, GC? Yeah, so I like actually just recently discovered the European odds, and they and they do make a ton of sense uh, <laughs> compared to the American odds. Yeah, like the minus 100, or I mean like minus 200, plus 150. Ours is on a scale of betting $100, whereas theirs is like on a scale of betting $1. Interesting. I kind of like that better. Yeah, so like if you bet $1, you would win, like in his example, $1.20 on the underdog, uh, or that's what it would return. So you would win $0.20, cents, and then $3, you, or 3 whatever the odds he said was, if you bet $1, it would return $3, yeah. so you're profiting too. Yeah. I kind of like that better than ours, honestly. But uh, what, Do you know when this started, the plus 300 uh, minus? What? Early 1900s. Really? I mean, sports, sports betting has been around for a quite some time i think it was 1908 also the year of the fish mm, thank you uh i'm really shocked that you've never gone to vegas like for march madness or anything like that feels never like right been. up your alley I've, I've already marked my words i have stamped it in stone i will be at international fight week next week next year oh you're, you're are you having a little fomo oh i'm having big time fomo it's not too late it's too late early flight tomorrow morning see you there it's, it's too late too late all those winnings, plus 30 yep. units? Yeah. <laughs> that was spent in Europe. All right, fine. Uh, good morning from Idaho, Israel. Hot tag. Thoughts on Dana White's recent comments on Nate Diaz regarding that he's only won one fight in five years. Womp, womp. And that he probably should go on and fight Jake Paul. That's a fight that makes sense, quote unquote. Also, thoughts on the recent controversy with WWE Vince McMahon. Rumors of Triple H leaking the story. Come on. That's just crazy. I'm not going to entertain that. Thank you as always. Um, yes, Dana said uh, to the Mac Life, to Oscar Willis, when it was going back, they were going back and forth last week. And uh, I'm so tired of the story. I can't tell you how tired I am of the story. Nate Diaz and the UFC want to be in business with each other. Just sign the freaking deal and we can all move on with our lives. This, please, come and go and this and then and trying to devalue. And, and, and Please, for the love of God, there's great business to be made. There are big fights. Do Diaz versus Poirier September 10th, then do the, if Diaz wins, or even if he loses, have him fight Connor, maybe have him fight, uh, I don't know, Masvidal again, Tony Ferguson, whatever. But this back and forth is nonsense. No one believes that Dana will let him go fight Jake Paul. No one believes that Dana doesn't want to be in the Nate Diaz business because they would have let him go a very long time ago if that was the case. It's all nonsense. It's all just bluster. It's, it's, it's silly. There's a deal sign the deal, make the deal. It's a very, it's, 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 it's profitable. It's smart. It's lucrative. Just make it happen for the love of everything that is sacred and holy enough already enough. We got to move on. And yes, of course, uh, it's, it sucks to hear this type of stuff. It sucks to hear the, oh, you know, he's, He's he's won one fight in five years because they're going to turn it around when he comes back and, and and fights Poirier. No one will say that sort of thing. You never want to see a promoter devalue a fighter. But this is the game, and it's not the first time, and it won't be the last time. And this has been going on way too long. We got to move on. Uh, Killian, hello, Ariel. How much more would Max Holloway have to accomplish to surpass BJ Penn as the greatest Hawaiian MMA fighter of all time? I mean, BJ won two belts in two different weight classes. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, let's start there, right? 
He went up, interim belt, didn't win it. I mean, BJ has an incredible legacy, um, respectfully. I mean, Max is incredible, but I don't think he's there quite yet. If you want to start somewhere, second belt would be the place to start. Otherwise, hard to... And, and BJ wasn't the biggest dude. Also, BJ fought like all the way up to 205 plus. Uh, Bella, Ariel, if Volk beats Oliveira, if Volk beats Oliveira, I mean, okay, I guess if Volk moves up, how would you compare the significance of the win to other title wins when fighters became champions in different weight classes? For example, DC beating Stipe, becoming double champ and being the greatest heavyweight champ of all time, or Couture beating Chuck in his prime. In addition, because we are talking hypotheticals, how would Jones beat Ngannou compared to those wins? Man, uh, much love and appreciation. Greetings from, Bel uh, from Berlin. A lot of uh, Germans on uh, today's segment of On the Nose. Uh, Volk beating Oliveira, to me, would not be as big as DC beating Stipe because Oliveira isn't the decorated champion yet that Stipe was when DC beat him. Um, Jones going up and beating Ngannou would be a huge deal, especially if he stopped him. Like That would be a massive deal, in my opinion. Ngannou hasn't experienced that. So... Volk's size would make it super impressive because he's a smaller guy. Uh, but of those three, I would probably rank them DC beating Stipe, Jones beating Nganu, and then uh, Volk beating Oliveira. Uh, Angela, my good friend, shout out to Scotland. Shout out to Celtic FC. I have the jersey right over there. We had to move it because of the in-studio guest. Hi, Ariel. You know how much the show's become part of my weekly routine. You're like part of the family at this point. Wow, thank you. I appreciate it. I have dinner with you every Monday and Wednesday evening. I appreciate it. I hope you're having some haggis, perhaps? The show got me through lockdown, introduced me to new people in a community that I've grown very fond of. How does it feel for you and the team on the MMA Hour and the other shows that you do, knowing that you have such a huge and positive impact on people? And what does it mean to have this job that is ultimately a part of a larger community? Have a great trip to Vegas. Wow, what a nice questions, statements, sentiment. Uh, it's incredible. And I really feel like I was thinking about this recently. I don't know what it was about the last year and the departure from ESPN, but I'm assuming a lot of the people who I know now um, have been around, have been following for quite some time, but it feels like for one reason or another, we created this connection and this friendship that wasn't there beforehand. And I don't know why that happened now, but I'm very, very thankful. Like a lot of these people, including Angela, don't realize how much they helped me. Uh, the support, the positive vibes, the affirmation, the, the love, all that stuff means as much to me as whatever I provide to you. And I've always said that what I feel is most important about this role and this job is being an escape valve for people. So during the lockdowns and the pandemic early on, I really wanted to be an escape for people. I didn't want to talk about, you know, COVID and, and because I wanted people to be, you know, either in their room or on a walk or exercise something and just thinking about something else. Like I remember listening to some of my favorite podcasts and all they were talking about was this depressing stuff and there's enough places to get that. So I wanted to be an escape valve for other people. Now, sometimes there's times where you have to talk about the serious stuff and the the tough stuff, but I just didn't want to harp on that right now. Now, we had to talk a little bit about the shows moving and the fights and all that, but for the most part, I wanted to have fun. Um, I wanted to be an escape, and I've always had that uh, that approach. I've always had that belief that we need to be an escape. Sports are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be 
um, something that lets you, you know, think about other things, um, be a distraction. And what a gift that I have that I'm able to provide. I could be, like, if someone is in their car, if someone's on a walk, if someone's having a crappy day, if someone's trying to pass the time, if someone wants to think about something else, they could choose a million different things on this device, on this device, on, you know, their car, whatever. And they, and 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 if you're going to choose me, like, what, what a huge honor that is. What, I mean, what a privilege that is. And so that honor and that privilege um, and that decision means a lot to me. And I feel like... Uh, I need to deliver and I need to, you know, give a good product and uh, produce some great content for everyone. And that's why I take the job so seriously. And and it's why I've often said, I feel like I work for the people, you've had my back, you know, everything that's happened over the years, the good, the bad, the the job changes, the, the, the highs, the lows. It's just, I, I've always said, I, I feel so lucky that I've had this connection with so many people um, from all over the world, not just here in America, um, but in Europe, in Australia, uh, in um, in South America, I mean, all over the world. It's really been incredible. I feel very, very lucky, very fortunate. Great people like Angela, who always tweet about the show, who always post things on Instagram about the show. A lot of the people that we're going to be meeting, hanging out with this weekend, like this stuff is very important for me because honestly, if we didn't have these people in our lives, if I didn't have this connection with these listeners, viewers, fans, uh, I don't think this would be as fun. Um, I, I consider these people friends, acquaintances, and uh, I actually used to like be very particular about who I follow on Twitter and this and that, and uh, I wanted there to be like some sort of, you know, guard up. And uh, my my Twitter experience has actually become a lot better now that I've started to follow a lot more of the quote unquote fans because they're just regular good people as opposed to some of the schmucks that you may follow who are the quote-unquote famous ones. Those people suck. These people are the cool people that uh, I want to see what they're talking about or uh, how their days are going and things of that nature. So I don't know. I, I don't take it too seriously. I don't overthink it, but I do take seriously the um, gift of being an escape. That's very, very important um, and why I try to produce as much content and good content for the people. Being that escape for people who are having tough days, tough weeks, um, tough stretches, and they can listen to us, uh, they can go on a plane and just close their eyes and listen. Like, that's a huge, huge privilege. And uh, I take that very, very seriously. And it means a lot to me. And so when I get feedback like this, it, it really does. It means a lot. I appreciate it. Newman, hello, Ariel. Hello, Newman. First, I want to welcome GC back from his trip. How nice. His tape segments from across the pond were incredible. What a great addition he has been to the show. I agree. One of your recent shows a few weeks ago, you hinted at a big fight that we've been waiting for being added to August 20th, which is being held in the great cultural melting pot known as Salt Lake City. I haven't seen or heard anything about it. Can you elaborate any more on this? No longer happening. Maybe September 10th. Maybe September 10th, but not August 20th anymore. Welcome back, Ariel, Matt Mo. I hope you had a great time in Montreal last week. I had a phenomenal time, especially seeing my parents and especially the gathering that I had with my uh, longtime friends last Wednesday. I'm still on a high after all of that. Uh, I hope you had a great time in Montreal. Hopefully you hit up a Timmy's after Notre Beauf de Grasse and got to try Justin Bieber's new Timbits, the Timbeebs. They've been a big hit. In Canada, I did not try them. In fact, I didn't go to Timmy's, and I apologize for that. 
After hearing GC talk about his subpar Bellator experience on Monday, I have some constructive criticism for the company as well. On Friday's prelims for Bellator 282, um, in the fight between Lara Joanne and Alejandra Lara, there was a huge amount of confusion with their uniforms. Lara was wearing all blue with red gloves, while Joanne was wearing all red with blue gloves. Meanwhile, the broadcast references fighters by glove color, not uniform color. You can see how this causes confusion and a very negative viewership experience. During grappling exchanges, when the gloves were hidden, someone just tuning in would literally not be able to tell which side or team is which, as they would naturally assume the color on the broadcast is referring to the uniform color, not the glove color. Interesting, yes. You can see how this would be confusing. Next time you talk to Scott Coker, please tell him to stop displaying fighters by glove color if their uniform is the opposite opponent's glove color. Bonus, what is your favorite Leonard Cohen song? Uh, By the way, uh, I think that that is a great point. I think it's probably an anomaly, but I think that that is a great point, and uh, I bet that they would say, yeah, you know what? You're right. Now, Leonard Cohen, the legend from Montreal, there's a great mural right next to MBG that I took a picture of. Uh, It's incredible. It's like he's watching over the entire city. Did you post that? I did post it, yeah. That's weird. That's weird. I heard it was a and you don't even me was it do you? I heard it was a Sing it with me. You know, he has other songs, right? Uh, wait, he asked me for my favorite song. Oh, I didn't realize that was... Oh, yeah, what do you want? You want me to name like 10? Uh, hallelujah. Okay, name your favorite song. Hallelujah. All right. That is your favorite? Yeah. All right. Now you're being all snobby. Here's a question. Can you name a second one? Uh, Jordan, hello, Ariel from England. Just wondering what your interactions with John Cape Copenhaver, a.k.a. War Machine, were like. I was recently watching a documentary about him, and you featured in it, interviewing him on a small regional show. Wow. This made me think also about how early in your career you say you went to every show. This just proves it. Was that a small? I, I think I, I, w- I would go to some small shows in Vegas when I was there. Um, I didn't go to every single show, that's for sure. My interactions with him were always fine. Um there was one time that both he and Christy Mack were on together, and that's been used in other places. Um, yeah. I don't know what that doc Is there a documentary about War Machine? I, I saw the real sports story on him. There's a pretty popular YouTube channel called JCS. I think it stands for Jim Can't Swim. And okay. And he did a whole thing on War Machine. It was actually a little bit over an hour. Really? Yeah, and that channel has had some issues lately, like YouTube taking them down for content of all things. Okay. It's usually just like a true crime kind of thing. But he does it. I thought he did a really good job, and he does use some of your segments back with Fox and everything that were used um, tastefully, I thought. Wow. Okay. Um, I've not seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah. Um, embarrassingly, I've seen it more than once. Wait, the documentary? This video that I'm talking about, yeah. You've watched it multiple times? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's, um, I don't want to call it entertaining, but it's uh, informative. I don't know. It's interesting. And that, like, I showed it to my wife. And we're in it. The show's in it. The show's in it, yeah. Wow. Old school. Very old school. Uh, but anyway, I, uh, I didn't have, I mean, obviously, 
what happened reprehensible, horrific, just, just, I mean, what can you say? Every bad word in the book. Uh, but as far as my interactions with him, there was never anything that was alarming. Um, Patrick, favorite segment of the week, two quick questions. Ariel, what's more likely this weekend? You taking pictures with Ali or taking a picture with DC and RC? I would say the latter. GC, welcome back. When you're making your critically acclaimed videos and memes, how many times do you smirk thinking about Ariel saying, how did he do this as soon as he sees it? None. Wow. I do smirk a few times as I'm going through it, though. I mean, it's good stuff. You cooking up anything for IFW? <laughs> Might have a thing or two. In wow. The Wait, I mean, I could call the night off and just come over. Whoa. Nah, I'm just joking. Mm. Getting a new uh, pizza on, uh, what on kind? Saturday. Uh, it's a restaurant in Brooklyn, Crispy Pizza. Hmm. Big hit on Instagram. looks amazing. Oh, I've seen this with a K. Yes, yeah. Yes, I've seen this. <laughs> Wait, that's an actual place? Yeah. I've even yeah, it's only like 15 now. minutes from my crib. I'm, I'm going. It's a big deal? Uh, it looks amazing. Frank, oh, white I, pizza, one chicken yeah, bacon ranch. The ranch. Uh, I'm still on my Italy kick. I think the drink of choice, some limoncello spritz. Limoncello spritz uh, I mean, nice. it's a full Italian night pizza, limoncello spritz. Is... One bite, everyone knows the rules? Uh, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, sure. Uh, uh, by the way, I didn't ask you this. Best meal you had in Europe? Oh, man, this is actually a uh, a really crazy one. It was in Florence, Italy. Okay. Uh, and it was uh, uh, curry, shrimp, and rice. Very curry, not Italian. Shrimp and rice. Interesting. Why? Best, why, why one that? of the best meals I've ever had in my life. It was just so good. Like it was just unbelievable. I it was so good. I took a picture with the owner, this small eighty year old Italian man, and I was like, I had the curry, shrimp, and rice, and he was like, I own five restaurants. That is always the first thing I put on the menu. It's my specialty. I was like, wow. I mean, I picked a winner. And this was an Italian restaurant. Very Italian. Yes. And you said, I need to meet the owner. I need to shake his hand. Oh, he was walking around. Oh, and okay. then I stopped him and I was like, are you the owner? Oh, uh, yeah. He did the very Italian thing, brought us limoncello shots after the mail. Wow. I, I mean, was expecting was... like pizza here or pasta here. Oh, in Paris, I had an unbelievable truffle gnocchi. That was number two. Wow. Dude, it's that was unbelievable. Man. By the way, it's actually pronounced gnocchi. <laughs> I, I got nervous. I, we went over that before the show. I just got nervous again. Is it really called Ganaki? No, I, I messed that up. My bad. Ganachi. Ganachi? Yes. Um, no, it's gnocchi. Gnocchi. Yeah. Wow, gnocchi's good. I just had, like, had some like three days ago. Yeah, it's tremendous. What about tortellini? Any tortellini? Yeah. You did? Uh, yeah. And, uh, where I was at, where the wedding was at, very big uh, truffle area. And mm. we, at the wedding, there was uh, truffle tortellini. Well, you did the second video. Were you guys staying there? Uh, the wedding party was. My girlfriend was in the wedding party. So, uh, wow. By connection. Jeez. Talk about there. a freeloader. Now, what <laughs> was that? Like, was that like a man? What was that? It was a uh, 18th, 17th century villa. Wow. It was the 1700s. 16th century? No. 18th century villa built in the 1700s. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And how many people were there? Uh, staying there were like 15 to 20. And the thing was huge. It was gigantic. It's incredible. You had your own pool and everything. Pool. It seemed serene. I mean, like paintings on the ceiling. That's like the type of place this place was. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Never be topped. Triple of a lifetime. And you and said there were cats that lived there? 
Oh yeah, very allergic to cats. I did have to. Uh, oh, yeah, I had a lot of cats some, in Europe. Yeah, scare some cats off. Homeless cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, actually, yeah, <laughs> legit homeless cats. I mean, they leave the doors uh, open. Yeah, they'd wander in. I'd have to, yeah, act all crazy. Wow. Um, you went to the Louvre. The Louvre. Did you? You went to the Eiffel Tower. Did you go to the Sistine Chapel? No. Hmm. Did you go to Rome? I don't know where that is. No, the Vatican? I flew out of Rome, so no, I didn't Coliseum? Go to Rome. Nope, didn't go to Rome. Only Did anyone recognize you throughout the <laughs> entire trip? <laughs> no. Not no, a single? No, who's going to recognize me in Europe? I don't... By the way, we're big in Europe. <laughs> no. I was in Montreal. I couldn't go... I mean, I couldn't go five minutes without someone that's your, stopping. That's your hometown, man. Actually, no. No one cares about me in Montreal. Okay. Um, Can I ask a couple of questions? Yeah, go ahead. So who was the uh, camera operator? Oh, That'll stay classified. Thank you. Yeah, you're going to break right. the fourth wall? I mean, You won't even tell everyone your DJ name, but you yeah. want me to yeah, give out my hell? camera people. Yeah, what the hell? It's DJ Frankie Frank. Oh, DJ Frankie Frank? Yep. It's tremendous. Original. The second question, follow-up. The microphone that you were using. Real. I, w- I, want, I was just about to say before you I said the question. I questioned if it was yes, you did. real or not. You 100% did. The question is not a lavalier microphone. And it seemed kind of like a, a gag microphone because it, it was like a miniaturized version of like an SM58, which... Wow, look at that. What a flex that was. <laughs> Big audio you know, guy ju- Just the microphone that JFK gave the inauguration address on. But whatever. So is this a question um, or are you just trying to flex so on the Ariel with your audio knowledge? Where did you get it? Like, did you bring it from the States or did you find it out there? Yeah, I brought it from the States, Amazon. Okay, cool. Nine dollars. Uh, most people use it to interview dogs. The dogs sniff the microphone. So it's awesome. a real funny TikTok trend. Uh, I used it to create uh, what someone called art uh, while I was over. Yeah, there. no, it's tremendous. You just plug it straight into your phone, or so the first one was iPad. Plugged straight into the iPad. Didn't like the framing. Wanted to go wide zoom on my cameraman's phone, so I got a dongle. Plugged nice. it straight in. Yeah. Dongle is a great word. Um, I had just had two other follow-ups, if I may. The first one is, if you can shoot straight with us, what percentage of the shows did you watch? Like, And, and what percentage was live as well? Uh, like, did I, you say, like, you know what, I, I know I'm here, I'm in the middle of, I don't know, Paris, whatever. It's 7 o'clock because they're six hours ahead, right? Six hours ahead. I was six hours ahead the whole trip. Uh, you said dong was a great word. Doesn't translate well. The people when I bought it had no idea what I was talking about. Mm. Shows that I watched, I checked in on every show. Just to see uh, if the, the, the ship was still, you know, yeah, like it's a typically flow. around dinner right. time. I, I turned it on during the wedding. It was a Wednesday night wedding. Wow, uh, really? Wednesday yeah, night wedding. Interesting. Yeah, well, I guess that's what they do uh, over there. Uh, yeah, I turned it on. Uh, when, my, when you were doing the betting segment from France, I was already in Geneva. I was at a bar in Geneva at like 10.30 p.m. when it was airing over here. That was kind of trippy. Wow, that is weird. And you were like, I know these guys. Look at these guys. They're talking about me right now. Uh, no. No, no, one no one was. Yeah, no one cared, unfortunately. I asked if they could put it up on the bar TV. Oh. I had HDMI. Did you really? Uh, yeah, they said absolutely not. Uh, that would have been big. Would have been huge. Would have been huge. All right. Uh, back to the questions. Rami, Ariel, in what order do you get dressed in the morning? This may sound weird, but I put on my underwear first, then my socks second, shirt third, then my pants. Bonus question. When you brush your teeth, do you wet your toothbrush before or after you put the toothpaste on it? Wow. Fantastic stuff. Uh, to answer the second question first, 
I don't wet the toothbrush first. I, I put the toothpaste on it, then I wet the toothbrush, and then I... No? Why? You, you wet it first? What's the point of that? It's just going to slide right off. It's to soften the bristles. No. I mean, that's what it says on the directions to really? the toothbrush. No, I just go straight. What do you do, GC? Uh, yeah, I'm actually toothbrush first, toothpaste. You wet the toothbrush first? And then you yeah. put water on the toothpaste, right? And then it's going to slide right off. No, 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 no. I, and, and then I just go straight straight into the mouth. Straight. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, wait. You go, you go wet the toothbrush, put the toothpaste, then you don't wet it again? No. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, that's, <laughs> I will say historically, this happens to my daughter a lot. Maybe I should explain. She puts the toothpaste on first. Maybe she's following my footsteps. Then she'll put it under the uh, the sink, and then you know, the touch isn't there quite yet. And a lot of times, like you know, the 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 faucet is like at full blast, so we'll just like wipe it all off. You know what I mean? And then we have to do it again. Yeah, that's that's what I fear. And uh, then there's like a big clump in there. I'm I'm very interested to see how you answer question one because I felt <laughs> why is that? I felt the way this guy answered it was pretty pretty chaotic. Uh, really weird. Yes. Okay. So. Yes, of course you put your underwear first, right? Everyone does. Then his socks second is bizarre as hell, right? Do we agree with this? Underwear first. <laughs> I, I think the pants coming last is the most bizarre part. Yeah. You don't leave your pants by the front door? No. Underwear first. Th- I go, this is what I do. Underwear first, shirt second, pants third, socks four. What about you guys? I'm underwear, pants, shirt, socks. Hmm. What about you, Frank? Just uh, put my pants on, then my shirt. Yeah, but what about the rest? I mean, that, that was implied that comes before the shorts or the pants. Why is it so difficult with you all the time? Uh, taco enthusiast. Hey, Ariel, fun and very easy question today. I'm going to my first live MMA event on Friday, PFL in Atlanta. You going to that, GC? Yeah, that's why I'm missing international fight. I'm, I'm curious, why would you go to a UFC event in Atlanta and not PFL? Uh, superior product. And wow. Someone, cl- EK, can you clip that off real go quick ahead, and uh, tag PFL? Uh, since PFL prices are much less cost-wise than UFC events, I'm thinking about splurging on some floor seats. Woo! However, I've heard mixed reviews about floor seats when it comes to actually watching fights. For a fight fan that's purely interested in watching the fights and doesn't care about the scene, do you think floor seats are worth it? What are the best seats to watch a live MMA event? Floor is the best. I mean, if you could get floor, like legit floor, and you're just literally up there watching. Now, if you're floor 10 rows back, no, it's not great. But if you're, you know, one or two rows back, yeah, what's sports. Let me put a PFL here on. Uh, okay. Mm. You can't, I, I just put PFL on StubHub and there are no tickets. Anyway, I hope there's tickets available for you. The point is, if they're affordable, I would get the close-up ones. It doesn't look like a big venue over there. But if it's a big venue, if it's like T-Mobile, actually being in the middle, I think, is good because you don't want to get blocked by the cameraman around the uh, cage. They're actually... Sta- it's. I will say this about MMA, and this is the case for all MMA. It's fun to be there, especially UFC is the best by far. It's not even close. The production, the energy, the vibe is the best by far. It's fun to be there, big event, Vegas, New York, whatever. The energy is great. It's memorable. One or two times, awesome. However, there are some sports that are actually better at home as opposed to in person for just strictly live viewing experience. 
MMA is one of those sports. Football, better at home than in person. Hockey, better in person than at home. Baseball, there's different, like, there's pros and cons, but I would say just the experience is fun. But the act, like, you want to watch the game, TV is better than in person. Basketball, I would also say, basketball is probably the only one that I would say is great both, but obviously in person is awesome because you get to see the athleticism. But for MMA, it's way better at home. Middle, you get to see into the cage, you get to see the screen a little bit, but you'll end up seeing the screen a lot. You'll end up watching the screen a lot, especially when they're on the ground. Uh, Your seats are where on July 16th, GC? Up top, first row. Like, centered up. Like 400s? Mm, 300s. I don't think there is 400s there. Okay. I'm upper level, but I'm first row and centered up. You've been to that arena, right? UBS? I have. Yeah, I heard yeah, it's yeah. great. Great arena. Great arena. I'm looking forward to it. Take the old LIR out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, double R. Trench. Safe Ariel. Safe Ariel. Interesting. What does safe mean? Uh, sort of like hello? Would you like to see more regulation and promotion? Cage Warriors, for example... Promotion, management, and brand sponsors all owned by the CW owner. Oh, don't get me started on this. He's going to get all mad at me. He's going to ban his fighters from talking to me. Wah, wah, wah. He's going to send me mean messages. Do we really want to open this wound? Seems to be if you want to be in the UFC, you have to be under their management and sponsors, which suck. There's a fighter named uh, Dominique Wooding who is talking about these sorts of things right now. I would like to see more of the road to UFC events where local talent could come from other local promotions and not have to get on both knees to these promoters who taking the, who take the piss and locking you in so they can make money off of you um, in their promo and into the UFC. I mean, we've talked about this before. Certain promotions are going to work with certain other promotions. And I, I just don't like, look, call me a stickler. Call me old-fashioned. I don't like when you're a promoter and you work as a manager as well and you're basically taking the fighters from your promotion and then signing them and then bringing them over to the UFC and not wanting to do business with other promotions because that is in the best interest of your fighter. If a fighter says he wants to go sign with this guy, like you have to do that deal. That's your job. You are working for them. They are not working for you. So I don't want to get, you know, I'm tired of telling you. I don't want to talk about it because like these dudes are, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's tiring at this point. There's a lot of shady people in this game. um, And there's a lot of people who take advantage of the fighters. Hola, Ariel. Michael from Australia here. Longtime listener, first-time caller. This is from Michael. Give us your top three stand-up comedians of all time. Keep up the good work. And as always, Viva Hilwani. Top three, man. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, Patrice O'Neill. I really like uh, Sebastian. I can never pronounce his last name. Muskakis or something like that, right? I don't know his last name. But he's very good. Chris Rock. I feel like Frank has a good list. Richard Pryor, legend. I was never a big George Carlin guy. Rodney Dangerfield, legend. But I, I Seinfeld by far my favorite. What about you? For me, it's Bill Hicks, Mark Marin, and then... um. Jim Jeffries right now. Wow. 
You listen to Mark Maron's podcast? You know, I haven't in a few years, but uh, yeah, I used to be really into it. McKinney. Live a couple times. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Ariel, my man, how are you? I enjoyed the discussion you had a few weeks ago regarding the top rap albums of all time and listening to how you weighed in on the matter. Whilst on the topic of charts or lists, who would you say is your Mount Rushmore of TV show characters? I have a feeling Larry David will be one of them, but I'm happy to hear the rest. All the best from Derry, Ireland. Uh, it's a great question. Man, TV show characters. It's funny, I could probably do like a Mount Rushmore of just Seinfeld characters. I mean, George Costanza up there, Frank Costanza up there. This is Frank Costanza. We are moving in lock, stock, and barrel. We're going to be in the pool. We're going to be in the clubhouse. We're going to be all over that shuffleboard court. And I dare you to keep me out. That's it. We're not moving. Uh, Estelle Costanzo, tremendous. Why do you put the bananas in the jello? Because George likes the bananas. That's a good impression right there, right? I mean, is that Best not a good impression ever? Uh, I heard some laughs. Yeah, well, there, everyone's cracking up. Because George likes the bananas. These are supposed to be impressions? <laughs> yes. That's not an impression? My throat is a little. Um, I mean, Kramer was a legend. If, if I'll only take one, I'll take one from uh, Seinfeld and I'll say, uh, George, believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Uh, Fred Savage, all time great, Wonder Years. I and mean, this is mine personally, right? Like, I'm not. Um, Will Smith, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, loved him there. Carlton was great too. Damn, Carlton was great. But Will was just so damn cool. Like when we were in high school, Will was just the coolest. Um, so Mount Rushmore. So I have three there. Fred Savage, Wonder Years, I loved it. George Costanza. Yeah, Larry David would be up there. I'm trying to think. I mean, there's, I mean, Tony Soprano, never saw an episode, but I hear he's great. The other dude from the other show, I hear they're great. There's got to be another one. Frank, you got one? And these are just characters from shows from yeah. Rushmore. Yeah. No, I don't watch enough television, I don't think. GC. I mean, He's too young. Man, I'm in Sopranos. I'm actually about to finish that right now. Uh, Tony Soprano. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Walter White. Breaking Bad, uh, Thomas Shelby, Peaky Blinders, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Larry David. Larry, Larry David. David's pretty great. Larry David. Matt Saracen. Pants. Matt, Matt Saracen, Friday Night Lights. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Love Friday Night Lights. Uh, coach in that show went to Georgia. Shout out to him. Did he? What was his name on the show? Uh, coach coach uh, Taylor. Coach Taylor. His wife was great too. That's a fun question. But for me, top two favorite shows of all time, Seinfeld, Wonder Years. You guys ever see the Wonder Years? A couple episodes. Just a couple? I mean, I think that that shows the, the gap between you and I. It's more for your generation. What are you talking about? We're like the same age. No, I mean, I was a little younger, so. 
GC's never seen The Wonder Years. He's seen the uh, the remake. Uh, I actually don't even know if I've ever heard of The Wonder Years. You're Have you kidding. ever heard of Freaks and Geeks? Yes, of course. Okay. Freaks so and I Geeks would, I would have put actually that seen. Above Wonder Woman. Wow. Wonderful. Wait, you've heard of Freaks and Geeks, GC? I've seen Freaks and Geeks, yeah. Uh, got the star-studded cast yeah, yeah, before their time. Which leads me to this question, Ariel. How much Degrassi Junior High did you watch? N- never really watched it. Never really? watched it. I, I still watch it. With your boy on it? Yeah, it was around, but never really watched it. Uh, watched a lot of You Can't Do This on Television on YTV. The Wonder Years, dude. I, I, you have I've no idea even, what The Wonder Years I've are. I've never even seen this, like anything about this before. Wait. Wow. 8.4 on IMDb. Nice rating. Yo, could you do me a favor and just watch the I mean it's just it's as iconic it as it gets. Uh, watch what you do if I sang out of tune. I mean the wonder to me like that is my adolescence. God, have Still I become think Degrassi for you? No. I've become that guy. I've well, become it's about the Arnold's nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh Abe, Ariel, I think Herb Dean's one of the best around. However, it feels recently fighters slash ex-fighters have nothing good to say about him and he's made a few costly errors like Rosenstrike, Gamagulev, Illegal Knee and some others. Maybe he'd benefit from a break from the high-profile fights. I mean, there aren't that many out there, right? There aren't that many great refs out there. My question is, should fighters be penalized when speaking out directly against an official? Heck no. I hate that. P.S. I think alongside open scoring, MMA should at least have a VAR system and give refs the benefit of instantly reviewing footage when unsure. Some states do that, and it might slow things down, uh, but I don't hate it. Josh, hello, Mario. First time asking for the question. I just want to say thanks for the laughs and memories, as this show has often been the backing track for two years off and on uh, MCAT studying and delivering the mail for Canada Post in grand old Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Still waiting to hear about med school. Good luck to you, Josh. Last week, while you were on break, it came across my Twitter feed that it had been 15 years Since the Chris Benoit tragedy, I was nine years old at the time, and I remember how the news coupled with the death of Eddie Guerrero really changed my WWE fandom from being a super fan into a casual that soon drifted away completely. I haven't watched a full WWE event in at least 10 years, he says. Just wondering what you remember from that tragedy, what your immediate reaction was, and how you feel the Benoit tragedy affected the trajectory of the WWE onwards as they made the transition from 14A to PG-13. I found out about that tragedy from Kurt Angle. There was a period of time Kurt Angle and I were really close. I met Kurt Angle. I was working for a production company, and I wrote a uh, a skit for him. And he took a liking to me, and he said that I reminded him of um, Brian Gewertz, the longtime WWE writer who became you know this huge star with uh, The Rock behind the scenes. Actually, he has a book coming out, and I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, he went to Syracuse, I went to Syracuse, and for whatever reason, uh, Kurt took a lucky to me. And I remember Kurt and I used to talk on the phone for hours, like one to two hours, I swear. He was considering an offer from the IFL, he was considering an offer from Tough, he was in TNA at the time, he had just left WWE, he gave me my first interview on jerrypark.com back in October of 2007, I mean, Kurt and I were super close, and Kurt was the one who texted me and told me about it before the news came out. Told me about it that day. It was on a Monday. He was at a TV taping, a raw taping, and told me about it, and I was in shock. And I remember flying somewhere. I was going somewhere on JetBlue that night, and I watched the raw episode from a plane. And the whole thing was shocking, because at first we didn't know what happened. We thought that 
Benoit and his family were murdered. And then we come up to find out that he murdered his family and then committed suicide. Horrific, shocking, heartbreaking. I mean, just a, a, an absolute insane story. Just insane. And uh, very, very, very hard to come to grips with. And I will say, like Josh, I did stop watching for a very long time after that. Um, I've even talked about that on this show, like how I was totally out not watching. I didn't. Knew, I knew nothing about NXT. I knew nothing about you know what was going on over there. Shinsuke Nakamura and Sasha Banks and Bailey. Like when when that. I remember New York Rick was going to NXT event in Brooklyn, and I knew nothing about it. Um, now, obviously, you know, keep up with it a little bit, but um, yeah, that was just it. Was it was it was hard because you wondered how much wrestling had to do with what happened, um, the pain, the, 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 the physical toll, the CTE, all that stuff. I mean, just uh, as a sports fan, I mean, in, in wrestling, you see a lot of shocking things and a lot of heartbreaking things. This up there, you know, Owen Hart was an absolute tragedy. Uh, this one, also a tragedy, but it was just like, man, he, he did it. Like, just crazy, criminal. Um, very, very tough. Very tough. There's a, there's a Dark Side of the Ring episode on it that's really tough to, to watch as well. But yeah, that's how I found out. Aaron, hey, Ariel. In the spirit of Danny Sabatello cursing up a storm of the show, I'd like to know what your favorite and most used curse word is. Please also relay the question to GC New York Rick and Mysterious Frank. Best regards from Milwaukee, Aaron. Uh, why don't you go first, Mysterious Frank, because I, I noticed that you've been cursing a lot these days. Is that true? Yeah. What do I say? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I I don't feel comfortable saying any of that on the air. No, you don't have to say the. Uh... It's a um like a, a mix around the, the D and the F. Okay. When, joining two words that are not nice. I how do, how do I describe? Yeah, it? it's a yeah. tough one. What about you, GC? Pretty frequent user of the F word. Yeah. I yeah I mix them I mix them all into my daily vernacular. I don't I don't curse so I, don't, I can't really answer the question. Uh, Gary, greetings, Lord Helwani. My question is short. Is there any reason why you haven't had Charles Oliveira on the show during this run? I feel like if he learned more English, he'd be one of the biggest stars in the game here in the U.S. Don't disagree. Of course, he already is in Brazil. Fellow Jew from the Big Apple here, Viva Helwani. Uh, I've probably asked his team five million times for him to come on. And look, he doesn't have to come on. But I will say part of the reason why I don't think he is as big as he could be is because he doesn't do any media. He hardly does any media. Um, so yeah, I asked him before the last fight, after the last fight. Hard guy to pin down. Easy to get him when he was trying to get the title shot. But again, they, you know. but yes, I have asked. It's uh, it's not for a lack of trying, but and and I don't think it's personal that they just say he doesn't want to do media. What can you do? Hello, hello. Uh, this is from hello, hello. And I say hello, hello to you. If Max regains the title, Moreno wins the interim later this month. You think we could see Max, Volk 4, Moreno, Figgy 4 on the same card before the end of the year? Mm, same card? That's kind of cool. Yeah, sure. Why not? That'd be fun. Uh, Edward Sheehan, Ariel, have you any thoughts as to why China has not produced many fighters for the UFC? We have Weili Zhang, Yedong, The Leech as the most prominent fighters, but few else. Coming along, I mean, there's a lot of countries that haven't produced. I mean, just look at, you know, obviously China is gigantic, but um, it's coming along. It's coming along. 
you have a Chinese champion. Uh, we had one. Um, you know, they've got the Institute over there. So I don't know if there's a specific reason why, but, you know, the sport needs to expand. And I know that there's the ties to martial arts, but I'd say it's coming along. Uh, is there a reason why we don't see many East Indian fighters? It's hard to believe that in a country with nearly 1.4 billion people, there wouldn't be fighters coming out left and right. China was a massive market opportunity. India, India has nearly the same population. Very interesting question. Uh, I don't really know what the reason is. Uh, again, it's coming along, but uh, I would just, I would say that the sport was was essentially born here in North America, and then it started to expand out. And this is just part of the expansion. You have to remember also, it was born in 1993, so it's not that old. And we're starting to see it spread to different, like not that long ago, having an Australian champion was insane. New Zealand champion, insane. So I'd say give it, you know, 10, 20 years and you'll start to see a hell of a lot more champions from different countries. Uh, sniffing out solutions, Sir Schnoz, looking for a possible hot take. I want to know who's your most overrated fighter in the UFC. For me, all love and great respect to the man. It would have to be DC. Get the F out of here. What are you talking about? How could you be overrated if you're a two-division champion? Never truly won the light heavyweight belt, BS. Won the heavyweight belt with one punch that he couldn't defend in two later fights. What, what does that mean, he won in one punch? He freaking won the fight. What? Undoubtedly a great fighter, but legacy Hall of Famer, your opinion? Uh, Lewis adds, I believe if DC had considered the full options available to him for his Hall of Fame inductor or introducer, or even if DC comes correct in a speech, sniffing out solutions may reconsider their opinion. Look, uh, I don't know if he's going to mention me. I'm not uh, holding my breath. If he mentions Ryan Clark and not me, I'm leaving. Okay, I just want to tell you that. I'm walking out. Um, but that being said, you got to give the guy props. Won the light heavyweight title. It wasn't his fault that Jones was out. He did what he had to do. And then he goes up and he wins the heavyweight belt against the most decorated champion. And then he's in his 40s and he's hanging with him and their last fight was super close. Get out of here. I, I think you can make a case for Ronda being one of the most overrated fighters. The level of competition wasn't as great and she didn't end up being as good as people were saying at the time. Remember we were talking about her versus Floyd? Remember we were talking about her being Mike Tyson? Come on. Last one. Jesus, superb day to you and your crew, Mr. Helwani. Your betting streak might be ice cold at the moment. Thanks, Jesus. But our show-ending question streak is alive and well, flourishing even. I agree. I hope you're not missing your children too much. And keep in mind that they are probably having a blast on the trip. You're about to make me cry. I just keep thinking, like, what are they doing now? They're, I mean, like, I'm not going to get to talk to them. I don't know. I, I sent them three emails already uh, in less than 24 hours. <sighs> it's going to be all right. It's tough, man. It really is tough. I, you know how I dread going away on trips? I'm actually really looking forward to the trip just so I don't have to walk past their empty room. It's tough. That slays me. Yeah. In previous shows, you've asked a lot of fighters what their thoughts were on their children following their path, most recently with Max. What is common in their responses is that they are usually never too excited about the idea. Being a high-level athlete is not for everyone, especially in the sport of MMA. I wonder how other high-level athletes in other sports think about the matter. If your children decide to pursue professional sports in the future, what are some things you'd like them to keep in mind when trying to pursue this goal? And how would you feel about the matter? Thank you to everyone in the show. Until next time, viva Helwani. Now, I think he's talking about being an athlete as opposed to being an interviewer, right? Or is he trying to make the connection like, 
how I would ask Max about his son fighting, how would I feel about my son following me in sports media? If it's that, I would say go for it. If it's being an athlete, I would say go for it. Obviously, the top 1% make it. So I would just say, you know, have a fallback plan. But look, I would be a horrendous father and I would be very hypocritical if I didn't let my kids do whatever they wanted to do because my parents never said, hmm, are you sure about that? Uh, in fact, there were a couple of times where I wanted to quit and they persuaded me not to quit. Uh, never questioned me, always supported me, never said it was a bad idea, never said, don't go to Syracuse, don't go to New York, don't go to this, don't go to that, never said it's time to give up, never said change your plans, never said it's time to you know build a family, get married, this, that, never put any kind of pressure on me whatsoever. Uh, couldn't have been more supportive even when they knew nothing of what I was doing or understood what I was doing. So I will be the same, I will have the same approach, and I can't wait to see what they do. But golly, I don't want that day to come Anytime soon. My daughter is at home now. She's not at sleepaway camp, thank God. And I just want to freeze her. I want her to stay five forever. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when she goes away. Um, yeah, my mom let us go like away, move away, go to... I don't even know how she handled that. Uh, it's very tough. And I know everyone goes through this. I'm not special, but they're walking. I was like, all right, so I'm going to see you in a month. I'm not going to talk to you, see you, nothing crazy. One thing though, did I mention this top of the show? I might have. Yes, I did. It's been a long day. I told my son to give me a thumbs up in the pictures and he did and it was incredible. So I hope he's having a great time. I hope they're having a great time and I hope you all have a great time uh, this weekend, whether you're watching Money in the Bank, whether you're watching UFC 276, whether you're watching the Hall of Fame, whether you're taking in all the great content. And if you're out there in Vegas land, come hang out with us Friday, 730 those jabrones won't be there, but I will be there. Hobnobbing it up, shaking hands, being a man of the people as I love to be. And who knows? Maybe we'll have a Guinness together. Maybe we'll half lay down a few, you know, half. One quarter the second half in the corner and don't tell anyone that you're not drinking anymore. It doesn't matter. Maybe we'll lay down a couple of these, a future bet on the bills here, a future bet on the Knicks there. A future there, a future here. It's going to be great. For now, though, we're out of time. I always love the idea of people descending upon Las Vegas while listening to our show. Choosing, like I said earlier, choosing to listen to us. Choosing to watch this show, to listen to this show as they get ready for a big fight week. Now, I want to let everyone know, Monday, I will not be sitting here. It's July 4th. We will not have a live program here in the studio, but we will deliver for you. We will be doing... A sort of makeshift show that we will post on the pod feed and uh, maybe on YouTube we're not quite sure but there will be a show and we will let you all know how to consume it we have to react to 276 now Wednesday back to the regular deal but because it's a national holiday and uh, no one works on July 4th and you know it's July 1st on Friday and I'll be working it's Canada Day but no one cares about me and my great country of Canada except for me uh, we won't have a show on Monday, but we will have a show for you. Does that make sense? I don't know if it makes sense. Again, I won't be in studio, and it won't be the, s the same old typical show, but there will be something for you to consume from us. It'll be myself, GC, New York Rick may or may not show up. Frank will be there, yeah, I, I think so. Um, we'll recap the International Fight Week draft, the fights, the results, the picks, so there'll be something for you to consume. Have no fear, you're at the beach. 
you're taking in the fireworks, whatever, don't worry. Just want to let you all know. And then Wednesday, back in the studio. All right. Thank you to all our guests. Thank you to Josh Emmett. Appreciate him very much. Uh, Mateus Gumrup, Eugene Behrman, Glover Teixeira, and of course, Valerie Lareda for coming in. Thank you very much to her. And congrats. You got it. Money in the bank. I'll see you out there. Back next week. Safe time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.